there, friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. This is episode 265. Can you believe it? We are in a free fall towards Spider-Man No Way Home, and here we are getting ready for it with a discussion about the amazing Spider-Mans 1 and 2. Two films, one pretty good and one not quite as good. And Which one on are we talking about? <laughs> What, where you fall on that line is going to be a story to tell, my friend. So here we go. Uh, I am, of course, Sparks Witty. I am joined, as usual, by Brandon T. McClure. Hello. And Ben Magnet. I'm kind of bummed I didn't think ahead like Ryan did, because I love what Ryan did for his name. And uh, <laughs> and Mr. Mr. Ryan, you know, Ben, it's never too late. I am the Rhino! Also, I have a blanket over my legs, like a certain president. Maybe his name was Roosevelt? because he had polio maybe that relates to the movie in some stupid way <laughs> Does hi it? everyone hi everyone we're back we, we are, are. Um, if if i may take it from here sparks we do have a couple of links in the description you definitely may uh sparks what laundry <laughs> hell yeah good that's, that's the best one good um so uh, Sparks, uh, I mentioned this on a Fickner's podcast, a Fickner's Watch episode that is not out yet. But uh, you know, Sparks went overtime this week to put out some some of our YouTube stuff. We did have a back catalog of YouTube content, uh, and and Sparks I'm back, baby, went above and beyond and put and put a bunch of that out. <laughs> um, so we do have uh, our Fickner's Watch for Hawkeye um, episodes one. To, don't dress like a car. Th- no, that's that's cute. Um, uh when i think of it when i think of one it's happening guys um <laughs> so uh our fakeners watch for hawkeye episodes one two and three are one episode we decided to record them all as one episode and it it looks like we're gonna just do the last half of the season as only one episode as well uh i uh ryan and i talked about this a bit i think we're leaning towards uh should have brought this up outside of the episode, but whatever. I think we're leaning towards a four and five as one, and then the the last episode as its own thing because we uh-huh. tend to do like series wrap up with the finale as well. Fair. And so I I'm like I think we could split those into two separate episodes. Cool. Also, well, episode five might might be the big boy if everything might be a big boy. It might, might be, a big, be a big boy. There uh, might be I, there might I be a big seen... man in that episode. We should say. Oh, okay. That's what we're alluding to. I haven't yeah, yeah. seen the latest episode of Hawkeye yet. Oh, don't oh. worry. Huh. Nothing got spoiled yet. So I, uh, uh, so yeah, so that's out there. Um, and you know, a little bit of sizzle for what's going to come for the Hawkeye Fickner's Watch series. Um, a new episode of uh, Fickner's Watch for Star Trek Discovery. What is well, this is happening with your mouth, Sparks? I'm sorry. I'm drinking Mountain Dew gingerbread snapped. Oh. Um. Oh my it's, god. It's like they put a whole gingerbread house into a can of Mountain Dew. <laughs> they. Oh. You know what? They should have asked if they needed to before they did. Yeah. <laughs> You're so preoccupied with whether or not you could. You didn't think about whether or not you should. Yeah, sorry. I just, I forgot what it tasted like because I hadn't had one for a bit. And then I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) The Santa Claus, you did the Santa Claus drinking the skim milk face. That's that's exactly it. Yes. Um, So, so Fakeness Watch for Star Trek Discovery. Episode three is up. Uh, Episode four has been recorded. It's not out yet. It will be out in a couple of days. Um, Really enjoying doing that one. The, The third episode was a lot of fun. Um, I hated that episode, so it was really fun to just kick it for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, this episode was similar, so I, I'm I'm enjoying doing that with Michael Carls from the Downright Nerdy Podcast. So, link in the description. And Baseball Arcade Pause Menu is back. Woo! Uh, Baseball Arcade Pause Menu had a new episode of Ron the Pharaoh. Am I correct in saying that, Ben? 
You are most certainly correct in saying that. Ron LaFerre was my guest on this latest episode of Base Market Pause Menu, and possibly he's going to be a guest on another future show. Woo! This one? Is he? He's here right now. Ron, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> no, it was really good. Funny enough, when we sat down to do the episode, we said that we agreed the topic was like trying to get people into retro gaming, and then it just turned into us ranting about games for two hours, and it was a great time. You should totally go listen to it. The video link is in the description. I forgot to put the audio link in the description. That'll be up uh, when this episode shows up in audio format. So for you audio listeners, it'll be there. Um, if I unless I forgot, in which case I'm sorry. Um, also, uh, we've we've sectioned out. You know, last week we talked about the Spider-Man Raimi trilogy. We sectioned that out, and that is now as its own episode as well as the as two sixty four. So the Raimi trilogy uh, is up as its own thing. And the I did whole- not. I did not realize how long that discussion was until I cut it out. And I'm like, really? whoa, we really went for it. We've talked about three movies. Yeah, I know. I just, uh, damn. Good discussions. <laughs> and the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming episode, uh, our review for Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be up on YouTube uh, tomorrow, uh, which is Monday when we're recording this. Um, that was from an older episode, episode 53, uh, right? Real, real old. Yeah, episode 200 yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, currently, that episode only exists on Patreon. Uh, it is not on our main audio feed. Um, but now you can listen to that that review. Yeah. Audio only because we weren't doing video at the time, but yeah. there is a video of it now going up on YouTube. So Yeah. Um, and Ryan finally had a downright annoyed just this morning. Guys, I'm Spider-Man if he was also the Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> audio listener <laughs> ryan green screens himself into these calls sure, and yeah. right now he's on the amazing spider-man 2 poster where he's facing the villains and he's facing the audience so he's on spider-man's back <laughs> for context what did i do brandon you king arthur <laughs> yes i watched king arthur uh it's a decent movie uh uh, came out of 2004 right off the heels of of lord of the rings and pirates and they wanted to make a big franchise movie and there are certainly worse movies to be made about trying to build a big a big franchise uh it's got a lot of good stuff in it maybe the most star-studded movie cast of all time like your least famous person back then was mads mickelson in the cast so like just goes to show okay, so, like i haven't seen that movie but i saw the one thing you shared about it and i'm like wait a minute yeah both in that movie yeah, yeah yeah everybody is famous in that movie uh and it's 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 good. Not great. It's good. It's worth a watch if you want a really realistic look on King Arthur, which is not something I want, but it's a decent movie. How how wild is it that there still is no quintessential King Arthur film? Because they all are just, like, fine. Well, people people claim it's Excalibur, but I'll be honest, I don't really like Excalibur. Oh, that's, I, that's my, I, I do like Excalibur. That's that's the thing, though. Like <laughs> That's my thing. Old. It's like, there is no one that everyone goes, that's the King Arthur movie. Yeah. Like, not that's, in the last... that's the one that, like, got it. For our yeah. generation, there's definitely not one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm gonna date myself real quickly, but tell me a little bit of an anecdote of, about that movie. I watched that on my portable DVD player. Ooh. I had I was eating my breakfast and I had a portable DVD player with a screen on it, and I watched that movie. It's it's Screenless. okay. I remember it being okay. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen it. I haven't seen it in in since then. So. It's it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> sure. Karen Knightley's in that, right? Yeah, she's just doing a. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's Guinevere. She's Guinevere. Yeah, she's. A... Yeah. Oh no, that's Witchy Guinevere. That's, that's not kind of the great movie I'm thinking of. It was like, what movie was it with that Angelina Jolie in it? Oh no, you're thinking of Troy. 
Angelina Jolie wasn't in Troy. No, she wasn't. No. Oh, yeah, was they all came movie. out around the same time, though. Anyway. It was that Alexander the Great movie that uh-huh. the director's cut shaved like five I have a, minutes. I have a, a three-pack of Alexander Troy in 300. Back, right there. back uh, in that moment when studios thought that the new trend was going to be like history films. Uh-huh. Like yeah. uh, ancient history films. It was an interesting time. Troy's pretty good, though. I like Troy. Also, Brad Pitt, like, he can get it. They're yeah. good. They're good, dumb blockbuster fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, real quickly, maybe the maybe the no, he's not doing one. He's doing a Western King Arthur movie. He's doing Caliber. Zack Snyder's doing Caliber. That's right. Hey, he he can make that premise cool. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Real quickly in the chat is too tall for you, fool. How's it going? I know this guy. He's cool. Okay. Says what up, guys? How's it going? Hey, you're never uh, too tall. You're never too tall. All right, and that's all the links in the descriptions. Check those out. Um, yeah, got got a couple more weeks, and we got actually one more week of the show, and then you know, holidays coming, guys. Holiday row. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll fill it with something. Who wants to go first with their week? I will. I'll do it. I hardly... I'll. Uh... Oh, all three of us are actually. Then, okay. then you go. Yeah, I'll go. So the main the main thing I did was just like watch the show on Disney Plus and play Pokemon Diamond. That's pretty much all I did. But the show I watched, and I'm really glad I got back into it. And unfortunately, Brandon, it's not Ducktales. It's still in my queue, but it's the Owl House. Yeah. Talk about an amazing show that I cannot believe Disney allowed to air. That's why it's because canceled. This, that's why it's canceled. That's why it's canceled. <laughs> no shit. Um, this show is gorgeous it's beautiful the design is insane i love almost i actually do love every single character i mean for their 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 flaws like their character flaws i love every single one of them Ida is awesome i like the story with lilith i just finished season one today i'm about to go into season two Luz is just like i want to give her just a big old hug um i didn't realize that amity is voiced by uh, may whitman the voice of katara from avatar last airbender so or, i'm pretty yeah it's may whitman right yeah also from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Either, I mean, this this movie's awesome, or this movie, this show is fantastic, and I cannot wait to dive into season two. And now, and it just hurts, like, the more I get into it, the more I've traveled with this show, the more I'm mad it got canceled. It'd be like that sometimes. Happens yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah but this, oh, damn, just how creepy this show is. It's like, this is a Disney show. I I know Alex Hirsch It was a creative consultant. He's the guy who created um, Gravity Falls. And it definitely shows. But once again, it's like with Gravity Falls, I feel like that really straddled the line between what Disney was allowed to do with how creepy and crazy it was. This one's just like, we're just going to go straight out of left field and bring all the crazy, macabre, gothic, just like gross monster designs. And it works so I think it, well. I think it helps that... Um, because like Gravity Falls is like set in like the real world. Whereas like mm-hmm. Owl House is like... It's fantasy from the get go, so you're allowed yeah. to be as crazy as you want. So, like, mm-hmm. the limitations are, are set free, basically. With things yeah. like that, yeah. And fantastic show. If you haven't watched it, and you have Disney Plus. Go watch it. You will. Next thing you know, you'll realize it's six o'clock in the morning, and you binged five episodes. Luckily, that... Sparks, there, there is um, there is still some more coming out. Luckily, though, right? Like yes. there, some unfinished. There's stuff. a there's yeah. a second half of the season, and then I believe like a special. Uh, the third season was turned into like three specials or something. So you, we, something you do have like more. So there is more, but not as much as there was supposed to be. And yeah. it's a shame because it was, you know, like it, it was the first animated show from Disney with a blatantly uh, out bisexual hero. So, mm-hmm. oh man, I got to watch that then. 
Yeah, it's yeah, good. it's it's real good, man. It like is, it's it, it is not it is not subtext. It's text. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like that got canceled. Yeah, but <laughs> as, fa- as fantastic, do. fantastic show. Cannot pra- cannot praise it enough. The more I'm watching this, the more I'm like, damn it, this show is so good. Because I remember it's, when it's we, very good. Yeah, I remember when we watched the trailer for this and. Um, I want to say Sparks, you were the one who you were like, dude, you, this we gotta watch to get on the show. This show looks amazing. I remember seeing it's like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And then I was like, all right, it's on Disney Plus. I guess I'll go ahead and watch it. Just like with Star and the Forces of Evil, I don't think you told me about that. I think I just found a gif of that online. I figured, okay, I'll give the show a watch. And all of a sudden, I just get sucked into it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's it's, pretty much. It's, it's wild to watch Disney come out with these shows like Star or Owl House that are competitive in the animation market right now especially with cartoon network like being incredibly progressive with almost their entire slate mm-hmm. and just kind of go uh, uh, let's just stop yeah <laughs> i can't I, I don't get it I, I don't i don't either but one thing we were I too love, progressive we were too progressive <laughs> probably but one thing i love about like just like with all the shows like with gravity falls star and especially owl house um the little easter eggs like there's a um, the Grom episode, Sparks. You know what I'm talking about? When um, Luce finds out that it's not just a dance, it's also a fight to the death with the nightmare monster. When you see all the weapons, you blatantly see a Buster Sword right there. And the, I'm like, I'm looking. I was like, I freaking love you, animators. You know what it is. Yeah, I just love when they throw in little Easter eggs like that. So yeah, that's pretty it's cool. a, it's also a thing where like Western animation, everybody in Western animation watches anime, mm-hmm. all of them. So it's all yeah. it's all bleeding through. Oh yeah, I forgot what other like anime references I saw in Owl House, but besides besides that, Owl House real good. Go watch it. It's the, fantastic. The whole the whole intro and outro is basically an anime intro and outro. Oh yeah, I don't skip it's, it. It's very much it's very much inspired by that same thing that happened with Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Ducktales and Star and the Forces of Evil, I don't skip the intros. Those songs get stuck in my head. Yeah. Ben, I'm going to tell you something about Ducktales that really takes me off. What? It's not a spoiler. The final episode, it's not a spoiler, the okay. final episode of DuckTales doesn't play the theme song. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't get that theme song one last time. It's symbolism, baby. It's, I mean, it's meant to be, because it's not supposed to be like, it's it, it's it leads into, like it goes DuckTales, and then it leads into like the, the story. But I'm like, oh, no. I'm not, I'm not. I'm, so I went back and watched the previous episode just to listen to the theme song again. You just put it on your phone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, because I noticed that when uh, shows have like their season, like the season finale of the season one finale of the Owl House didn't have the intro. It just like did a brief little recap or not even a brief little recap, just like a little thing about the, the islands that Luce and her friends live on. And it just goes straight into the story. There's like no intro, no nothing. It's just like, I'm going to go save. I'm going to go do the thing and hits the ground running. Get into the action. Yeah, because. Yeah, Especially when I'm watching on Disney Plus because it ended with a cliffhanger. It said, said to be continued. I'm like, well, I got to watch the next episode now. And then it mm-hmm. just went off. I'm like, cool. We're in the action. Let's go. So, yeah, that was uh, uh, that was my week. Also, I listened to The Christmas Truce a lot, that uh, Sabaton song. It's on repeat in my house. <laughs> yeah, I was. it was on repeat in mine. And I was listening to a bunch of YouTube videos about the, the, the truce and the war. I'm like, man, it, that's quickly becoming my favorite favorite christmas song right now can you uh have you ever seen the movie uh joyeux noel i have not and i knew you were gonna bring that up too i i think uh the the 
I w- want to watch it again. Uh, it's one. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, uh, if you really like the Christmas truce, honestly, watch that movie. It's very good. It is. It. It's. I, that song was awesome. I just. I just. When I was. I was watching the actual um, music video that Sabaton made for the mm-hmm. for the song. I was almost crying when I was singing along with it. It was just like at one point moment in time during one of humanity's worst hours, kindness won for a hot second. Hell yeah. yeah. And then they started going back to killing each other because Commander's a dick. Well, not not necessarily. There's there's more to that story that there, there is. There is. But I recommend the movie. Uh it's very good. Yeah. Anyways, that was my week. I'll go. Right. Because I anything I did that was not the only thing I did this week was with Sparks, and I don't remember what it is. Uh, I spent the entire week just playing Halo Infinite, uh, and that game is really, really, really good. Um, I also played that, so we should talk about it. We sure did. Uh, we <laughs> we both started the campaign at the exact same time. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I, how much more have you played since like a couple days ago? Since not I was... not as much as you, but oh like, yeah, yeah. Um, I took over. That first like fuel station, you where like you, get the, where you blow up the silos, where you where you blow up the silos and you get okay. the scorpion tank, and then I I left and started heading for the next beacon. Cool, um, and then I got distracted on the way by something. So that's what I love about it is the uh, distraction. So um, like like Brandon, you know Halo campaigns, they are just narrative. You play missions. There's nothing else besides that. Um, yeah. The opening of, of Halo Infinite starts like that, like the first hour or two, like it's a regular Halo game, and then you get dropped onto the Halo, and then it's an open world game. Um, and what I like about it so much is um, you don't, it, it, this is very different for Halo. So, like, if you don't want to experience everything the world has to offer, then it just tells you where the next mission is, and you go play that mission, and it's an hour long regular Halo mission where, like, you'll like you'll go under the ring, and then you'll do a whole ass mission, and you'll bring right up back to the ring. So, like, if you're not if you don't want to do any of that stuff, there is still a regular ass ten hour campaign. Uh, but if you want an additional twenty hours of extra stuff and building out your base and unlocking all the weapons and unlocking stuff for multiplayer, it's fantastic. Uh, I I couldn't be happier. Uh, it's. It's it's the best Halo's been since the last company made it. Like this is the best one that three four three has made hands down. The best Halo yeah, in, like, this 10, is, in ten years for sure. This is this is one hundred percent the best Halo since Reach. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, and, cool. Anything else you want to say, Sparks? Uh yeah. Uh it's just it feels good. It feels good to play. I can't. Uh, I I'm so glad that they added the grapple. Dude, it's insane. Uh, now that it's open world and that they added the grapple, the grapple gives you so much versatility for the world traveling and what you do and what you can do. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I like grapple over one of those like uh, plasma containers or something like that to just chuck it at the enemies. Yeah, you can use <laughs> the grapple the hook. The grappling hook, not just you can use to like move around. Uh, you can grab weapons. You can grab canisters that you throw to explode. Um, you can grab like uh, 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 equipment, like overshields and grenades. Um, you can you can attach yourself to enemies, and you'll run up to them and like attack them. Uh, so it's the fastest Halo's ever been, but like not in the way that Halo Five was, where it felt right. just like Call of Duty. Um, yeah. it feels it like feels, a natural progression. It feels so good to like be in a firefight. Oh, that's out of ammo. Oh, that's out of ammo too. Grapple to the the gun that's far away, rather than having to run to it. Just pick it up and then immediately yeah. start shooting. Like uh, cinematic moments is what Halo's yeah. always been about. Like big, like like great, like battlefields. 
Like, cause it's always been kind of like big sandbox uh, uh, arenas that you play in, but now this is truly like, yo, if you if you're like in, over here and you need to go all the way over there, you'll just grapple to a tree, and you'll jump over all those mother effers, and you're like, sweet, I'm on the other side of the battlefield now. Uh, and it's just like, it's so fun. And like, I've I've played the game for probably six to eight hours, and I've done two missions. I've done nothing but op open world multiplayer stuff. So by the time I get to that mission, I'll probably have done everything that the world has to offer. But like. I am so upgraded. My grapple hook has like no recharge time, so I'm just like sp I'm like Spider Man. Uh, I'm I'm having a blast. Uh, and the multiplayer still great, still so much fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's wild because it's um, I I feel like for the first time really you get to feel like the demon that they refer to you as because they'll be like looking at you in one direction, ready to swarm you, and you're gone. And you're on the other <laughs> side of them, and you pulled out a way bigger weapon than they were prepared for. Like you can really mess them up. Um, the weapons because of in, because of how fast you can travel around them. Yeah, now. the the weapon choices in this game are some of the best that Halo's ever had. Like I like almost every single weapon I've played with. Everyone is is cool and unique, and they have classics and they have new ones. There's um, a new uh, there's a new brute pistol called the Mangler. It's my that's the best gun in the game. It's dude. so good. I it's love a, it. It's a hand cannon, but it's also it's a, a shotgun. It's, it's basically a revolver for Halo. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think uh, um, when I went to your house before you left, uh, when we were playing Halo, a uh, friend of the show, Travis, got that gun. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. what is this gun? It looks like a big six-shot revolver, but with shotgun shells. Yeah, so like a Tommy drum yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite thing about, about the open world is there are, throughout the entire world, there are 15 boss uh, mini bosses you can just encounter for fun. And if you beat them, then they give you, uh, like, you give you get a weapon from the cup. And it's like, if you beat the, the sword guy, you get a sword from him, right? Um, they are so fun and varied and unique, and they have personality. Um, and it's just, I love that there's so many bosses, because that's something, like, Halo has, like, a couple bosses, right? Uh, but this game is, just, like, chock full of them. I got to our friend Chris Swindle. Uh, and I'm not just saying this because he's a friend of the show. Best boss fight in the game. Uh, that dude is is he's a melee brute with a gravity hammer, and you're in enclosed space, so you have to keep running around. And I died for literally like 20 minutes. Uh, it was so much fun. Like I, I'm gonna be playing this game for such a long time, guys. Like uh, the multiplayer, just because it feels so good. Um, the campaign has been cut down. Uh, the, the creative director said that he wanted to make Breath of the Wild for Halo, but because of time, he couldn't do that. So like this game is pretty big so i can't even imagine that like if if half of it got cut um what that could mean for the future for dlc for the next halo or whatever um they're in a good spot man this is this they got a winner 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 yeah. chicken dinner i'm glad it's so so good to hear yeah it's, I, it's a really nice it's a really nice like underdog story considering people already being kind of low on halo after five and then halo infinite having such a troubled release like having been designed to be the launch title for the new xbox and having to be pushed back an entire year um thank god like yeah. it, it, they they i i suspect like they knew they were in some trouble and and they they were able to deliver a quality game and a, a good experience last thing i'll say on it is um when Halo Infinite was originally announced, there was a grunt, or excuse me, there was a brute named Craig, and it became a meme because he was like the worst looking model in any game ever. Uh, and it was like a really ugly, like, this is supposed to be the brand new Halo, and it's like graphics from like PS2, right? Uh, that brute was put into the game as a mountain. So if you go, if you drive past him, it's a giant ugly face of a brute. <laughs> That's Craig the brute from the trailer. And I'm like, yeah, man, you guys got a sense of humor about this. I appreciate it. Um, That's cool. Yeah, uh, it's called Craig Mountain. It it doesn't have a name. Maybe on the map it does. Uh, but it's terrific. Uh, I'm sure I did other stuff at East Parks. I don't remember. Um, but I I basically played Halo almost every day after work this week. So, 
Yeah, that's me. I, I, I love it. Um, there was a little bit of Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite true, true. is in its Fortnite is in its new season. Um, Fortnite. Yeah, I played a little bit of that too. I got in the new Fort, season. Fortnite is a a brand new spanking new map. Uh, because the island flipped over literally, yep. so you're playing on its other side. Um, it's it's nice. It's very refreshing. Um, new the, new mechanics and stuff. New yeah. mechanics. Uh, the quality of the gameplay has gone up. Um, I really it looks, like it. It looks even prettier somehow. That game keeps getting prettier. Um, we'll talk about it later uh, with an Unreal 5 thing, but Unreal 5 is going to be in Fortnite coming this year, so that game is going to be even prettier than it already looks, and I'm like, I don't know how. It could look better, but it's going to, so yeah, love it. Uh, also, some Knockout City. Knockout City also in a brand new season. Yes. Um, doing some interesting stuff. Uh, happy to be playing those. We Cow- uh, we played the Knockout City, uh, the new season of Knockout City, and there's a new map mode. Yeah. So okay, real quick, let me set it up. So like, yeah. what what it is is that um, what we were playing is that you can only there's only bomb balls, and uh, you can't aim anymore. So you can no longer when you're throwing the bomb balls, you can no longer aim. Mm-hmm. So you can't uh, like lock like, on. You're just trying to guess yeah. how how far you're throwing it and where you're throwing it to to get them. And the thing is, we were playing it, and it's mildly frustrating because like it takes longer, uh, and it's not quite as fun because you can't you can't catch them because they're not locking on to you either. So you you don't have as good a, a meter for catching, and you can't lob them at them to know that. But what uh, we learned while we were playing our first round is we're like, well, we could still just throw each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we really pissed off some people because we stopped playing by the rules of the match and just started throwing each other at them because you can still aim and lock on and throw you yourselves think, at you each other. You think the, the developers would have figured that part out. <laughs> and, we, and we were like, maybe we won't get points for it. We're still getting points. Let's go. <laughs> there was a moment where like I, Sparks balled up. And so like I threw him we, and we killed one. Uh, and then we killed another one. <laughs> Let's kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was when we learned. We were like, oh, this works. Never mind. Let's just play this way. Finish that. that was the only way we played that game after that. Well, it was, I it can was only imagine. This is my one frustrating thing about Knockout City is that every day that you log in, the gaming, the game modes change. Yeah. And that's cool. But my problem with it is that there are four-player game modes in Knockout City, but you just have to hope they're on if you want to play with three of your friends instead of just two. Mm-hmm. And it's a crapshoot of is it going to be a day where they let us play with four people or not? That seems incredibly silly. It's it's really stupid. And so that was a four player match because we were playing with three of our friends. Uh, but or I was playing with three friends because Brandon was one of them, mm-hmm. and that was the only way we could play. And we didn't really like that mode because we wanted to do like standard dodgeball together. But that was the only way we could play with all four of us. So we just had to make it as good an experience as we could. Yeah, and that yeah. is my one gripe with Knockout City is that it pisses me off that like you can't play matches online and earning points and everything for four players unless you're on a lucky day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. The new the new season is Alien Invasion. Kind of cool. It's it's some good stuff. Fortnite did this not that long ago. Like alien, alien invasion shit is in. I guess. Yeah. Aliens in. Aliens. Vampires. Um, out. Oh, it's my week. I'm still. Yeah, you're right. still going. I'm, I'm going. Yeah, you're okay. still going. Uh, I finished the mid-season finale of Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman. Uh, <laughs> Legends still great. 
obviously love it. Uh, Batwoman also uh, pretty much cementing itself at its strongest season. Where we've now gotten pretty deep into them setting up some good new Joker stuff, which is interesting. They're taking an Arkham Knight route with it of how a new Joker exists, and um, and new Poison Ivy, which is really good. Ooh. And I think they're doing a good job with it. Um, and I watched a little bit more Cowboy Bebop. Because I'm just like casually watching that anime. It's really nice to just pop in for an episode or two every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not like trying to rush my way through it because I've seen it. I'm just casually enjoying it again. Uh, and we watched Hawkeye, but we're not going to talk about it because we'll talk about it soon. And the last thing I'll talk about is Ryan and I also did The Matrix Awakens. <gasps> oh nice. my God. Yes, we did. Um, this is an Unreal Engine demo experience that you can download onto your. Uh, compatible next gen systems system. yeah uh we did it it's with a, wild. With a, a friend of the show who forest is not, who appeared on who, our hawkeye yes, episode who is not a video gamer and boy howdy he seemed perturbed by how real video games are now because <laughs> yeah, we were we were part way into the experience and we had to tell him like forest they're not real and he's it, like wait what <laughs> it was keanu and it's all video Moss. game stuff yeah yeah, yeah. uh there's yeah, so like the 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 real people models look exquisite. They look real amazing, but like you could tell they're all CGI. The really impressive thing about the future with Unreal Five is the density of of cities, and like so you guys have you played Spider Man Four? You know how big that city is. Uh, what if that city just looked real? Actually looked real. Um, it's hard to to say that without you experiencing it for yourself. What what I think I could give the best example of guys is that like we were we were like going around the city and like you could see into the rooms and the room is scaled correctly to the size of like your character model. So the buildings are scaled correctly. So it's not just like kind of a characterized characterization of a building and and that's kind of what you get in Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man looks real good, but like people you don't believe that Spider-Man could go into that building. Yeah. And go up those floors. Unless he's well, meant to for the story. Sure, yeah. but even but even then, like, you know, not the skyscrapers, right? Yeah. The skyscrapers, they kind of, like, the floors are smaller as they stack up. Yeah. Because are... that's how they scale it. We were going through, like, skyscrapers where, like, you could see, oh, the whole floor is the correct, like, it's all sized appropriately. And I'm like, man, could you imagine if Spider-Man could go through this city? Like, it's he, like, it would take this... so, it, like, these buildings are so huge. It's... The, the size of the city like we just kept rising through the city and like it is like it is a true city size like it's true it's it, i can't i can't fathom how good the, and real this looks guys like you like brandon you got a ps5 you have to experience this dude like, i downloaded i just didn't get a chance to play it yeah, yeah yeah um it's it's just like the only thing to say is like it looks real like it is just like if you stop moving the camera it's just a it's just a picture of a city yeah, um so there's there's the opening portion is like a video introduction thing with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, which is really cool. And that dips you into like actual gameplay experience with the engine. Once you've gone past all of that section, then it's just explore our model and see how our environment and our pixels work. And you can change all these settings. You can adjust. Uh, it was good that Forrest was there because he told us how to like adjust like the for the best aperture and things like that. Um, so you were getting something that looked like film. Uh, and it's incredible what you can do, the customization abilities that these that games using this engine in the future will have, uh, how vivid these environments are. I think one of the other impressive things was like, 
it, it really just stunned me. Uh, Ryan went joy joyriding in a car, and he'd smash into things. And the reaction from different vehicles would be appropriate to the size of the vehicle. Like, he smashed into a bus, it only damaged his car. He smashed into another car about his size, it did damage to both. Like, and, and, like, it, real... It's appropriate, real realistic damage. Simulation. It is a full city simulation with thousands of people and thousands of moving cars. And you can get into that car and drive potentially forever in this giant city. It's just, like, it is just a tech demo, but, like, the thing, the thing that... Uh, and we talked about this for a lot, but, like, the thing that's more important that... Epic is looking to move into the movie industry. Like this big thing, like they Unreal is being used in the Matrix for this exact reason because like it's so much easier to build a fake city than it is to shoot in a city. And that's that's shitty for filmmakers, but like the future of filmmaking like you using the the volume in The Mandalorian. Yeah, like, the volume. I was about to say the volume used in the Unreal Engine. Yeah. Uh it's it, it, the future of filmmaking and like games yes, but like the future of filmmaking for for young young filmmakers uh, is going to change forever. And it, it's going to scare some people because truly, like, we're at a point where, like, oh, man, we don't need real stuff anymore sometimes. And it's kind of scary. It's also freaking really cool. But really you know cool. what? You know what? If it looks that good, oh, well. Yeah. Move into the future. Let's go. I'm, mm -hmm. I love the future. I'm a future. Future's now, I'm a, man. I'm a future slut. What's up? Sparks, anything else? No, that was it. Okay, uh, my turn. I won't say too much about what I did. Um, I don't have quite a bit. I watched Spider-Man Homecoming, Into the Spider-Verse, and Far From Home. Uh, That's I really already like, a lot. I really like all three of those movies. Um, I was a little cold on Spider-Man Far From Home the first time I saw it after coming off of Endgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real quick. Sorry, I just realized I did. I watched Spider-Man 3 again, the editor's cut today, because my mom and Megan hadn't watched it yet. Uh -huh. So uh, I kind of watched it again, and there's only one note from our discussion that I realized I didn't bring up that I want to. It is a problem that pisses me off that Mary Jane never figures out that the symbiote suit was affecting Peter. Oh, she didn't even ask or anything. No, yeah. well, she doesn't know. Like, it's never addressed. It's never addressed in any wider context that, oh, the suit was changing me. Like, it's all subtextual for the audience to know, but, like, no characters ever learn this. That's true. You're right. About Peter. He just he just was broody and shitty for a week for some reason. And he touched his chest a lot. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, your eye. The uh the the uh panic you feel when your laptop says one percent left. Uh, <laughs> Don't let it why do you let it get there? No, I, I thought it was plugged in because this, oh, okay. it's it's plugged in here, but not in the wall. I didn't gotcha, realize yeah. it wasn't plugged in the wall. Makes sense. I got you. Uh, um it's like that panic calm. Panic. Yeah. Anyway. So um, I, the, I will only speak to Far From Home because I uh, my opinions have not changed on the first two movies. But Far From Home, I like a lot, uh, quite a bit more than the first time I saw it. I was pretty burnt out coming off of Endgame uh, going into Far From Home. Um, so that really affected my, my viewing experience of it. But I, I enjoyed it a lot more this time around. I'm glad. Um, I watched The Matrix. I'm getting ready for Matrix Resurrections. Hey, guys, The Matrix is a good movie. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched Encanto. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I'm sure. Yeah, I uh, I really like the music in it. Some really great voice acting. Good message. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and well, I, I have two more things to say. Um, I watched a video from Polygon uh, about uh, he, it's the guy read all the Halo novels and then a book report. Brian, Brian oh, David Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I watched that video. Fantastic. That's a, that's a great video. Fantastic video. No, 
I'm not going to. <gasps> <laughs> All the tangents when he's talking about how like the 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 San Shayun used to be hot was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben, if if you know anything about Halo, oh, I've I recommend. It. I've, I've seen that okay. video. Very funny. Uh, very oh, funny. Yeah. Really liked it. Um, and I'm I wasn't going to bring this up until I was done with it, but I decided not to because it's really really good. I'm watching Daredevil season three. Nice. Um, Welcome to the party, baby. I'm on episode because seven. Because it's really, really good. It's because really, it's, really good. Because it's the best season of TV Marvel's ever. Hell made. yeah. Um, I have heard all this from you guys before. Uh, so but you didn't, uh, but you did. You decided to let it die and not watch it. I get it. Well, I, it's not my fault. The movie, the show I'm, died. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I so I was much the same way I was burned out with like the MCU proper I was also really burnt out from the Netflix shows um Mistake. and so uh finally I after trying to get through Punisher and just not enjoying it I decided to go to Daredevil uh because he may be in the next the next Spider-Man movie who knows I don't know um so I wanted to I wanted to watch it it's amazing everything is working on a much better level um in that in that show than I thought was possible uh karen and foggy both are very intriguing characters with very good story arcs this season mm-hmm. um i love everything they're doing with kingpin uh the introspective of matt murdoch as daredevil is so good bullseye is great it's just it's perfect i literally can't stop watching it man i sure wish you would have done that season three review three years ago <laughs> i'm so i'm so happy man i'm so happy you know ryan there could be the perfect excuse yeah to revisit it I, any excuse maybe who knows who knows though uh, e- i don't echo to... season season four <laughs> i i don't need to say anything on like a review show about it um i i am i'm very happy i'm watching it i'm very much enjoying it um yeah uh it's not it's using uh, it's doing something baffling that i didn't realize was possible which is use the 13 episode limit to your strength and not to your detriment and i was shocked when i'm like i'm halfway through the season and there's been no slump uh, every episode has been engaging. Every storyline has been has, has worked fairly well. Mm-hmm. Every show, including Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones season one, which I really like, they slump in the middle because of the 13 episodes. It's just too long for them. But Daredevil season three uses it very well. Mm-hmm. Oops, um, all bangers. On that no, one. Like, no joke. It's every episode so far has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, loving I, it. I really, I really loved that season a lot. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to watch it for like a couple of months ever since Charlie Cox was rumored to be in Spider-Man. Um, I just didn't get around to it till now. So, okay, that's that's everything. Nice. Love shall, it. We, shall we get into our uh, bread and butter? Yes. Like- yeah. All right, we got some sad news up top, unfortunately. Uh, Kiko Nobumoto who is a writer for anime uh, like Cowboy Bebop and Wolf's Rain. Uh, she passed away at the age of 57. Allegedly, we have not heard spe- specifics, allegedly due to esophageal cancer. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anne Rice. The, uh, so- the, esoph- esophageal cancer. Esophageal cancer. Thank you. Sorry, uh, I wanted Rice. to be specific because that's what took my dad. So, uh, yeah. No, All it's right. okay. Um, and and Rice, the acclaimed uh, author, interview for a Vampire Queen of the Damned, all sorts of the Vampire Lestat uh, passed away uh, this week at the age of eighty due to complications from a stroke. Oh, yeah. And Rice is is 
um a lot of people's like definitive vampire person um yeah, for sure and and a huge huge icon for the lgbt community because all of her books are about repressed romance and stuff like that um uh-huh. i haven't read any of the books but i've seen all the movies and it's literally all about repressing your sexual desires for people that you can't be with uh so interview with a vampire or am i thinking of someone else nope i did it. say interview with a vampire okay sure did yep um I'm sorry Brad, i didn't hear you say that yeah, just a that's a shame. Big, big uh, she big was shame. at this moment, she was up until her death working on a uh, a TV adaptation of her books. Yeah, um, that's so, that's a, a big bummer. So, I mean, it could still happen. Her son could do it. Um, we'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, real, real quick going back to Kiko, um, worked on uh, Cowboy Bebop, you said, um, but like some of some of my top anime I've seen, uh, Wolf's Rain. Samurai Champloo and Space mm-hmm. Dandy, like no, the, Space Dandy. one of the one of the best uh, anime television uh, creators. Like it's it's, I don't know, it, they it really Space sucks. Dandy. Yeah, um, Space Dandy's so good. Yeah, they they uh, she was the head uh, writer for the series for Cowboy Bebop and Wolf's Rain, and then was just a uh, not the head writer, but it's still an important writer for um, Space Dandy and Samurai Champloo. So like. <sighs> Man, guys, that sucks. Uh, and Rice sucks too. I agree with. I, I've heard know a lot of people who were deeply, deeply uh, entrenched in Anne Rice works when we were in high school. Um, yeah. Two friends of Brandon and I's in particular, uh, where it was very foundational to their understanding of sexuality and like things like that. Yeah. So uh, huge blow. Mag is in the chat. Hello, Mag. Uh, and Vicente, is that for Anne Rice or for Kiko? I don't I think know. That's for Kiko. Okay. I could be wrong. But I think that's for Kiko. Wow, uh, both both tragedies in their own way. Um, and I wanted to put this one on here because I think it's important. We don't always get to talk no. about these. Hmm? Uh, I think that uh, they're referring to Mexican singer Vicente Fernandez who no. passed away. Oh yeah, at age eighty-one, twelve hours ago. Oh oh oh! I just typed in Vicente anime and that popped up too. I was like, oh okay. I just thought it was uh yeah mexican singer actor and film producer vicente fernandez passed away oh yeah mag Mag says no singer vicente hernandez yeah didn't see that wow sucks just that one rest in peace thank you mag um thank you mag so uh i we often talk about these things after they happen and very rarely we find out about the diagnosis so i want to talk about george perez um george perez was diagnosed with uh pancreatic cancer um, which is surgically inoperable, so he has decided not to go through chemotherapy. He only has six months to a year to live. That the sucks. Amount, the amount of love I've been seeing on Twitter for um, his art and for what he has done for comic books has just—it's been beautiful. I mean, it sucks that he got that he has this, and but the fact that all these people are st- are reaching out and saying, "Dude, we love you, and we love your art, and we thank you." I, I think that's really that's good. That's wholesome. Yeah, there's a lot of love and support going out to to him. There's also a lot of uh, decrees saying that uh, DC should publish, uh, DC and Marvel should should bury the hatchet and, and publish uh, Avengers versus uh, Justice League again. Mm-hmm. Um, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, that uh, should be I reprinted. wholeheartedly agree too. Uh, not to be a bummer, it will take a lot longer than six months to get that kind of thing out there. You guys, just letting you know. No, I know, but it could the 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 funding for that for that book could also help the family. Yeah. Um. Uh, after the fact, it, it should should it need to. Um. It, it it I think it's only a positive to get oh, that absolutely. book out there again. Of course. 
course. Um, yeah, dude. Like, he's like, like one of the most influential comic people on the planet. Like, yeah. Like working on uh, uh, Infinite Crisis and like so many of those DC books and working at Marvel and like, like it's, 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 it's super weird talking about someone before they've passed away when you know it. That's like mm -hmm. it's such a it's such an interesting feeling to to, to worry about because like we'll talk about this again later isn't that that's like real that's yep. real sad yeah. um yeah but in a way this is a way of like we can honor him now instead of instead, instead of when it's too late which is yeah. a good point of why you brought it up brandon so yeah he uh, has such a just one more thing perez has such a style that you can go to any um any comic book convention or a store and you can just like cover up the artist's name and you'd be like oh that's a perez book I recognize that type of stuff. It's kind of like a John Romita Jr. Um, yeah. Or of course, I mean, Alex Ross, but that's a whole different thing. But seeing a Perez page, like I love looking at old uh, splash pages from Crisis on Infinite Earths, for example. Absolutely gorgeous. Looking at the, the new Teen Titans. It just Teen Titans so is, like, is like the quintessential Teen Titans. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, his work with Teen Titans is like, that's the Teen Titans right there. So I mean, yeah. I love the TV show, but that's Teen Titans. Well, it, well I mean, you know, just based off that, I love it. The TV show took a lot of inspiration from that book. Like his mm -hmm. his work has been very influential on a lot of adaptations and a lot of mediums. Very um, very he, much one of the defining writers for modern Wonder Woman as well. Yep, yep. Uh, writing and uh, drawing like artist and writer, fantastic work. Um, Did he draw a yeah. Gauntlet? No, no, I believe no. so. No, okay. uh, no, I think that's Ron Lynn. I can't yep. say I can't say for a hundred percent certainty. You're probably, you but know, I'm pretty you're sure. You're probably right. Let me just because I remember someone posting a thing about when the snap and like Perez drew that. You probably might be right. Let me look. Oh, maybe I don't know. Um, yep, you're right. No, it's George Perez and Ron Lim. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah it's both. interesting. Very cool. All right, yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah, and and Mag is in the chat, uh, kindly saying, uh, thoughts and prayers go to Perez on the whole process. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Mag quickly corrected us on it. Hell yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. We are right. fake nerds. All right. Uh, speaking of Cowboy Bebop, the Cowboy Bebop live action show has been canceled. Okay, Aww. I watched one episode, so uh, it's my fault. Sorry. And I didn't watch it either, but Fanny watched it. She liked it. Cool. Uh, I didn't see it, so I can't really say. Just yeah. Uh, feel bad for John Cho though. He seems pretty bummed. Yeah. <laughs> Not, you know who doesn't seem bum? Uh, the guy playing Jet. He's like, I guess the haters are right. It must have sucked. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's um, an actor who just knows knows what's up. Yeah. All right. Uh, from what from what I understand, like I saw a lot of people talking about it who were like, uh, I I particularly shared one on Twitter that was like, you know, I wouldn't I wasn't gonna say anything, but now that it's canceled, like the reason why this was a problem is because it it was all style and no substance. The, the, the Jen series. Bartel huge thread. Yeah. <clears throat> she, she laid such an incredible thing of like not just because like. Not all the reasons people keep saying it, like actually it's like a fundamental like they just don't get the source material type of thing. Right. It just it just fundamentally misunderstood what what was important about the piece of work as art, not just Being as cool. pop culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Star Wars The Acolyte, this is the High Republic uh TV series coming to Disney Plus, is looking to cast Amandla Amandla Stenberg. Um, she was in no in uh, Dear Evan Hansen recently. Yes, uh, most notably for probably for people older people, Rue from the Hunger Games, which blew me away. That, that I was like, was oh, like man, that's like ten years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, 
What, what the oh yeah, this is the, this is the evil Star Wars one that I was talking about that I want to see. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is uh, the one that Leslie Headland is doing, um, potentially about Sith or in the High Republic. Like we don't know, but totally. But like, sounds pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm into it. Uh, I I want more Sith evil stuff, baby. Yeah, uh, they're in talks for the lead role. So cool. Cool, cool, cool. Speaking of casting, Fall of the House of Usher has announced its entire cast. Who's playing? Oh my Usher? Who's, God. who's playing? Who's playing Usher? Oh, yeah. Frank Langella. Oh, no, Frank- I meant Ash, uh, Usher, the singer, pop singer. Oh, I don't think he's in this one. Uh, I'm thinking of a um, different show. <laughs> this is the Mike Flanagan, uh, ha- uh, the Fall of the House of Usher. Um, the full cast list reads as Frank Langella, as Roderick Usher, um, Carla Gugino. Um, Gugino? Gugino. Gugino. Um, married to Mike Flanagan. Uh, she's been in all of his... She's been in Bly Manor and Hill House. Uh, I can't say everything they've done, but most, I think. Um, Mary McDonnell as Madeline Usher. Mark Hamill. Uh, hell yeah. Um, as someone, we don't know. Carl Lumbly as C. August Dupin. Who oh, shows my favorite up, character. Who apparently shows up in a ton of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's work. Yeah. Um, and then the list goes on. Kylie Curran, Samantha Sloyan. Hold on, who uh, did you say his wife was? Uh, Carla Gugino? That's not Gugino? his wife. That's not his wife. Who's his wife? His wife is Katie Siegel. Really? I thought yes. they were, I thought these two were married. No. I'm sorry. No, uh, his wife who is in who is in everything he's made, including Hush and Absentia and the Black Oh, Black I must have gotten the two mixed up then. Yep. Um, she well, is in this cast list, though. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, so Ky- Kylie Curran, Samantha Sloyan, Raul Coley, Cool, Raul um, Kate Siegel, uh, Sorian Sapkota, Zach Guilford, Katie Parker, Malcolm Goodwin, Crystal Bolland, Aya Furukawa, Daniel Jun, Matt Bedell, I think it's Ruth, Bedell, Co- yeah. Ruth Cod, Annabeth Gish, Igby Rigney, and Robert Longstreet. Sure is a lot of names. A lot of names I recognize, a lot I don't. That sounds cool. First thing, when we got to Kate Siegel, I thought it was Katie Seagulls. Like, wait, am I reading this right? What's going on? I, I also thought they might have been yeah. related, but they're not. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so this is the one that based off the works of Edgar Allan Poe. It's Mike Flanagan. Very excited. Uh, I still haven't seen him in that mess. I, I really Everybody have should. That. It's my favorite thing of the year. Um. So, yeah, very cool. Raul Cooley is very excited to work with Mark Hamill. Who wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and Colin Farrell has officially attached himself to the Penguin uh, spinoff of the Batman coming to HBO yeah, that's, Max. That's wild, but great. Dude, yeah. like, I have only seen the trailer, but, like, I will take every cinematic whatever you want to give me for that thing. Uh, yeah. I love Colin great. Farrell, and I can't believe there's going to be a whole show of him just being a big, silly man. Like, I, I, really, oh, I can't, I I can't really... believe there's going to be a whole series of him taking this job from Richard Kind, how dare he? <laughs> he looks just like Richard Kind. I really hope I really hope they do some like they somewhat adapt Penguin Pain and Prejudice into this show. Oh shit. I haven't thought about that book in a long uh, time. I loved that book. I, yeah, I got that I book. thought that book was awesome. Yeah. Um that would be cool. I I got a feeling it's probably just gonna be like gangster penguin stuff. Maybe, uh, like but less, I, could, I would love like some flash universe. I mean, we get flashbacks of him killing his brothers and sisters. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want to see? I'm not going to do it. A giant iceberg in the middle of Gotham to be the iceberg lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That'd be cool. But they're probably I, I don't think that I don't think Matt Reeves is going the that comic book level style yet. Not not yet. I not I want to see Richard Kind play his father. Oh my yes. god! <laughs> <The flashback. laughs> um, terrible. It's just yeah. right. <laughs> it's crazy to me that that Colin Farrell is going to be in a TV show. Hey, if he wants it's the penguin. It, it's the if penguin. He wants it, that's all. I'm like, do it, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Thing. Like, I'm excited for the Batman. Bring it. Oh yeah, get that paycheck. Also, Shang- no, I was, I was just gonna say because I mean, just from the trailer, he looks freaking. He look, he looks like he's having a blast. This penguin. Whoa, 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 sweetheart. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Shang Chi uh, had some news. Dustin Daniel Cretton, Dustin D- Daniel Cretton, uh, who is the director of Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, will return for the sequel. They officially signed on with a, a multi-year deal with Disney and will uh, create a Disney Plus TV series for them. Uh, Unknown as to what it is at this time, but I think well, I can guess. Wasn't definitely the Ten Rings. Wasn't the almost Ten Rings definitely. thing announced? No, there's a rumor. There was a rumor a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago now, that a, a Legend of the Ten Rings series was in development. We've uh, also been openly speculating that's what they were going to do. Yeah, uh, I'm certain that's what this is. Uh, almost, almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that he's coming back. Me yeah. Too. yeah, me too. Marvel Comics was in the news this week. Oh, what because, because they are getting ready for Destiny of X, the next era of Krakoa and X-Men. Two docs, too furious. Um, they have they've announced what the new line is going to be come March. It's going to consist of Immortal X-Men, Marauders, X-Force, Knights of X, X-Men, Legend of X, Wolverine, New Mutants, and X-Men Red. Woo! So coming out it's coming out in March, right? Ha, uh, a new X-Men drop, everybody. New X-Men drop. Yay, time for me to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Um, we then don't... It will always be time for you to catch up. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm not going to lie, dudes. I actually thought about just like trying to save money because every... I mean, I know for some of you, this is like this is paltry change, but every month when I go to the comic store, I like drop... How like much do you think a comic book costs? No, because I did change. my entire month worth, my month's worth of books that are in my, in my uh, pull list. It's like seventy to eighty dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I month. unfortunately need to cut and, down because that's yeah. And part of me, because of the X books, part of me just thinks I should just put that money towards Marvel Unlimited and just read the X books through there. Yeah, Ben, a hundred percent because it's only a three month wait, and that's what I'm doing with like yeah. a lot of my Marvel books because three months is nothing. So I'll, pro- I'll probably do. I'll probably get my last one and I just cut it because I'm get- I'm still getting Sonic. I'm still getting Magic. I'm getting a few other books that I want. I still want to go in and check it out and check out the store because obviously we got some really good books coming out. But with all this X-Men stuff, and then I get to read all the X-Men that you guys told me I should have read, like New Mutants and Hellions and all the other good shit that's out there. Yeah, Hellions is pretty good. You just won't be part of the conversation, but yes, we'll be reading it. Um, This has been Ben Magnet's uh, pull list update. Um, No, I'm kidding, buddy. Um, So, yes, uh, obviously some titles are ending. Uh, Some are starting with a new number one, and there's a bunch of new titles. Um, Marauders, for instance, is starting as a new number one um and hellions for instance is ending um but we only got two we only got information on two of these new books um some created uh, i think uh, benjamin percy i think is staying on wolverine and x force Mm -hmm. and jerry duggan is staying on x-men uh but you know uh, marauders for example is not going to have the same team but first off immortal x-men uh was probably the biggest news revealing that kieran gillen is going to return to the x-men franchise right immortal (laughs) x-men with Lucas Wernick, oh. um, 
and this will focus on the Quiet Council. And I don't have I don't have a lot about this book except for his quote, which was he described it as the New Avengers to Jerry's Avengers. Yes. So he's referencing because Jerry Duggan didn't write Avengers and New Avengers. He's referencing Jonathan Hickman's <laughs> Avengers and New Avengers, yes. uh, which is great because the Avengers is the main regular title, and then the New Avengers was like the 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 secret conspiracy behind behind the, the woods bullshit. So like. Uh, X-Men's all about conspiracy shit and like backstabbing, so this is perfect. Um, somebody described it as Succession with the X-Men. You guys don't watch Succession, but you know about beating people up behind the scenes and stuff. So like, Karen Gillan is so good. Uh, Lucas Wernick is doing the Trial of Magneto art right now, and that dude is a phenomenal talent. So the fact that he's going to be on a regular X book is fantastic. Um, I'm very excited. Karen Gillan's the best. He's writing two books about Immortals. One of them is, e- is Eternals. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. This is the book that I've wanted X-Men to do for a long time. Mm. This was the one I kept waiting for about like the Quiet Council, what they're doing. Um, and I'm, finally, I'm glad we're finally getting it. Yes. I, um, I'm wondering how long it will last, but we'll see. Hey, uh, uh, however long, probably will be good. Yes. It continues and, to be an exciting time in X-Men. Yes. It's true, all of it. Um, we talked a bit about how uh, Steve Orlando revealed that he is the new ongoing writer for Marauders, come the annual, um, but he will be relaunching the book with a new number one mm-hmm. um, with Eleonora El- El- Eleonora Carlini. Um, and this new team that Steve Orlando will be heading up will be Kate, B- Kate Bishop, Psylocke, Dakin, Aurora, Tempo, um, and Somnus. Yeah. Yeah. Somnus is the one from Marvel from Marvel's Voices Pride. Yep. Brandon, I just looked at the thing. I thought, wait, yeah, Kate Bishop, you're right. I was like, oh wait, no, Kate, comma Kate. Bishop. I made the same mistake just then. So yes. <laughs> I was like, um, but there is a Kate Bishop. You're not wrong. Um, so we we're getting that um that uh what is it called like the the x-men election offshoot book with all like the rejects Secret x-men yeah yeah uh so it's cool that uh tempo is on on the marauder team because tempo is such a fan favorite character that has not got the spotlight for so long so the fact that like tempo's getting a big a push makes me happy yeah uh i'm really excited for this i like steve orlando and i really like the marauders i like this team um and then one more will be added to the crew that will help to unravel a mystery stretching two billion years into the past Ooh. Um, this line is really cool because um, Way of X and Way of X uh, uh, Onslaught Revelation uh, is spinning out into Legionnaires and, and like uh, Knights of X and stuff like that. So like it's cool that like books aren't just ending like they're getting like the story is being propelled into another book. Uh, yeah. So that's cool that like it's always it's always going forward. The X-Men uh, feel like they're in a, in a place that just if a new title happens, it organically happens from something mm-hmm. that we've already read about. Yeah, uh, very cool. Really, I'm enjoying. Need to catch up. Captain Carter is getting a five issue miniseries. Um, this is not the same Captain Carter from What If, but they are going to do that anyway, and I'll explain. Um, Jamie yeah. McKelvey and Mike Cresta are going to do a Captain Carter uh, miniseries for Marvel, not the What If Captain. So this is not a spinoff of What If. This is a new character. This is bringing Captain Carter to the to the to the marvel multiverse again even though she was already in exiles i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um not that character either but they're going to they're going to okay they they will focus on a version of captain carter that's basically steve rogers is what they're doing there so they're doing the what if episode yeah as a five issue miniseries Yeah, yeah yeah okay so here's the thing uh anything can be good obviously um jamie mckelvey is a phenomenal artist 
he has been an artist for 10 years and he hasn't done much writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to say that he can't be a good writer because tons of people have done that. Chip Zdarsky is a great example. When I hear this, I hear, <laughs> I hear, hey, do you want to write a Captain Marvel book? And we're going to tell you everything you want. We need to tell you to write. Hey, that episode um, did really well. Can you do that? I, not for me. Yeah. I don't need to be negative. It's just not for me. If I hear great things, maybe, but like, this is like when they when they bring in Valkyrie from the movies and they replace the the MC, the six one six Valkyrie, which is fine, you know. Uh, uh, having like a black Valkyrie is cool and stuff, but like that's getting rid of another character and like this character kind of exists in multiple iterations in different ways in the in the six one six already. So it's just it is capitalizing on what if, and I'm just not here for it. So you know, yeah, I'm good. A lot of fans, a lot of fans of this character. I'm happy for them. I'm a fan of the character, but I'm more interested in seeing something new with the character um, and a different like. What about her being Captain America, quote unquote, makes that world different? Not how is the world exactly the same, except yes. it's a girl, Captain, Captain America. She's not Steve Rogers. That's the whole point. So if she's just going to act like Steve Rogers and she's not Peggy Carter. Yeah. Right. So, so like, you know, I, but like, like you said, anything can be good. Yeah. <clears throat> Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, it's only five issues. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Video game awards were this week. Oh, sorry, Brandon. This is now Basement Arcade. Oh, what do you say, Ben? Uh, welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, uh, where we just, where we just, let me see if I can get the whole thing. Where we just sit back, relax, and just chill. chill. No, did I do it? You got close, but not not hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, whatever. Um, we're going to go through some of the awards. Hit uh, pause the on the video games. We sit back, we relax, and just chill. Is that it? No. Close enough. Okay. Well, I've watched enough of them. I should have realized. All right. So we're going to talk about some of the award- some of the winners. Uh, and then afterwards, we'll talk about some of the announcements. Mm-hmm. Game of the year went to It Takes Two. This is uh, cool. This is, this is uh, a huge upset. Nobody expected it. Uh, just because, like, it's a smaller game. Um mm-hmm. The guy who who made this game, he's very famous for being on the Game Awards. He's saying like like f the Oscars, screw the Oscars, and stuff like that. Uh, you guys probably didn't watch the speech that he that he gave for winning this award, but um, this game's all about love and like family. And his whole thing was like, yeah, I just love my family so much. If you guys have kids, go get some kids, man. And <laughs> it was really charming. So I'm really glad this guy won this game. Sparks yeah. played it. Uh, I did. It's actually the only one from the list that I got to play this year so far, and uh, I'm real glad that it won because I think that game's super inventive and cool. Very cool. I've, uh, I've seen video. I've seen videos of it takes two, and the whole premise really piqued my interest. I just never got the game, unfortunately. It, it basically, it well, and like you have to play it with someone else. That's the thing. Yeah. But like, uh, you get a free copy. You they give you a free copy if you buy the do. game, so you can play with somebody. They do. Yeah. Um. It, it basically feels like the an indie game one, which I'm really happy for. Yep. That's how it feels. It feels mm-hmm. like an indie game came out on top, and I'm I'm grateful. Me too. Yeah. Um, it beat out Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Yeah, yeah. Best game direction direction went to Deathloop. Yep. Uh, for them. Beating out It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. They just say keep going. No, he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't need uh, to. We don't need to read who they beat out every time. Okay, uh, best narrative went to Marvel. Upset. Went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I haven't. I haven't played it, but I'm happy. Me too. What a uh, surprise! I have played it. Uh, very happy for this win. 
very proud of that game. Yeah, it's great because this has been a, a year for a good narrative. Um, and it is cool that like something with a big IP can actually still be really good. Like this is an example of like, yo man, like stuff can be good if you put the talent behind it. Like, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, best art direction went to Deathloop. Yep, that's cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, best... that game's hella, hella stylish. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. That's awesome. Best score went to best score music went to near replicant version. I'm not going to read the number. That is a that is a remaster of an old game, and that one best score. That's fantastic. That's how good that music is. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, best audio design went to Forza Horizon Five. I played an hour of that game. It looks real pretty. Good for them. Uh, best performance went to Maggie Robertson for Resident Evil Village. Is that? That's Lady Demescu, big lady, step on me, lady. <laughs> that it is. Wow. <laughs> so there, this one, quote unquote, controversial, because like, did people really vote for her because she's the best or just because they wanted her to step on them? And it can be both. Why can't it be Does both? it matter? Does it matter? <laughs> she, she was really good. The yeah. thing is like, she is not, uh, the thing about that game is like, she's the first boss and she's not in the rest of that game. So people think like, you should have gave it to a bigger character. No, she's the best character. That's the point. She's right. the best one. Yeah, she should have been in that game more. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> um, who would it be? Oh, she beat Giancarlo Esposito. Confirm. Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising considering uh, how wafer thin I understand that that narrative script to be. Another yeah. Far Cry game. Yeah. Games for impact went to Life is Strange: True Colors. That so makes this sense. is yeah. This is wild. This is cool. I did see that Before Your Eyes was on that list, and that would have been pretty neat if before your eyes won real quick side tangent i haven't played it myself but i do understand what before your eyes is ryan should as well um before your eyes is a little game where it's like it's taking you through your life and it uses it's on your computer and it uses your camera to register when you blink and when you go. blink it yeah, goes yeah, yeah. to the next part of the game yeah yeah oh. so you are trying not to blink because you you uh but you can't help it and it's you're going through this character's life and these important moments are happening and when you blink they're gone and you can't go back interesting and so it's like this whole emotional thing about like what's important to us in this resonant thing and so like i think it's great that life is strange true colors one like that's that's also a good game for this kind of thing but like before your eyes is super fascinating and like i have not touched it mostly because i'm like i don't know if i'm up for that experience yeah, yeah, myself yeah. but i mm. i super admire what before your eyes is so it's it's uh, wild that it didn't get to, to uh that so award. the thing about game awards is um uh it's voted on uh by like a bunch of game journalists and in, mm -hmm. in situations much like the oscars where if a bunch of people just didn't play a game it won't get recognition which right. sucks which just sucks. which is why which is why no one's seeing inscription because inscription came in too late yeah um so what, so, i'm sorry guys i had to go there was someone green ringing my doorbell um you're what, much louder now <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Yes. Is that good or is that bad? That's bad. You're overpowering us. <laughs> um, maybe like maybe turn off down your microphone after you're done saying what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I'll try, I'll try to figure out how to do that. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one. Uh, Life is Strange that, stuff one. Um, yeah. Best narrative, right? Yes. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy one. Yeah. Best narrative. Just Google it, Ben. No, I'm, I have the thing right here in front of me. Oh, then. <laughs> I'm just okay. asking where we are. Are we at best art direction or best score? No. We're at we're at best uh, impact. That's what we were just oh, talking games about. For impact, games for impact. Yeah. That was, oh, that was okay. Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, well, actually, now we're on best ongoing game. That's true. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen online won that. Uh, this is hands down, like more than No Man's Sky, like the greatest gaming redemption of all time because FF fourteen mm -hmm. launched a broken piece of shit, 
and then that game relaunched as a new game and it spent years trying to build itself back up and now it is it is better than world of warcraft it is more almost more play than world of warcraft like it is the developers behind it love it like the fans love it like it is like it is the best mmo right now it's overtaken world of warcraft so this is awesome for them i have seen a fortnite yep yeah, sense, I have yeah. seen nothing but good things all throughout my Twitter timeline, all throughout even my my Instagram feed. So many people are playing Final Fantasy XIV, and mm-hmm. you, everything Ryan has said it's true. Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, which is what the new the newer version became after the colossal train wreck that was the original version, fixed everything and made it better. And every new expansion with um, Endwalkers, this most recent expansion, people cried. People love this game. Mm-hmm. makes me want to play it really really bad the only reason i haven't played it is because when i downloaded it and i tried to enter my information it says that my password was wrong and then i went to go do the thing online and it said no that password was right and then i went to go enter it and said my password was wrong so something's messed up in the system and i can't play your game so i'm never playing it <laughs> uh all right um best indie game went to kina bridge of spirits this is great. This is cool because Kena is a PS5 game. Uh, it's made by an incredibly small, incredibly small uh, developer team by a bunch of ex-animators who wanted to become game developers. So if you guys have ever seen ga- a gameplay for Kena, it's like one of the most gorgeous games ever made. Um, it plays like a PlayStation 2 old school platformer. Um, yeah. uh, it's a budget game, so I'll probably play it when it's on sale. But like, yeah, like Damn. it totally makes sense. Kena looks very um, Jack and Daxter-ish, like the very yeah. first one, Precursor Legacy. Yes. And that's what I really like about it. I'm once again, I have I feel bad for a lot of these games because I haven't sat down and played them because a lot of them are next gen and a lot of them look best on PS5. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of them are like, oh, like Deathloop, I like to play that on my PS5. Oh, um, Tales of Rise, I want to play that on the PS5. Yeah. Uh, there's so many games that are available for the PS5. I mean, yes, they are ready for the PS4. It's just, but I'm just no. waiting until I get the PS5 version. I got you. I've been like, we're playing, we're playing Halo mm-hmm. on the Xbox One. And mm-hmm. it looks good. Like, it looks, it's good. You know, we're in the modern system, but like, I've seen what that game looks like on a new Xbox. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Oh, I really need a new Xbox. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, I was uh, talking with Sparks um, last week and he was kind of, I mean, he wasn't really giving me a jab, but at the same time, it was like, so is your game, in my game of the year, Metroid Dread? I'm like, yeah, that's the only game I played. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to count Pokemon Diamond or, or Mario 3D World because those are technically remakes, but out of all the new games, that's the one I've been looking forward to the most. And I sunk time into it too. So for me, it's Metroid Dread. Um, I just, I just love that you're like you're the gamer uh, guy on our our crew, and you've played the least amount of brand new yeah. games this year. Listen, Ben is the hardcore retro gamer. Like, one hundred percent, I play more games than all of y'all combined. But it's not like a, I don't. No, I'm I will. A, wear, I'm not a gamer. I will wear my retro gamer badge of honor. I will wear this like a badge of honor as I pull up my little tin of staple it my playstation one playing cards but besides the point i um, think i've played more games this year than you have been you probably have i mean i'm playing newer games it's just that those are remakes i've done it i have dethroned you the new host of basement arcade welcome gamers (laughs) anyways rise up Anyways, Kina Bridge of Spirits. I remember seeing this on the one of the play, on the PS5 um, showcases. It looks gorgeous. The game still looks gorgeous, and I would love to give this uh, give this a try. And I'm glad I won Best Indie Game. Good they for them. Also, they also won Best Debut Indie Game, which is yeah. So this is this is weird. I don't know why these. It's it's a bu- it's a little bit of a bummer that like a different indie game can't get some spotlight, and it's it's the same one on both. Like good for Kina. Uh, it sure as shit would have been cool to see like Sable or something take the other one mm-hmm. 
Sure. Um, best mobile game went to Genshin Impact. Cool. Yep, yep. yep. This uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best community support went to Final Fantasy XIV Online. Lord, for what we said before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no Man's Sky was on that list. Interesting. It yep. was. Yeah. I mean, it made it and didn't win though. A lot, a lot of good support for that game. Mm-hmm. Ryan's been, Ryan's been showing us. Yeah. True that. Best VR AR game went to Resident Evil Four. Nice. I am not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I watched I watched some gameplay of that on, uh, from one of the YouTubers I follow and like, yeah, man, that game's old as hell, but it's still fun. Man, it's still real good. Yeah. So uh, I remember. I actually I might I, I I didn't play it. I watched someone play it at my community center. Mm, there you go. Yeah. The YMCA, I think that was called. I hear it's fun to stay there. Yeah. Resident Evil Four is an amazing game. It's an amazing. I love it. It's the first. Res- it's the only Resident Evil game I actually ever beat all the way through. Love that game. No surprise. Um, innovation and accessibility went to Forza Horizon Five. Yeah, Good for them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of good games on this list. Good job. Accessibility, yeah, accessibility for what? anyone who doesn't know. It's like um, making it so uh, 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 disabled people can play games, and like making it so like people mm-hmm. who are colorblind, maybe they're missing a hand, something like that. It makes it so it's accessible for everyone. And mm-hmm. modern games have been doing an insanely good job, where like like blind people play video games, right? And like The Last of Us Two has an option where every single thing is read to you out loud. So every time you step or you run into something or you load your gun, it tells you it's doing it. And I'm like. Wow! Holy shit! Like this is incredible. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah like... Last, Last of Us Two took some incredible steps, but yeah, it's 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 very good that accessibility is becoming a more important part of video game conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best action game went to Returnal. This is Hell wild. Yeah. Returnal. No, yeah, Returnal. Um, I'll be honest, that game looks too hard for me to want to play right now. Um, it's a it's a roguelike, uh, which means it repeats after every time you die, but it's like a hardcore shooter um i looks, i was real cool i was definitely put off until the recent update that only was like a couple weeks ago where you can now have a a save stop oh, load yeah. out. it's a one-time thing so like because yeah. the whole thing was that there was no way for you to stop playing a good run yeah it's run based yeah, yeah and yeah so like if you had to go do something and you had to quit you will lose your run uh and you can't come back to it and they finally like patched that so you can now pick up that one run uh, but you could do it like the one time and then get back in and then you play through that run. Uh, yeah. And then the next time you have a run and you need to leave, you can do it again. The game looks hella sick. I just like, I just, yeah. I'm too scared to play it. Um, Cause like, that's a game, Brandon, like that's a game where like, it's an incredibly hard game. And if you beat it in one sitting, it only takes a couple hours, but mm-hmm. like, it's so hard. You have to constantly upgrade and mm-hmm. get better and better. But the thing is like, if you play the game for like six hours, then you die, you have to start over from the beginning again. So uh, adding this save state like eliminates a lot of that frustration, uh, which actually makes me want to play it now. So I'm glad. To yeah. Uh, Back for Blood was on that list. Good job. Yeah, it was good for Back for Blood. I like that. Be- best action adventure game went to Metroid Dread. It did. Um, Beating out hoping... Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ben. How could you? I'm actually yeah. a little. Metroid I'm actually Dread. a little more surprised that this beat out Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But good for Metroid Dread. I'll tell you what. Uh, before you talk about how good Metroid Dread is, um, everything I've heard about Ratchet is, um, <clears throat> it is another Ratchet game that just looks incredibly good. There's nothing yeah. new about it. It plays like the last one, just looks better. Whereas Metroid Dread is like a bre- like a 20 year old like sequel to a like a super dope game. Yeah, I mean. I've spoken how amazing Metroid Dread is so many times. It's like take a shot whenever Ben talks about Dread. So 
I'm actually, to be perfectly honest, though, I was actually thinking like maybe Resident Evil was going to beat it out or uh, something like Death or uh, what, what else was on the list? Uh, yeah, Resident Evil, Guardians. Um, I had a feeling Guardians gameplay would... is not its strongest suit, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, once again, dr- half the fun of Metroid Dread is exploring the planet you're on. It's mm-hmm. going, is using your newfound abilities to go into uh, nooks and crannies you weren't able to access before. So, and also the combat system is still super tight. And yeah, I- I'm I'm just happy that Metroid Dread took one award home. And just 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 a, just at least one. It didn't have to be the big one, but it got one, and it deserves some recognition. Everybody gets one. Best RPG went to Tales of Arise. I hear it's good. Well, it yeah. definitely sure as shit didn't go to Cyberpunk 2077. The fact that it's <laughs> on that list it's, it means like, was this that bad of a year? Oh my god. The, the fact that Cyberpunk was on a list for best RPG, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Really? Well, maybe. Well, I'd I have mean, to look I'll, at the rest of the, I mean, the RPGs that came out this year. Good news is, um, is that I've heard nothing but great things from people who have been playing Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's a solid RPG, very solid gameplay. And it's like, great, another 100-plus-hour RPG to sink my teeth into once I get a PS5, because apparently it looks better on the PS5. Everything does. Yep. Brian's screen started singing at us. Listen, I thought the volume was down, and it turned up. <laughs> uh, best fighting game went to Guilty Gear Strive. Hell yeah, bring back old-school 2D games. Not a big year for fighting games, but good for them. Yeah. Nickelodeon All-Star, All-Star Brawl is on that list. Yeah. Okay. Although, old- I downloaded Virtual Fighter Five because that's an old Sega arcade classic game. The Virtual Fighter series is an old school Sega arcade classic. I just haven't played it yet, but I'm like, man, that's good for Virtual Fighter. But also, Guilty Gear. I've heard good things about the. I don't know much about Guilty Gear. There's just just one song from the Guilty Gear games that I think is a total banger. But I really should play some Guilty Gear. That I heard that game is just bonkers. I fought yeah. for so long not to add banger to my vocabulary. I was a fool. Listen, you hang around people long enough, you, you get their words. Uh, best family game went to It Takes Two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. makes sense. Good for them. Yeah. Best sports racing game went to Forza Horizon 5. Uh, Forza that game, game, that game has... Uh, it's the only racing game i played in like the last like 15 years. Uh, yeah. That thing opens where... Uh, like you're it does fast and furious where like you're in like a cargo plane and then the car it drops off and then the second you land on the 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 the, the ground the and it's like it's just like perfect like it's it's epic cinematic cool car racing. going back to best family game i'm surprised that um new pokemon snap didn't win actually I am well, not. It that takes is not. Two. That's not Where's as the much. Nar- the narrative, yeah. like the thing is, like it takes two. Like I would mm-hmm. expect it to be more Mario Party Superstars, which is more competitive, because like Pokemon yeah. Snap's great, but it's not exactly a game a that draws game. in the family to play together. No, yeah. It takes two. Literally, is like let's sit down and engage with a game that talks about family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Diesel made it. I see your point. Best Sim slash strategy game. Went to Age of Empires 4. Yeah, yeah I, hear they, I hear they did a good job this year. I used to one. play those games when I was a teenager. I've grown out of them, but I'm they're still making them, so that's cool. I heard it was a good one. Best multiplayer game went to It Takes Two, beating Back for Blood and Knockout City. I oh. am sad this is this that Knockout City didn't get this. I I, I understand why It Takes Two got it. Mm. I wish Knockout City I got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I i I thought I was being selfish, but I also wish. No, no, I think I like I think Knockout City like I think Knockout City has carved out a pretty impressive little niche 
uh, and is a solid, solidly good multiplayer game. And also, like, uh, yeah, it, it was great it fun was, to play. It was hot for a minute, yeah. And, and it takes two, like, has won a bunch of other awards. So, like, let the multiplayer, like, mm-hmm. actual multiplayer game take it, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, wish, I wish this had been Knockout Cities win because I, I want yeah. that game to get more. I That game is so simple and plays so good and like every match feels so good i i want that game to thrive yeah that game came out of the gate a fully formed well-made game yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, i'm also i'm all, i i echo a lot of what spark said because that is a true multiplayer game not to take it away anything away from it takes two because that isn't also a multiplayer game but the thing nowadays when i hear multiplayer i mean that to the i hear that to the extreme like there are multiple players like you cannot play this game unless other people are playing with you online. Via well, you literally or on the you can't you can't play it takes two without someone else. So technically, you're also talking about that game. Like For you sure. literally, it's a two player no, game. No, by but these. Ryan, I'm talking about you need multiple people, not just one other person. You no, need you. like a group of people to no, play. No, I get you. When I hear multiplayer nowadays, especially in modern games, that's why I think once again, not to try to take anything away from it takes two. But I'm also bummed that Knockout City didn't win because I that game's awesome. It's so much yeah. fun. I agree. And finally, content creator of the year went to Dream. I don't Cooper know who that cool? is. Cool. Probably should have taken that one out, huh? I thought we were yeah, definitely gonna cut that one, yeah. but that's okay. That was up, that was just above the esports. <laughs> um yeah, all right. So that's, yeah, all, that's all, the, all we're all we're gonna talk about with the game of the year awards. Um, most of the stuff are like esports teams. You know, good for all the winners, but we don't need to. We, we esports exist, baby. We don't follow esports all that much, but so, good for the winners. All that much? How about none at all, Ben? <laughs> True. Um, all right. So the video game awards also had a ton of announcements. Um, once again, we're not going to talk about all of them. But we'll talk about some of them. Not most of them. Uh, the Matrix Awakens, an Unreal 5 experience. There was also a Matrix Resurrections clip, which I didn't watch because I want to go in blind. I was watching the Game Awards, so I watched it. Um, yeah, that movie is, is what I think that movie is, and I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, would, I, I watched Keanu Reeves present uh, that stuff. He is such a cool dude. He's constantly like, oh, yeah, I'm really like so excited about this. He's excited to, to be... To be him. I would be yes. excited too. He's got a good life. Yeah. Uh, you guys talked a lot about the um, Matrix Awakens. It's out. It's out. Go play it. Go check it out. Star Wars Eclipse uh, was revealed by Quantic Dream. Um, this is going to be this apparently promising a multiple, multiple character branching narrative game. This is set in the High Republic. Boy, howdy, <laughs> you guys. Let me tell you. Watching this with a live stream, um, I have never in my entire life seen someone seeing excitement go from 100 to zero like in a half a second it's yeah. really it's really impressive how much uh a tainted developer can ruin how something that looks really cool it's really cool how where we are in the video game industry today i, I, did, I, I did see uh, there was a lot of i'll let ryan tell you in a minute um there i did see like a lot of um people like wait are we sure he's working on the game like Come on. He, <laughs> I did see a lot of that. He tweeted out himself that he's working on it, and he turned off replies so people couldn't say anything about it. Right. He I knows exactly know. who he George? is. George? George. Of the jungle? No, Lucan. <laughs> no, no, Ben. 
no, Ben. Ryan, Ryan, why don't you tell Ben a little ben, bit about Quantic what's happening? Dream, the developer of this game, is headed by a name named David Cage. David Cage is a sex pest. He's a pervert. He's under allegations for uh, abuse. His company is uh, filled with a bunch of people that are similar to him. And the fact that um, this game's coming out, it would not be coming out if this game wasn't already three years into development. This game yeah. is so uh, far along, his, there's nothing we has, can do about it. He has two famous pull quotes, which include... All my game in all my games, women are whores. Yep. Uh, and uh, we don't make games for fags. Yep. So he's a, he's a wonderful man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, so um, that's who's spearheading this project, and that's a bummer. So and yeah, this game looks incredible. Um, which is a shame because I'm not gonna play it because I and I was I would I was like when I first heard like High Republic yeah. video game. Hell yeah, I want to play a High Republic video game. Yeah. I love like the High Republic. See, I think it looks. I think aesthetically looks. I think aesthetically looks really cool. Absolutely. And then I saw Quantic Dream. I'm like, no nah, shit. The thing here's the thing about Quantic Dream games because I played almost all of them. Mm. Um, maybe except like the first one. Um, conceptually, they're all cool. And the thing I like about Quantic Dream is they are developers who are not making action games. They're making narrative games. So I've always respected that. The part that I don't respect is now that I'm older and I know who David Cage is. All of his games involve uh, tons of of uh, abuse towards women. Just the grossest things like. His last game, which was about robots like gaining sentience, like he literally has them saying, "I have a dream." Like Martin Luther King, his this he it goes over his head the stuff he's trying to talk about. Um, it really bums me out because this game has been in development for so long, and it's just you can't pull the cord on a billion dollar Star Wars product, right? Wait, so this that is robot anymore. That robot Detroit man, becoming human. Oh shit, that one. Ooh. Yeah, that game's yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, it just really bums me out that like yeah. accountability just doesn't really exist sometimes. Uh, and like this game, because it's a Star Wars game, is gonna sell hotcakes, hotcakes, especially when it looks this good. So uh, it's just we, we finally got to a place where like Star Wars games is like starting to like come out like a, like at, at a good quality. They're good games, and then yeah. this, yeah, uh, this is just a situation where like uh, you know uh, it's too little, too late. Unfortunately, you know the yeah. future, the future of Star Wars still looks bright with other developers. Um, and at least you know we're still getting the the old Republic game. Yeah, and we're still getting mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order too. Like that's in development right now. Yeah. Um, we got other stuff coming. So um, you know. we're also getting um, Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic. The remake. I did say that. Oh, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay, buddy? No I'm kidding. Uh, Alan Wake Two. This is for me. This is for you. This is great. Um, no one ever thought Alan Wake Two would come out. Um, after Control was such a huge phenomenal success, bigger than they've anticipated. Uh, that game is basically like an Alan Two like prequel in a way um because alan 2 is in that game or alan is in that game um this is great and they're turning it the first alan wake is a survival not a survival game it's a action adventure like horror game and this game is going to be a survival horror game where so it's going to be really dependent on like limited like like a resident evil game um i'm very excited like this remedy said it's going to be their scariest game and they make scary games so i don't know what the hell this game's going to be um yeah. very excited that's awesome yeah I definitely want to play the new Alan Wake remaster. So hell yeah, baby, it's on sale right now. Uh, the people over at the Video Game Awards were really excited that this one didn't leak. They were like, every, a lot of things leaked, not this one. Uh, Monolith, who is the who is the developers of uh, the Shadow of Mordor series, yes. um, is working on a Wonder Woman video game. This is That's like great. this is such a perfect translation for a developer because like. We we heard rumors that Monolith was working on uh, uh, Shadow of Mordor three or whatever the game was called, but like that game should have came out by now for as long as they've been working on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that this didn't like is really cool, and like having an open world sword based game with magical abilities, 
um, is 100% perfect for Wonder Woman. Um, it's great. Like, they can have her be on a horse or they can have her fly, whatever they want to do. Um, the Nemesis system is the coolest thing to ever happen in video games, uh, where, like, there are procedurally generated, uh, 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 like, generals who have different stats and, like, like they're, they're immune to sword attacks, so you have to specifically use ranged attacks. Like, all of this beautiful stuff uh, that's going to work for a Wonder Woman game. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, we didn't see... We didn't see anything, no gameplay. Uh, Marina Baccarin of Firefly Flame and and Fame and so many other things tweeted two years ago that she's working on something Wonder Woman related. So we think that she's the voice actress for this Wonder Woman game. Oh, please. Yep. Yeah, hell yeah. She's excellent. Excellent. She was uh, Leslie Tompkins in um, that Gotham show. She was the girlfriend in Deadpool. Yes. And that. Vanessa. Um, He's so good. (laughs) All right. Elden Ring had a new trailer. This is just the opening cinematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's it's the opening cinematic. You get a little bit of backstory, kind of, but looks really so cool. Pretty. I really like the visuals. Yeah. It looks so pretty. It looks so uh, good. I cannot people... wait. I cannot wait to dive into fight Elden Ring. Or, I don't know what the monsters are, but I can't wait to fight into another FromSoft game with George R. R. Martin. Yes, give me, give me, give me, give me. Are thinking that that's Maisie Williams talking? Uh, it hasn't been confirmed, but because George Railroad Martin is working on this game. People think that might be her voice, but like it could just be a sound like we don't know. I don't care if it is or if it isn't. This I yeah. this game had me hook line sinker since day freaking one. Yep. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, had a gameplay trailer. I know what that game looks like now. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a third person action adventure game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I kind of figured it was gonna look like Plays that. about as what I thought it would play, yeah. It's it's a less it's a less dark. Uh, more kind of like uh, actiony Arkham Arkham game. With yeah, there's there utilize more superpowers like Boomerang. You can see like he's like jumping in the air and Boomerang. So it's funny because Gotham Knights has one of the I don't remember which one, but one of the Robins having tech stuff and he teleports too. Yeah, I don't know. Like Captain Boomerang being a hyper tech oh. guy, I don't know. No, so this is Captain Boomerang's son, who's a speedster. That's who's in this game. Hold on. That's not like the Captain Boomerang. That's not the original Captain Boomerang. That's his son. And he's a speedster? He's a speedster. That's confirmed? Yes. That's what, that's the character in the comics. That's what his name is in the game. He, I, when has Captain Boomerang been a speedster? What Flash comics am I not reading? Uh, This is the, uh, I read him just before Flashpoint happened when Jeff Johns was writing Barry. Weird. Okay. Uh, He's a cool character. I like him. He was the main Captain Boomerang for a while. He has super Hmm. speed? Yeah, he's a speedster. That just seems hmm. silly. All right, cool. I, yeah. I don't know. I like. I feel like every, the more and more I see of this game, the less interested I am. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. like I, I, there's just nothing making me feel like oh, I need to play this. I'll be I'll happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I am, I am 100 sold on all the characters. Like, I really like like the voice of Captain Boomerang, like on all the character stuff. Um, sure. The gameplay, like I'm, I am not 100 sold, but it is Rocksteady, so like I, I, I know it's going to be good. But I agree, I don't think they're selling it very well, especially because like, I, are we actually going to be killing the Justice League? On, like, are we really going to be murdering all these people? Is that actually what we're doing? Certainly seems that way. Yeah. Uh, it looks like you're killing Barry in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's just an interesting choice. I'm not. I'm still not 100 sold, but it is a big superhero game, so I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be good, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels it's something about it feels like it's still pulling its punches. It might be like a rated M for mature game, so it, it is pulling its punches. You might be right. 
Like, okay. I, and I don't know if it is or isn't. And like, either way, it just feels like for a Suicide Squad game, everything I've seen in the marketing, I'm like, I feel like we're playing with the kitty gloves on. Like, this is, this is just kind of okay. We do see like, like King Shark eating heads, but we don't actually see it. Yeah, we, don't like, I, see it. we see the, we see the shadow of him eating. Yeah, I, that's like that's an alien. You can, I, I don't know. Like, I think it might be like inframature, and it's just not showing any of the gore and stuff. I'm just maybe. To be perfectly honest, that this. I don't know. This game isn't really grabbing me all that much. I mean, the gameplay, I mean, cool, looks fun, but I, I'm like, I don't want to go up. Unless I hear amazing, amazing, amazing things about it, I'm probably just not going to really go go for it. I'm still much more excited for Gotham Knights. Yeah, me yeah, too. Same. Um, okay, so real quickly, amendment to what I said. It is, it is Owen Mercer, who is Captain Boomerang's son. Okay. Um, he has, he's not a true speedster. He gets bursts of speed. Mm. <laughs> okay. So. okay. Okay, so when the rider needs him to have speed, he gets it. Got it. That's what that yeah. means. Got it. According to the entry I read, uh, but especially when he throws his boomerangs. So super speed boomerangs. Cool. Hey, man. Probably how they can kill Barry Allen in this game. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Also, also like really cool. That's super deep cut that they're using this character. Yeah. So. yeah. Although, good on Roxanne for using the deep cuts because they did a lot of deep cuts for Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of Easter eggs, true, but still good deep cuts in that game. Games. Uh, I think the weird part to me uh, that did stand out in this trailer is that they're saying that the heroes are being controlled by Brainiac, but the heroes still sound like the heroes. Like, they're still talking and engaging like themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how much is it's this like, Brainiac controlling them? It's like Marvel like, Zombies. Like is, yeah, yeah like, like, what is this supposed to be? Because Barry's like, really? Just mail the bullet to me. Like, okay, so that's Barry, like, having fun. That's not Brainiac having fun. Like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. I don't that, know. I don't also, like that. that definitely it feels seems... like Brainiac is just a bullshit excuse. Yeah, it feels like, like if they wanted to do that, like magic would be the way to do that because like Brainiac would like take their take them over. But like, yeah. I mean, or even if this was the uh, uh, crime syndicate. Yeah, yeah. Masquerading as the Justice League. I secretly sure. wish it is that because I I still mm-hmm. think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Then you uh, can actually kill them because I just I I just don't I just can't <clears throat> see them. You're but not they, killing Superman. I just I can't see them killing Superman. Yeah, as much as yeah. I, I think that'd be like do it, but they're not going to. Yeah. Hellblade Two: Senua's Saga. This is this is like the best looking game out. This is this is this is. Mm-hmm. There's at points where this is just a there's a big baby man on screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's it's horrifying. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure when I was watching this, I was like, I did I fight you in Dark Souls, and then it's like, I guess not. They, that's that's not Unreal me. Five, baby. They also said this is game. This was gameplay footage. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's because like it, it is. It is quick time event. The game. Like you are. You are walking, and then the camera turns, and then you press X to throw a spear. That's yeah. the extent of the gameplay. So it can focus on the graphics, right? Yeah. Like it is. It is. It is the most narratively tight thing you can possibly have. The, the um, previous footage of the game has made it very clear that they're going to make it look really good. Yeah, this like stunning, stunning. Like again, we are at the point where like, man, some stuff just looks real, and it's kind of scary, and I love it. Like, I just want to play. Like, it's so cool, man. Like, the fire. The thing that that's really impressive about this specifically is like the lighting and the fire. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a dude who's like run. Like, it's like foggy, and then a dude runs on fire across from Senawan. I'm like, man, that's just spooky as hell. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 chanting like the daddy daddy. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm into it. And she's like, is the like her voice. She can hear her voice. Like, yeah. run, throw it. You know, yeah. like that's pretty uh, cool. So the first game, it's it, it is it is all about mental health and like dealing with tragedy and loss. And like she has a inner monologue the entire game and stuff. So uh, keeping with that, looks looks hot. Yeah. 
uh arc raiders i love this trailer it was it was a hot bop it uses robin's song i keep dancing on my own um this is x dice developers x battlefield in call of duty peoples um making a open world survival uh uh shooter um, multiplayer right multiplayer yeah it looks yeah. like um i'm not sure exactly what the gameplay loop is but you are with friends like taking out robots and like taking their scrap and stuff um it just looks like a cool good time it's still pretty early yeah they also said this is going to be free to play when it drops in 2022 oh really okay yeah. okay then oh okay i can see how okay that makes sense yeah it looks cool looks cool yeah um sonic frontiers Open world Sonic game by the looks of it. This... Ben, Ben, yeah. not just open world Sonic game. Uh, the way that I've heard this game being described behind the scenes, it's Sonic meets a game we've played before on Basement Arcade. Sonic, Sonic Mania. No, Shadow Sonic of the Colossus. Colossus. Yes. So the bosses are giant and you are doing running puzzles on them. Shadow of the Colossus style. Uh, I, I am... 100% on board. 100%. Yeah, I can, I can dig it because we've needed... Okay. I'll, I'll, like The thing... Sonic Mania works because it goes back to what Sonic used to be in the 90s. That's why it works because fans were clamoring for that because every time they try to do something new-ish with Sonic, like Sonic Forces with like the your own character and then with classic Sonic and then with modern one, it, it turns into a bit of a gimmick. Werewolf Sonic. Yeah, um, like Sonic God of War, essentially, with uh, Sonic Unleashed. But this one... Sonic Shadow of the Colossus, and you get this huge open world to run around in, sounds so much fun. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more gameplay out of this. This just looks... I'm like, I'm willing to give this a shot. Everything to me everything to me about the concept feels like it really depends on how good it feels to run in the world. Because if you screw that up, you've blown the game. The thing thing about Sonic for me is like, because I haven't played all the games like you have, like, I... Like, I want Sonic to really feel fast. And a lot of times those games, like, they stop you a lot. So, like, mm-hmm. having an open world, I want to be able to go, like, a thousand miles an hour and, like, go across an entire, and, like, feel, like, I want to feel that. And I, I, I honestly, have, I don't think I've ever felt that personally for me, like, what I want Sonic to feel like. That's, and, that's the, that's the thing. It's, like, if you're really going to do it, then it needs to feel like a world like Breath of the Wild, except I can travel around it so fast. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, uh... maps don't mean shit to me. If yeah. this does really well, uh, we could be we could finally get that the Flash video game um, that they've wanted to do for years. <laughs> I don't think it's subset <laughs> on Sonic, but yes, I'm sure. Well, but like if the running mechanics work, then that's proof positive that you can do something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. the Saints Row games have had super speed before. Like DC Universe has super speed, so like it is it is a cool mechanic. It is very hard to like. How do you make that your main thing in a game? So yeah, uh, we'll see how how this works. Yeah. 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 Um. Doo-doo-doo. Cuphead, the delicious last course. I DLC. Finally, finally, this has been. This was first announced years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was announced I mean, years. It takes them a long time because they can't draw everything. <laughs> draw everything. Um, I, I'm excited. I love playing Cuphead. I show. I sent this trailer to Fanny, and she was like. Hell, she was like, "Hell yeah, let's do this." She's, we're ready to get back into Cuphead. This, and also she gets to play as Miss Chalice. Um, all new bosses, all new challenges. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all giving you more of that Cuphead goodness, baby. I, I got a piece of battery. I got a piece of battery. I'll be right back. Oh, I thought his battery was at one percent. Nope, my pee pee's at one percent. 
<laughs> oh god. All right. Yeah. Um, good. 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 More Cuphead. Great trailer. Well, the next one's Star Trek, so I guess we should just move on. We should just move uh, on. Star Trek Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, not from not Telltale, but from uh, a lot of the t- developers from Telltale, uh, who formed Dramatic Labs. This is going to be a game set shortly after Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, most I'm. I like Star Trek. Um, I haven't played a Telltale game since I think Jurassic Park. Um, so I, I, I'm not crazy about them going to that level of style of gameplay for a Star Trek game. But like, what else are you gonna do? Um, yeah, I don't know. Could be fun. They've recast Spock. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, you got to. Well, don't put him in the game. No, you can't do that. What? Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. Just. Of all the next generation characters, Spock. Well, yeah. Jesus. Spock's like Mickey Mouse for Star Trek. No, you know what? That's not wrong. I I know it's not wrong. That's why I said it. Yeah. All right. Spock is the mascot of Star Trek. Like, <laughs> Brandon, yeah. how, does this, how does this game look to you? It's fine. I I I am a hundred percent down because I think Star Trek works best in a Telltale form. I don't think the presentation is super there for me. Yeah. Because I would 100% play a narrative Star Trek game. Yeah, I I, I, I know it's I know it's like really difficult to do and Star Trek doesn't kind of lend itself to this. But like I've, I've always wanted Star Trek to get like that AAA treatment like we got with like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's never going to happen, it, it feels like. Um, so it, like it, it, it totally fine. could too. It just, you need like the people with the passion. I just don't know like, I wonder if that's like a paramount thing of like licensing out. Like they just don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, they deserve. Star Trek deserves one. They they I, made I one. Um, you probably played it. The the oh the oh nine like action game, right? Yeah, yeah. That's an action game, but like that's a big budget game. Yeah, I mean, you can do. They've made Star Trek games. Star Trek games are notoriously difficult because, like, you know what the balance you get with Star Trek, it doesn't lend itself to an action adventure game. So, like, um, but it looks fine. Uh, I'll, I'll probably play it. Depends on how much it is. Yeah. And uh, the Expanse, a Telltale series. Yeah, wild. They're, they're back. Good for that, good for that show. Um, that show has a really big audience. Uh, apparently, it's very solid. So good for them for getting a video game. I've come very close to starting episode one, but I'm just like, hey, I, if, I, if I start, I'm going to have to commit to like six seasons. That's, Can't do that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the I whole have, thing. I This week, I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. And I didn't. <laughs> hey, man, there's too much the entertainment. Um, yeah, like th- this is like reductory i've heard it's like game of thrones in space like you know really great space politics stuff so like again makes sense for a space narrative game by telltale uh and yeah telltale coming back to do this um and the what we saw of it didn't look like their normal uh, not totally their normal style thank god yeah seriously <laughs> that um, engine was like 20 years out of date yeah uh but you know what cool good for them yeah yeah dune spice wars the spice was slow this is because I'd look it up so I actually know like what type of game it is a 4x strategy game. Uh, do you guys know what 4x stands for? Stands for? Mm-hmm. I don't either. It's 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 um explore, expand, exterminate, and something else. It's it's very hardcore strategy thing, but like mm-hmm. 4x is the hardest core of it. So like you're going to be going to planets, you're going to be setting down buildings, you're going to be taxing people, you're going to be looking mm-hmm. up a lot of spreadsheets. It's a hardcore strategy game, baby. I'm ready for it, dude. Fun fact. First real-time strategy game ever made. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Way, way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's yeah. coming full circle. 
Full circle, baby. The spice is full circle. I, uh, I think the books are going to make me want to play this. Hell yeah. I bought that second book. I, I cannot guarantee I will I will buy it, but I bought it. Wait, you'll read it. You Sorry, I will read it, but yeah, yeah. I bought it. I've listened to the first 30 minutes. It's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, I definitely bought that at a moment where I was like, I'll read this. And then I put it on my shelf. I was like, I might read this. You'll get to it one day. <laughs> one day, I believe. Um, I'm actually finishing my third book of the year, guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's talk about it next week. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Slitterhead. And let me tell you, many times I've accidentally said Shitterhead. Mm. So this is from the guy who made Silent Hill. Um, yep. <laughs> the music tone is such a such a crazy thing. Because um, it goes from this horror thing into hardcore like Japanese metal, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Which is what oftentimes happens. Um, it's too early to tell, but like, yeah, it's, it's something crazy is happening in the city with giant crazy monsters. Like really gross, like Junji Ito-esque monsters. Um, yep. And you got blood swords. I like blood swords. I want to play it. It looks it looks nice. I like the setting. I think mm -hmm. it's there's a lot we can do in it. So yeah, Among Us VR. Man, it's just cool that they're getting it. Mm -hmm. Man, that's gonna be scary. Just like I believe it. <laughs> and you turn around. Really trying to do my task. <laughs> that is, man. I need to re I need to play Among Us again. I need to mention the Among Us. The amount of times where you'll get scared by someone who's not the kid, the imposter, they're just there to help. Right. Y'all, like, oh. <laughs> the, the amount of updates that Among Us has gotten is truly insane. Like, there are so many game modes. There are so many, like, oh, you play as like the sheriff and there's like a werewolf mode, like all of these type of things. Like, good shit. The, the thing, the I think Among Us benefited uh, the best from the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. All in oh, all, yeah. that game was already out for like two years and then it became mm -hmm. a, a hit. Yeah, yeah people it were became born a phenomenon, a legitimate phenomenon. And they canceled work on the second game to <laughs> to ramp up this game. Yeah, crazy make that, man. Make that money, baby. But all right, I would love once the once the PS5 VR comes out, and if I'm able to nab one of those and I can get play Among Us VR, oh man, that'd be so a lot, cool. It's a lot of steps to get there, buddy. I know it's a lot of steps to get there. <laughs> He's got a plan, <laughs> a, a through Z. Oh, yeah, I got, I got, I got the plan, and I, I actually. I would love to play Among Us VR. That sounds so much fun. Warhammer Space Marine 2. All right, guys, hold on a second. Let me get real. <laughs> All right, so like Warhammer, Warhammer is probably the biggest franchise to get uh, games. Like they license that thing out to anyone and everyone. There are literally like a new Warhammer game like every every day. It's insane. Um, Space Marine is without a doubt the best Warhammer game that's ever come out. It is a Gears of War clone. Um, that also uses like bloodborne, bloodborne tactics where like you have to kill enemies to regain your health so you constantly are in battle um it's just a really great narratively fun like like a straight uh, third person shooter um it's just it's a, it's great at what it does and it's got a great simple fun story and like great for warhammer fr uh f friends like a new and old you can jump in you'll learn so much stuff um the sequel looks to be doing like the exact same type of gameplay just way more hardcore it's way more bloody way more aliens um it's 10 years later i never thought i'd get it uh it's truly like this is the this is the franchise like this should be on like iteration like like Space Marine nine because like mm. but they were too dumb to actually make a sequel to the best game they ever made but they're finally doing it um beyond excited honestly more than anything else at the game wars like this is the biggest surprise for me because like they did it it's back very cool yeah uh thirsty suitors yeah this is Scott Pilgrim but for a bisexual lady yeah uh it looks like it's like um it's like an action like a dating simulator type of thing um. 
where you do like fights. Yeah, yeah. Like you fight your exes, disappoint your parents. Yeah, the there's, there's a mom character who's like super buff, and she's like like finger spinning weights. Mm. Um, uh, it is just like a really good style. And it's all like it's like 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 uh, uh like uh like Indian culture behind it, and like the creative team and stuff. So it's like, it looks like that's just a cool indie game. I'm into yeah, it. I'm I'm hoping the gameplay is solid, but it, it, the uh, premise appeals to me greatly. The premise definitely appeals. Yeah, yeah. Have a nice death. We've talked about this before. This is I love I love the animation and I yeah. love the gameplay style. This looks this looks like a great time. This is a side scrolling one, right? Like a Metroidvania. Yeah. 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 Um, Somerville. Somerville. Yes. God. This uh, is... We saw we saw just like really early preview stuff. We don't really get an idea of how the game was going to play. Now we have a little bit more of a concept, and I'm I'm all about the look of this game. I want I this I if this game comes out soon enough, like I want us to play this for Basement Arcade because it looks Which like one this? Is this? Uh, this is the side scrolling one. Alien with, like, Invasion one. Alien Invasion. Um the, the dad's like like in the river. Um oh yeah 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 okay. Uh yeah I am I am super into this art style. Um a lot of these the types ships of the ships like streaking through the sky. Mm-hmm uh, there's like an alien dog coming to attack the dad, and then like some alien dude tackles the dog. Like, whose side are you on, man? Um, very, very a lot of good indie stuff, man. Super into it. Planet of Lana. This reminded me a lot of Journey. Yeah, yeah. Planet Planet of Lana had a really great uh, concept trailer it at E3, and this was another like just a film of like what's going on in the world. But man, I love this look. I want to play it. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a lady with like a robot dog that you ride on, and then other robots are out to get you. What a good hook at the end of the at the end of the trailer. Like this, uh, just the storytelling in this trailer is incredible because you immediately feel for this character that hasn't spoken a word and is just running in a straight line away from things. And at the end of it, when she's unconscious and this little dog thing goes up, you feel bad. Like you kind of want to you want to kind of root for this this character that you don't even know who this is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really good, good storytelling. Good trailer, baby. Um, Steel Rising. This you like is Victorian robots. I love Victorian assassin robots a hundred percent. This looks so much like Dishonored. Um, there's not many games that adopt like there's like you know like steampunk and like cyberpunk, but like this very specific like Victorian gothic cyberpunk look. Uh, very into it. Like no gameplay. Um, but like you're playing like an assassin robot lady. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it's mm. about? I love the look. Yeah, me too. Reminded me of Doctor Who, weirdly enough. Sure. Yeah. I get that. yeah. The the uh fireplace episode, right? With the yep. like the, the girl yeah. in the fireplace. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Memories. With the the horse. Um yeah. these anim that the weird animal and stuff creatures where like you can see gaps in them and stuff looks real cool. Yeah. Uh Metal Hellsinger, Gods of Metal. Okay, so like I'm not putting This, this is game a bad game. I am not putting this video game down. I'm not. But I will say, like, watching the gameplay for the extended gameplay trailer that they had for this, I'm like, this is like the video game you see in movies and TV shows where they can't <laughs> afford a video game, and yeah, they, like, yeah. make a video game to show someone playing. Like, this is what those games look like. That's, I, I'm like, I get that's that, fine. Yeah. That's fine, because, yeah. like, what this game is, like, it doesn't need to be more. It does just feel like, uh, hey, did you like Doom Eternal? Would you like to do that, but to the beat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has like a crypt of the Necrodancer where you have to like move to the beat. Um, it is, it, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I'm gonna give it a little more credit because it is, like, again, an indie game made by a couple people. So, oh, like, for sure. so, like, it is, it is doing something of uh, one specific thing. Uh, and I think it's like, it's not for me, but like, you have to shoot to the beat of heavy metal music. And I think that's a, that's a pretty cool idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Evil West is the final trailer. 
Woo! Uh, I want to play God of War, but as a cowboy. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah dude, like, West Western demon shit. Like, uh, super about it. Yeah, definitely reminded me of God of War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was really, this was really cool. Uh, I love, I love this, the, the, the appearance of this. I think this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, is it, um, is it like a, like a straight narrative thing, like an Uncharted or like an open world type thing? I'm curious to see, like, what, what type of game yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, like, are you collecting different abilities? Like, I'm very, very excited for this one. I want to know more. I want to know a lot more. Not enough Westerns. Right. I'm not going to do it. Never mind. Okay. That's, what? I was going to do Ben's unpause of the play the outro. Oh. <laughs> you should have just done it. Too late now. I know. But I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, so much to talk about. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> all right. That's all the video game stuff. So. Um, now we're going to go into like the other trailers mm-hmm. and we'll start with two video game stuff. Well, look yeah. at that. We didn't leave uh, it all. Halo. First look at Halo. It's a teaser, baby, but it's a tease that left yeah, me it is a teaser, but wet. I, you guys remember the, the trailer or not the trailer, the commercials for, um, Halo three ODST when they did live action trailers uh-huh. yeah, directed by Neil Blomkamp. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this reminded me a lot of that in a good way there was there were a lot of people going like oh the suit's accurate i was like they make that suit for tv spots the hell that suit was never going to be accurate what are you talking about that's the easiest thing to do that suit so you see that suit like you put some time and effort into it that suit looks great no i'm 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 telling you like like three for three and bungie before them have just had that suit for live action shoots They've mm-hmm. always had it. So like thinking that thinking that that was a worry was so shocking to me. I was like, wow, okay, sure. Why they also had it in uh the what, what was that in series called? Forward Unto Dawn. It's in it's in That's a like trailer. It's in a promo for Halo Infinite. Like um yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, uh what got me about it when I was watching it with Ryan was the scope and scale of the shots. I yeah. like I'm like this looks this looks pretty tasty. This, this looks, looks expensive. As hell. There yeah. are there is money behind this show. There's a shot of um, I think it's called High Charity, which is like the the Covenant uh, uh mothership that you you fight on in Halo Two, um like the big like spaceship the the Covenant uh, uh and I'm like man that looks real good damn come on um yeah. like obviously it's a teaser it's just like a lot of like character focusing stuff but like they they got the look like they got the look that's down. It's a Halo sure. show coming guys. It's yeah. like. It's real. Again, I again I wish I wish it wasn't on Paramount, but like I get it. Um I'm sh- I I'm f- I can't, I'm so excited. Like hey, you know, it's here. It's here. You know what? Now that I've seen like how expensive it is and I'm like Paramount Plus has more money than Netflix at this point. I'm convinced because their shows look fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Star Trek Discovery is one of the best looking shows on TV. I believe um, it. So like I when I go into Paramount Plus I'm like, "Well, yeah, Paramount Plus just throwing money at sci-fi at sci-fi shows." I uh, hope uh, I I got to imagine Halo is going to attract a bunch of people. Yeah, I have to imagine. Also, I'm hoping it just, it just makes me smile every time I hear the. It's not going to well, be. Gonna, if you actor. have an Xbox, Dan, you can hear that every single day, like I do. It's not going to. They've recast Master Chief, right? I don't feel like it. If they I, if they did, well, he doesn't talk like, in the show, Ben. Not right. in, in the trailer. In the trailer, we saw. You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't. I, I don't know if they did. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think it matters because it's just a dude under a suit. Well, no, I mean like the voice of Master Chief. I, I don't just... think they'd recast the voice. I yeah. don't think so. Um, I haven't heard. I do know that they initially recast Cortana before uh, going with the with the actress from the games. 
Um, good choice, honestly. Yeah, um, we get a we get a shot of Halsey. Natasha Henstrich. Oh my god, uh, live action Halsey. Little, uh, he, he, I, I'm pretty sure that little KDC is like little John oh, yeah, before they young, kidnapped yeah, John, him. Uh-huh. <laughs> watching that bit, watching that video, they kidnapped him, and the clones <laughs> painfully died in front of their parents. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I I am super curious how how in depth they're gonna go with how like honestly horrible the Spartan system is um because like yeah they're there to save humanity but they're also like kidnapping children and like killing half of them so also, like I'm, I'm super curious i also wonder what the show's gonna be um because the covenant are involved so that kind of puts the show reach. in a specific place yeah it's no it's not be, reach it's i would have to imagine it's like a re like a restructure of halo one or something where it doesn't maybe it maybe doesn't start on the ship maybe yeah i don't know i'm excited though like we're getting a live action halo show hell yeah there we are <laughs> sonic the hedgehog 2 Thank God. Thank God. Finally, I really like this. Finally, the Sonic movie I wanted from the beginning. When they, when I saw that, like, I was I was surprised. I was like, I'm really into this. Hey, Ben. I hey, Ben. How those, uh, how those uh, Sonic Adventure vibes right at the beginning feel? <laughs> All yeah. the Sonic Adventure vibes! Oh, so... The, so am, the music remix at the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, was, that was Emerald Hill, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Emerald Hill as the as as a, a epic orchestral score was like holy. I've watched this trailer like five times, guys. I can't mm-hmm. lie. Um, Honestly, I, me too. Every- I am one thousand percent convinced that right now that like there are some hints to chaos for a follow up film because there's too many Sonic Adventure references mm-hmm. in this film. You get the Lost Ruins. You get the Master Emerald. We're probably going to be seeing Chaos Emeralds. We're probably going to get Supersonic in this one. There's there's the oh. up on the building with the police cars for the opening of the trailer, which is the opening of Sonic Adventure. There's a 100 percent chance of adventure line. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think I think we're heading in that direction. Where um, we get Ice Cap Zone from Sonic Three. We get um, uh, we pro- we get so of course we get Sonic Two references. Just we get the biplane, the tornado, everything about this trailer. And of course, Jim Carrey's bringing it as Robotnik. He looks awesome with that mustache. Mm-hmm. I the thing about the trailer that makes me so excited is that this is now going to be a movie focused on Sonic Tails and Knuckles. We'll get to Knuckles in a second. But one thing I've noticed in this trailer is that I feel like James Marston. I mean, he's going to be a part of the movie, but it's mostly going to be focused on Sonic and Tails yeah. and their relationship, and it's going to kind of push James Marston to the side. Which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, of course he'll be there, like After helping. All Sonic. he's done for him, how dare he? Well, he's like he's telling Sonic, like, look, you're grow, you're you're still a kid, but you're trying to do all these crazy things. Um, like know, you I see that little good. montage of him with a skateboard, like going over the the um the glassware. Do you think he is Peter Parker. Um, I really, uh, I thought this trailer was exceptional. Um, it's just a well cut trailer. I thought, uh, really liking what Jim Carrey's doing. And the ending, uh, I don't give a shit about Sonic, as I mentioned in the review for the first movie, but like, the ending got me hyped. I was like, oh, Knuckles. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. The, the Aegis effect, baby. Oh, yeah. So funny. Man, enough, sexy Knuckles. No, everyone, no, he just even no, said. No, he's it. not sexy Knuckles. That's yeah, he said he, he, li- he lied to us. That's just his voice. <laughs> the thirst for Knuckles, st- the second that trailer dropped, like my Twitter time, I was like, OMG, Knuckles, Knuckles. The thirst for Knuckles is real in this trailer. And he looks really good. All yeah. the characters look great. And, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, 
getting to that part where he just goes, do I look like I need your power? It's like, oh, that's so rad. Yes, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I also really like this trailer. And I'm just like, man, it's really cool that, like, we're at a point where, like, yeah, man, we can have a cool Sonic movie. All right. Yeah. Yo, man, Venom 2 could be dumb and fun. Sonic 2, we can be dumb and fun. Like, just let's just, yeah. just lead into, if you lead into God. it. Yeah. Great, great comparison. Like, yeah, it, like Venom was terrible, and Sonic the Hedgehog was pretty was better, good, much better, good enough. Yeah, and like, if this can be that comparatively like scale up good, holy shit, we might mm -hmm. be looking at the best video game movie so far. So uh, take that Pikachu. They, they took the different. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, Mag in the chat. He's saying they better get Jaleel White cameo. For those who don't know, Jaleel White was the voice of Sonic, the cartoon voice of Sonic in the early nineties. Um. Maybe okay. So the uh, earlier this week, the news dropped that uh, they didn't re they didn't uh, recast Tails. Uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy. I didn't know that this was news. Everyone yeah. was picking this up like this was news. I'm like, I thought we knew this. I thought yeah. we always knew this because like, she already came back and voiced him at the end of the first one. I think mm -hmm. the contract was just signed, and that was a press release that everyone ran with. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. But I mean, I. I knew that she was like once again. She was the voice of Tails at the very end of the movie. That was like the excuse the pun, the tail end, like the big character. Like, hey, remember sequel bait? And that's her. And that's the voice of Tails. That's the what she's been working <laughs> Tails for. How uh, rude would it be? How rude would it be if she shows up in the post credit scene and then they recast her? Oh, that would be really nice. rude. That's why I was like, I'm sure it's a done deal. Like she's Tails. Yeah. Although so now, funny. although now, and since I have been watching a lot of Ducktales, I definitely like. I could definitely hear Dewey Duck's voice because Ben Schwartz's voice is Dewey Duck, and he's the same. And he voices Sonic. He's like, that, "You're just doing the Dewey voice." But once, but at the same well, time, well, no, no, I'm gonna fight that one because he's not just doing the Dewey voice. It's very important. Huey, yeah. Dewey, and Louie are modulated to sound younger than they are. There's a there's oh, okay. a there's a technical component to their voice acting uh, that Sonic does not have. Okay. So, so you know, eat that. Yum well, yum yum. yum. I think Ben Schwartz. Th what's his name? Ben Schwartz. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ben yeah. Schwartz. I think he's an exceptional voice actor. He is. He really is. I'm. Hey, I'm happy. I like him as. I liked him as Sonic in the first movie, and I can't wait for more in this one, especially when they're on mm -hmm. the the tornado. And he goes. Step one, mildly taunting. Step two, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm happy to be pumped. Yeah, I'm excited. I can. I'm go happy on to see Robotnik, Robotnik be Robotnik. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think. Also, you get the Buzz Bombers, the the wasp, the wasp badniks from the. Sorry, I'll stop. I can go on and on about this trailer and the game, so I'll I'll, I'll wait. Bro, I love All it. Right. No, I love it. Dragons: The Nine Realms, a sequel TV series done by DreamWorks Animation to How to Train Your Dragon Three. Man, this animation looks like shit. Mm. Y'all, I was like, this Thank cannot. God. I this cannot be the same franchise. I have seen. I, I have seen dragons shows that are about the How to Train Your Dragon characters that look better animation than this. Mm -hmm. oh, this is sad, guys. This is like they don't give a shit. This is it looks a, like they don't give a shit. It, I, I it hurt watching this trailer. I'm like, how did that, the how have we fallen? Those did you guys know that Spy Racers is ending this year with its sixth season? I didn't know That's it had fair. more than two seasons. Right? Neither did I. <laughs> what? The Fast and Furious show that DreamWorks puts out on Netflix, Spy Tito, Racers. Tito. Tito Toretto. Yeah, Tito Toretto. Really? I don't think that's his real name. Um, man, yeah, six seasons. Like, I think it's cool that like it's modern day and whatever, but like, just it looks like concept they, like... wise, concept wise, I'm actually into it. Although it makes me question, I talked to Sparks about this. It makes both of us question 
why seal the dragons off at the end of the third film anyway? Yeah, it makes me it makes me dislike an ending of a movie I already dislike even more. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of don't care about the show. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon three kind of landed like a little bit of a wet noodle by the end for me. Mm-hmm. So anything else in the world is pretty diminished returns for me at this point. Word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and, uh, and to have the animation look this bad is like. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to kind of give it a give it like a first episode. I've been I've been surprised and impressed with DreamWorks animation writing. Um, as you know, I love I love Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Um, the Troll Hunter shows talk about a lot. Like the writing could be there, uh, but I didn't love what I saw in this trailer. Yeah, uh, I, I think even Very if the much. writing was there, I don't know that I could. Stand I don't think the writing could it. be there enough to justify me wanting to look at that animation for that that extended amount of time like i just think it looks pathetically terrible yeah star wars the book of boba fett i want to watch the show i don't have a lot else to say about yeah i don't hey guess what he's still he's he's doing java stuff all right i want to see it let me see it i'm ready when is it december december 29th the week after hawkeye ends beautiful we just dive in uh, yeah, I'm still super excited about it. Love Tamar Morrison with Boba Fett. Word. Cool. The Silent Sea had a new trailer. So I didn't realize, because I'm still the only person who's watched Squid Game, like half the cast of Squid Game is in this movie. So that, <laughs> that threw me off because like the guy from Squid Game starts talking to a biologist who's from Squid Game. And then there's a lady and she's from Squid Game. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm super I'm super into this trailer, though. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. Um, good. Like I, I keep forgetting that's a show. It's not a movie. It's a show. Um, which it's like tension is just gonna last for so long. Like something crazy happened on the moon, y'all. What happened? Is it zombies? I don't know. It's a Cloverfield movie. It's a Cloverfield. It's a South Korean Cloverfield. Oh. Yeah, it's slices out Cloverfield all around the world. Mm. We zoom out of the world actually, and it's just a giant clover. Well, no, actually, that's not a terrible idea. Like, if you wanted to like license out the Cloverfield franchise and let people actually just do anthology Cloverfield movies around the yeah. world, hell yeah, I'd be into it. Um, Operation Fortune, Guy Ritchie's new movie. You know, what a cast. you know, I um, I'm actually very into this trailer, more than I thought I was going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. after watching the transporter, I'm like, you know, I could use another state. I'm in, I'm in the mood for some states. I um, really liked the gentleman, and mm-hmm. this is giving me major gentleman vibes. So I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. I uh, Guy Ritchie, not Guy Ritchie. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, bad, the bad guy in the movie. Uh, Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Thank you. He looks hella slimy. Like I really want to watch him be that guy. Uh, just looks like a like a good time. I can't. Say Hugh Grant. Great. Hugh Grant is entering is in this really fun phase of his career where he's just doing weird accents and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. Every time he shows up on on and especially like a Guy Ritchie movie, he's just doing something fun. I love it. Yeah, I'm uh I'm definitely interested in watching this cast jason statham looks like he's actually having fun for once yeah. uh josh hartnett and i Aubrey love him Plaza, it's pretty cool to see carrie ellis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i'm excited for this yeah he's he's a he's a mercenary guy doing mercenary work you know look one of those looks fun mcgruber this is i don't know but i think this might be just for me but um no it's for me too good i i mean i've also seen mcgruber i but, effing yeah. love mcgruber they're the some of the best snl skits it's probably i think maybe my favorite snl movie um it's just it's macgyver but if he's a effing stupid idiot um and the show is just like it's gonna be all of that 
and it's like yo you ready for some r&r rest and relaxation nah some ramming and ribbing like <laughs> give me a break there's a there's a scene in the first in the movie where he has sex with a ghost all right like yeah there's I, a there was a game. five there was a five minute like interview clip of of mcgruber talking to like a uh, uh interview guy uh-huh. uh reporter and um it's very funny if you want to check that out on youtube it's like five I minutes i absolutely will i i love will forte i think McGruber i love is, him so much it's such a insane character that somehow has lived on past the decade that he should um i i watched this with friend of the podcast forest and uh he has never seen mcgruber and he's like what <laughs> what is this and i'm like we gotta watch that movie oh my god <laughs> I'm, I'm so i'm so happy i'm so happy for more mcgruber i love yeah. that Lawrence fishburne's in this yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah um and then finally the matrix resurrections i don't want to talk about this too long because if i start talking about it, i'm gonna be talking about it for half an hour because i can't tell you how excited i am for the matrix you guys there's one scene in this trailer that made me lose my mind and it's it's only it's trailer magic but when um Jonathan Goff, or whatever that guy, his name is, he's going, Mr. Anderson! And it cuts, and it cuts to, him, to him and Smith. I had an audible orgasm in my brain, guys. I swear to God. <laughs> like, I thought the first Matrix trailer was my favorite trailer of the year, and this trailer surpassed it. Like, the magic of trailers, like, it's so... What music and, and nostalgia and 20 years of movies do. Uh, like, I'm so excited for this movie. I can't... You guys go now. I'm stoked for this movie. There's not really much else I can say. I think that the, this film looks insane. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's sequences that look like they're outside of the Matrix. There's sequences inside the Matrix with like Neo doing like force pushes on everything. It's so cool. Mm, I'm so glad to see Jada Pinkett Smith back. Bro, she looks like she's a hundred years old. Yeah. yeah what is it. going on with that? Oh my god. They've they've been in the Matrix for a while. I, I'm so excited. Um. Uh, and we're. We're, like- we're moving on to being all about Trinity, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I kind of like the clips where they you see clips from the first film play on in the background, like they're they're from an old movie screen, and you see like old Neo and like like you were saying, Ryan, like the the Mr. Anderson bit. I was like, for a second, I was like, wait, is Hugo Weaving back in the movie? And I was like, wait, no, that's from the first one. Then it's like the new guy is like, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, like the beginning of the trailer, he's like, you know, living their lives oblivious, and it keeps cutting back and forth, like. Not to go into it too much, this movie is is it is it is a take on the Matrix movie itself, right? That is part of the plot is the Matrix movie itself. Um, and the fact that like that is the premise of the movie, it blows my mind that it's like we're actually getting it. Like and that clip they showed at the at the thing, I'm glad you didn't watch it, Brandon, because it just confirms what my what I know the movie's about now. And it's like this movie is either gonna rock or it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible. Well, it's, also, it's gonna be so terrible. Also, the 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 thing that it is like anything in this. Tra- I, I don't trust anything in this trailer. It's why I try to go go in blind. I haven't seen any of the TV spots. I don't want to watch any of the clips mm-hmm. because the like Lana Wachowski is I I believe perfectly willing to lie to us about what this movie is. Sure. Um, because she is in charge of the marketing of it. So like I'm I'm like you know like the matrix itself not er, nothing is what it seems i'm like mm-hmm. all right nothing is what it seems let's go in for the ride man i'm excited as hell this movie looks great uh keanu reeves is excited as hell i'm excited for him let's do it i man uh yeah i it's funny because like a year ago i would i i was not this excited and then it just like a, a couple minutes of footage to show like oh yeah movies can look like movies again like i'm really excited also i'm really excited to see because i've been watching a lot of like early 2000s blockbusters and like um, there is definitely an element of like love that we don't we don't really 
based blockbusters on just love stories anymore. Um, and to have this movie be about the love, or supposedly as far as the trailer goes, the trailer is telling us it's about the love that that Neo and Trinity have for each other. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do that. Yeah, um, especially like with the stuff that 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 they've made in the past, like Sense Eight and stuff. Like e- the emotional journey is is like the crux of the thing, and then the cool sci-fi stuff is all around it. Um, yeah, and I'm just yeah, I like it's cool refreshing, that, refreshing that like we can get we're gonna get a big heady thinky blockbuster again. Um, and I'm just like over the moon excited. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Shall we get into our main topic then? It's time. All right, we're here. It's time to talk about the amazing Spider-Man duology. Mark Webb, oh Andrew Garfield, gosh. Emma Stone. Uh, all right. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for this conversation. Where are we at? Well, let's go. It's let's time. Go. It's time. Let's start with the amazing Spider-Man. As always, we start beginning. All right, what do we think about this one, Ben? I still like it. I think it's it's a fun it's a fun Spider-Man movie. I noticed a lot of I've noticed a lot of like teenage angst in this in this movie. Like uh, definitely a lot of teenage angst because I it's definitely after watching the the um, Raimi slash McGuire films, the angst the teenage angst and awkwardness in this movie is just like dialed up to eleven. Being far enough away from it now, you really feel the Twilight and Dark Knight era influence on this movie. Oh, yeah. you, you you definitely do, but um, there's still there's a lot of really good Spider-Man moments in this, and I also like going to the end of the movie. I know once we get there, we get there, but I like Spider-Man saved a guy's kid, and they're like and in the city of New York, people of the city band together to help Spider-Man out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, all in all, I still had a fun time with this movie. Don't really have anything. We mess with all of us. Sparks. Uh, this film was darker, and I do mean like literally, physically, visually darker than I remember it being. Uh, like just so much dark shadow filming black, and I was like, hmm, that was a choice. Uh, and and being further removed, I that choice works less and less for me. Uh, it's it's all right it's got good things it's it's also got some messy shit that just doesn't hold up right it's my least favorite spider-man movie interesting yeah it's my third favorite i'm i'm extremely happy for you uh i really like this movie i think it's tight as hell uh it moves at a clip i really enjoy andrew garfield as peter parker um there's my highlight for both of these movies i want to get like a blanket like for me the CGI uh, and the web swinging in both of these movies are why I have a hard time with Tom Hall and Spider-Man. <laughs> I think sure. they're both incredible in both of these movies, the CGI and the web swinging choreography. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It, um, yeah. They're, they're my def- favorite interpretations of the web swinging stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about definitely about the, the Garfield films, I want to say over the McGuire ones is that, you really get the like the, the, the spiders. This is just, I don't know how to really put this in the words right, but like, Brandon, when he said when he's swinging through New York City, 
it looks really good. Like you get like his arms and his like legs doing the the, the spider thing that you see in the comics. His well, legs I was mostly I was mostly talking about. There's a lot of moments where you see he like he like does the swing and like they always remember to do like the red light in the in the first film. Um, mm-hmm. he like does the does the web and then you see him like climb up it a little bit so he doesn't like so he makes the right turn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff where he's like constantly working on like okay I need to turn here sharp so I do that and like I thought I thought all of that was like really well thought out and really mm-hmm. and looks really cool. The web swinging, yeah. I will just definitely say, the web swinging in this movie is really good. Yeah, like uh, because yeah. like when you, when you have the first the Raimi movies, like nobody's done web swinging before, so how do you do it? And then you have your base, and you're like, okay, how do we improve on that? And uh, I would agree that like the the Amazing Spider-Man movies have the best uh, uh, web swinging stuff, like the little uh, of like the cartridge. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a great little touch that like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is definitely missing i think in the, in the new movies for sure yeah yeah and i th- think like the cgi on the suit like they 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 don't make the suit so form-fitting that you don't see like wrinkles in it and it makes the suit which isn't all cgi uh but and oftentimes when it is cgi you you see like the folds in it and it doesn't and if you see like wrinkle when he moves his arm so it it's gives definitely... the impression that it's it's a real physical thing yeah it's definitely much more apparent in the second movie it is definitely looser in yeah. the second one i cannot tell you how much I hate the suit in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's again, the movie itself is dark, but the suit is dark. The glasses, like the weird Oakleys are like, uh, uh, like having a different spider suit's fine, but like he has like evil, evil, like Vegeta eyes as, as his eyes. And I'm just like, he looks like an evil superior Spider-Man to me. Um, I will. I'm, I'm just trying to think of things I want to say before I get negative. Um, yeah, I will definitely say I like the suit in the second movie a lot more than the first one. Because the first oh, 100%. one, like, I, 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 when I was first watching this, this, when I was watching the first movie, I was like, you know, I kind of enjoyed this because I watched these movies back to back, and oh. I was like, you know, I kind of at first I'm like, yeah, I remember enjoying the suit. Then the more I look, I was like, you know, it doesn't still really feel like. I, mean, it's I, I, I will so. admit, I will admit to really enjoying the design of the suit, but I'll concede that yes, the decision to make it dark on black is was not a good one. Yeah. Like I like how they try to change the color schemes, especially with like the hands. It's not like the full like the red and the blue, but they kind of, it's a mix a mixture a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then you see the spider logo. It's kind of hard to see the spider logo, and I just love a big bold spider logo. Like like um, the thing that this movie is so dark, y'all. Like the like the the the, the main like trailer shot of the movie where Spider Man's like in front of the moon, going Shh. you can't see him. He's he's just a blob in front of the moon. Like wow, this is the best shot. Like there is not. A single I shot. Saw, I saw him. Like I see him clear as day in that scene. Clear as day. In the in the moon sequence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I have bad vision. Um, I found just the cinematography in this first one, especially compared to the second one. Just like the choice to shoot all of it at night is is just like. I get they wanted to do like the spider thing, I guess, but like I just found all the action scenes to be kind of like messy and dark, and like it's just not like. I the best, know, like the best action scene is in is the is in, in the school on the light when it's in the it. daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You do yeah, get. Uh, I do have to admit, one of my favorite Stanley cameos is the one for him in the library where oh, he's right. sure. fighting in the background. I think it is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I also really like that sequence. Um, I'll I'll agree with like the the fight sequences at night aren't the well aren't 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 well done very well, but I do think that there's a lot of moments with like Gwen and Peter. Um that are darkly lit and they're and they're together i think those are really dynamic and well shot um i really enjoy the chemistry that gwen stacy and peter parker have in this movie um they uh really work for me on on a level that like elevates this movie for me 
I I agree. I would say that about both. Uh, I think Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield's chemistry carries the film for the mm-hmm. first one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even for the second one, but uh, a little less so, I'd say. But for the first one, for sure. Um, I disagree yeah, I, about about it about the pacing and the moving at a clip because it takes us almost an hour before Ben dies in this movie. Um, I think the first half of the movie is is structured very weird. And they didn't want to do the same thing as the first Spider-Man movie, and I get that. But, like, having all this set up, and then halfway in the movie, that's when Ben dies. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's I think it's in the wrong place for the movie. I really do. I don't think I think you you don't spend enough time with Ben first of all. So when he dies, it matters. Second, I think the death of Ben is incredibly poorly done. It's executed really poorly. Um, I think I I I like Sally Field a lot in this movie. I, I think for the amount of time it took for them to get to that moment, they should have been in the movie more. I think. Sparks, do we we did you have anything more to add? Um, I, I kind of agree. I feel like Sal- Sally Fields, unfortunately, is like trying very hard with material that's not doing a lot for her. Um, the, the script is not strong uh, for her or for certain characters. I think Martin Sheen gets more uh, more and better material. He's got good um, banter. Yeah, he's got he's got real good like t- chewing, taking the sh- piss out of Peter uh, with things like he's got you on his computer. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of good. There's a good foundational relationship thing there. Um, I just I I kind of lean towards that. I I think that the execution of Ben needed to be better. But even more than that, uh, the execution of the execution of Ben. I, I was like, he definitely um, got executed. No, no. Uh, but the the um. The thing for me is that I don't think that the core point of the movie is executed well now that I'm I'm this many years out from it and watched it again of Peter hunting down uh, <laughs> the criminals and looking for the guy that shot Uncle Ben. And then like one night the lizard attacks people and he has to save a kid and then he goes, oh, I need to be better. I guess I'll stop looking for that guy now. And I'll never yeah. ever bring it up again. Yep. The end of my vendetta. I no longer wish to kill. Yay. Um, I don't think that's done the best. Um, and part of it that bothers me is that it all happens around the same night of him going and seeing Gwen's dad. And what irks me is that there's this part where Captain Stacy talks about um, if I wanted the the low level like. Uh, criminal off the off street, street mm-hmm. than he would be and I'm like okay so there's a lot of things here either Gwen didn't tell her dad what happened to Peter's uncle or she did and he doesn't care or like it, it, and then Peter doesn't even bring it up in reference of like wait so like my uncle got shot by a carjacker so you're saying you wanted that carjacker on the street to shoot my uncle like it is so right there that this should be part of the conversation and it never comes up it's and it's, it's not part of him going through that evolutional moment at all and it's so it baffles like, me like the, the whole script forgets that that's what peter's going through right now that that's what we've been watching peter go through for a half hour at that point in the movie because they just want to have the discussion where Peter's like, I think Spider-Man's doing something pretty cool. And he's like, oh, yeah, you think Spider-Man? Like, Again, it's the Dark Knight scene of like, oh, I think Batman's doing a good like, th- th- That scene bothers me so much because that is the exact moment that Peter should express like, hey, my uncle was shot and you didn't, guys didn't do anything about it, right? That's the moment. But instead, 
freaking Dennis literally has me agreeing with a cop, which is something I never want to do. But Dennis is like, wow, you actually ruined my six-month operations thing because you want to try to be a hero. Good job, Spider-Man. And, like, he's right. Not even be a hero. Not even be a hero. You're just going out and looking for, like, one particular dude. Yes. And, like, that's the only way that that even circles into the conversation. But, again, like, it's super weird because, like, why wouldn't Gwen have told her dad what Peter yeah. had recently gone through? Why wouldn't Peter bring it up to throw it back in the captain's that face? That would have like, been some is, good drama. Why are these things not happening? Yeah. You go now. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> if you I'm not here to shit on it like you're allowed to like it i just this, this i want to know this why this, this was new for me because i watched that movie and i'm like it is there is a really good idea i think in wanting to do a story that's about peter like really being angry and like being a young angsty teen who has this power now what will he do with that power well he's gonna go and find and potentially murder but at he's least got a little bit of anakin of... skywalker in him that's fine right but, but but potentially at least beat the shit out of the man that yeah. killed his uncle um i just want the story to not to actually fully engage with that as a thematic arc and follow through on it rather than be like yeah we're gonna play with that for like 30 minutes and then we're gonna go whoop and never catch it because it'll never come back um and that's and that's like there was a better way to tell this like really angsty teen like coming into his own as being Spider-Man through that story. And I think something that could have been more personal and kind of like kept the lizard on the sideline for a lot more of the film. Um, but, but been a more personal story about Peter Parker overcoming that and recognizing what it means for him to not only be a hero, but live in a way that his uncle would want him to. Uh, and the movie just doesn't get there. Uh, and I think that's a shame. I think it's trying to be a lot of a lot of things at once, and I really wish, which is strangely why I like the second one more now. Like, it it's at least got a tone and a focus it's going for, you know. Um, like, well, I think I, I the, the the first film is very tonally consistent. I think it, it's it, it knows exactly what it's trying to do, and I think for the most yeah. part it does it well. I don't agree that the script is bad. I like the script. I think the script is is well structured, and like I said, I think the pacing is great. Um, this movie moves for me. It it, it the uh. Do you ben like Parker. the parents? Do you like the parent stuff? Yeah, in this movie, I do. It's not done enough. It's done kind of in a way of like it's Batman Begins in this. You know, it's I like Batman Begins a lot, but like you see, like you get just enough to where it's like there's hints of it, but it's not the main focus of Peter's journey. Is what happened to his parents? He just kind of has this desire for a connection yeah, yeah, with yeah. his parents, and so, I I think that works in this movie because it's not dwelled on a lot it's just kind no, of that's, exists that's fair. so my problem with that is it doesn't dwell on it enough for you to really care so you're but are you supposed to care about aunt may and uncle ben who their time is being taken away because you have to focus on the parent stuff so there are two sets of parents that are not being focused on so like it's hard for me to care about either of them because neither of them are getting the full attention that i think that they deserve you know what i mean well, i think aunt may and uncle ben do get the full attention they deserve yeah i guess i don't think uh, richard and, and mary parker's time is is con is consequential to may and ben i, I that's that's fair that's fair i just i think this movie wants to do a little too many things and set up a little too much stuff um that i wish it just would have been a focus again no, like as I, real quick i want to i want to add like as an idea i don't like the richard and may parker stuff at all sure mm -hmm. Uh, I, I kind of agree with Ryan only in the sense that like, I don't think there's a problem with wanting, like, I think that you prime Peter to be this angsty person. Uh, and when he gets his powers to behave this way really well by having him established as a person who's like missing his parents, like Peter Parker in the Tobey Maguire movies is okay. He's accepted that his parents are, have 
died long ago. They're not in the he's picture. Got his, he's got his uncle and his aunt. And this is a Peter who's like very deeply upset. He feels abandoned by his parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's fine. And mm -hmm. that can like build into this arc of this Peter who loses his uncle, feels like he needs to do something about it because he has this power and all that kind of stuff. And there's like, there's, there's good ideas there. It's just that the movie loses interest in chasing them and just decides uh peter saved a kid one time now he's a superhero don't worry about it all right classic spider-man here we go oh, but, I, um, but I, I like that scene on the bridge that the realization like that, that he has the realization that he has that he needs to be doing better for the city i like that scene i don't think it does enough to justify an hour and 10 minutes or so of build up at that point of a particular version of Peter Parker. And it says this one moment has made him a completely different character who now no longer gives a shit about finding the man who shot his uncle. I don't think that's good. I don't think that the script pays off on it. I think the front end of the movie and the back end of the movie are not working with each other. I, I, I think um, that's fine. You are entitled to that opinion. I think the lizard, I wish the lizard was worse because I find him just to be so so insanely generic. And like, well, we want to do the Green Goblet again, but have literally no fun with it. Um, and then we're going to add an ADR backtrack of him in the sewer, because we need the heck, the Jekyll and Hyde thing, or else the movie wouldn't work, I guess. Um, mm. I think the lizard sucks. I really do. I think he's boring. I The dynamic between, him, between the uh, uh, Dr. Kirk Connors and Peter is fine. I don't think it's there enough. And then any type of depth that the doctor has is literally gone because he just wants to turn people into lizards um and again yeah. i did i did just watch the three spider-man movies so you know it's hard like i'm not judging them but like you can have a competent and like convincing villain and he doesn't just have to become stupid at the end He's, he just becomes a dumb lizard man and like i guess that's fine if you want to just do his, like his motivations are just not well incorporated into the movie Again, like if you just, want to do the thing where, like, I, I could save humanity, I will, I, like, if you want to really dive into that, sure. But, like, it just, it's like Sauron, I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Like, it's, it's like, man, you were, like, the most brilliant man of our time. And then we I got a giant blue thing in the sky, baby. I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Well, I, okay. Look, no, he wants to turn people into the lizard because he wants to make the human race stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He That's, thinks he's doing the human race a good thing by turning them all into lizard people. I wish I had a a. <laughs> I guess I just need a better a better w than one line of him going. I want to make the genetic genetic race superior. It is it it is a comic book plot that it, it's a comic book plot, which is fine. But like I'll I am used it, to having a little more depth behind my ideas. I'll I'll put it I'll put it in a way where like. I, I, I do think like it's it's unfortunate because like we're so close to the Raimi films when we just watch them, but like Willem Dafoe's like psych psychopathic episode of changing into the green goblin is very well incorporated into the storytelling like i see where there's a divide and where he's become consumed by this persona of this person and with connor's and the lizard it, it, him behaving in the manner he does like that this idea that he has lost his mind and his sensibilities to this is kind of just very quickly rushed through there isn't because, a doc off because moment. we just have to we just have to move forward and uh we need to get to him being dangerous and bad rather than like actually explore like he has lost his humanity in the process of this uh in oh. in a direct way i got a positive i like i like dennis leary showing up at the end i yeah. like dennis leary in this movie in yeah. general yeah he's a, he's, a um, he's a good foil to spider-man who 
not sure what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I like the scene where the lizard saves Peter with the hand that's about to crumble. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good thing. I, think that's, really good I think that's I yeah. think that's part of my whole thing is that like that implies this sense of humanity that that was existing in him, that like we're not given the window into it very well Absolutely. up to that yeah. moment. Um, yeah, I love what I I think they did a great job with the practical effects of his uh, husk arm when he gets his new arm. Oh yeah, yeah the cast. Good. A lot of good, um, a lot yeah. of good fake casts in this in this two two movies. Uh, I really like the lizard CGI. Um, especially again in the school specifically yeah. like the way you can see folds in the reptile skin it looks real good I honestly don't think it'll look that good in No Way Home which is a shame because it looks really really good yeah 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 that, yeah. Yeah, that Marvel seems also, different also I don't think I don't think uh, Reese Ifans is in the movie I don't think so either uh, I think I, he's just I think it's just a lizard. a lizard yeah mm-hmm. if anything it's voice work uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah he definitely probably. seems like the least of the Sinister Five that we. Or it's Ross Marquand. <laughs> Ross, come in for a minute. He's so fucked. Do right. a British accent. <laughs> He's uh, doing Thomas Hayden Church too. Ross Ross Marquand on retainer to voice anyone who doesn't want to step in and play ball. <laughs> He's the live action. Um, God, what the KTUSO? What's the that voice? Oh, name? Alan Tudyk. He's the live action Alan Tudyk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, no, I just I, I think that there's a better idea of like an emotional through line for Peter that I don't think the movie quite commits enough to to focus on. I think too much uh, real estate is given over to the hunt for Uncle Ben's killer for us not to get a more clear yes that's... Uh, Peter coming to to his recognition of uh, not wanting to be a murderer or yeah. that kind of thing, and like. They, they do imply, like, at that point that he will kill him. Uh, and I'm like, you know, he could still catch him. Like, he could still find him and catch him. We don't have to... He doesn't have to kill him anymore. Batman like, does eventually... Be, Batman does can, eventually find Joe Chill. That's what I can, thought. He can, yeah. still, he can still be Spider-Man and catch the guy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of weird that we don't follow up on that at all. We, we, we really do just drop it. I thought um, it was gonna. I thought it was going to show up again in the second movie somehow. Before, like, before I, I saw I, it, like... I remember the first time I saw it, and I thought it was going to be like the last one of the last things in the film is that he yeah. catches him and oh. turns him over. Mag has a good point. Both doctors use a MacGuffin machine. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep, yep. The the, the the Galani or the Jelani or the Gelato or whatever the hell that thing was called. Yeah. The Galani. Um, <laughs> we have this MacGuffin machine, and we're just going to keep it back here just in case. Just in case you never know. Yeah. Why. I also. Uh, Grayson's in the chat too. This is going back a while. He was saying, "I feel like the Uncle Ben death in the first movie is is thrown in because it's so important to the comics, but there's no major reason in the series." And while he was writing that, Sparks was, of course, talking about that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, haha, Grayson, very funny, saying that I died and now I'm Zombie Ben. Oh no! Oh, actually, he says Zombo Ben. So still, haha, very funny. Very oh, all right, um, I want to say something I like about the movie again. Yeah. Um, I really like the scene with Flash uh, after Uncle Ben dies. Me too. Yes. That's, in my, that's in my I, positive notes. That's a that's a big and important moment. That that is one of my highlight moments from this movie. Is I really like that Flash does that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also want to say that I really like James Horner's soundtrack to this movie. I really like his Spider-Man theme. Um, I really just like all the music in this movie so much. Yeah, James Horner. Really I, I know there. I saw. While I was watching the credits, I know their executive producers are just their name only, but I seen Kevin Feige's name as an executive producer. I was like, hmm, 
That's interesting. Kevin Feige used to be a producer. Well, I think that's I think that might be left over from when this was Spider-Man Four, because Kevin Feige was an executive producer on those Raimi Spider-Man movies. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Um, I, I think that uh, they went more for Outcast uh, than Dork with Peter Parker, which mm-hmm. is where we get skateboarding Peter. And I, I also agree with Ryan. Like the skateboarding just doesn't work. For I'll me. be honest. Like they they fix his character so much in in Spider-Man Two, but for me. And this is me when I when I read Peter Parker in the comics or whatever. Like, this is not it, not even close, not whatsoever. I would not look at hot ass, tall, skinny skateboarder, Thrasher shirt, Andrew Garfield, and go, "That's my Peter Parker." That's just me. But uh, and like the outcast part, yes, like being a loner, they went for that part, <clears throat> which I get. Um, he doesn't ring as as the peter parker that i read my entire life and that's fine this is a different interpretation this is the twilight dark knight version i get that uh garfield seems to be doing something where he made a physical choice with peter to have him be somewhere on the spectrum on some level because of the way like he handles objects how he lays them out how he uh Mm. seems to interact the way he stammers the way he holds himself like Garfield seemed to be going for something specific with that. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not gonna say is a bad choice. It's yeah. a choice. Yeah. I really like how he plays the character. I, that's that's great, but that's awesome. I love it. I definitely saw how Peter was a lot more awkward in this movie or this version of Peter was a lot more awkward. But you're I agree with Ryan because I'm used to like like dork super uber nerdy Peter Parker, which is what McGuire nailed in the very in the first Raimi Spider-Man movie. And this one, I mean, yes, you do see him with like when he's talking with his uncle about trying to fix the washer, how they're basically got yes. the science we stuff. Get, I like, I like the science stuff in this. We movie. get a little bit of that, and I'm also mm-hmm. happy to see that there's more science stuff being explored in the second movie. But in this one, just it felt really odd seeing Peter Parker on a skateboard with Coldplay playing, and he's exploring his power <laughs> while he's skateboarding. It's like that just feels that is I mean, a that's not, a a time capsule of like yo yeah. this is 2012 teenagers baby right here uh yeah yeah i i i do mean that i like andrew garfield's portrayal by the way brandon i'm not i'm not knocking it oh, oh he's Peter. a good actor i just don't like the choice that they made for the character whatsoever yeah. no i like i don't like the skateboarding but i do yeah. like garfield's choices of how to play peter sure. um emma gets stone the clip, hmm? emma stone Oh, go ahead, <laughs> no, go, go, please. I'm saying he gets the quips down. He gets the quips very. He he's very quippy in both movies. And I really like that. Yeah, it's too. it's it's it doesn't work for me. Like I like that he's funny Spider Man, but he is so like not that character whatsoever before he's Spider Man. So like when he just turns it on, it's like oh, I guess you're just being Spider Man now, which is cool. Uh, which is why like in the second one, he's a little more even tone, where he's a little more goofy as Peter Parker instead of woe is me all the time kind of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, you, got, you got notes. Yeah, I'm looking at the notes. Uh, I do like that the connection to his parents through the through the briefcase is what leads him to go to, want to talk to Kirk Connors, mm-hmm. even though he ends up getting to the building and ruining uh, his life. And I guess Gwen has like some really prestigious high school internship to be working at Oscorp, but whatever. Um, and he then immediately forgets why he was there and doesn't talk to Connors. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah. Um. I do like I do like uh, the chemistry between the two actors. Um, I do like it more in the second one. Um, 
but yeah, like they 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 are they are they are strong. It helps that. Fun fact: all three of the two leads of the Spider-Man movies have dated. All three of the leads have dated. Really? So funny. Yep. Uh, all the chemistry. Yeah, I also really like their chemistry together. I really like the scene where he decides to tell her. Um, I think that's really. Yeah, I like it too. I yeah. like it too. Really, mm-hmm. inter- really interesting and romantic. Mm-hmm. I I like it. I like that we just went for it right from the bat. I like the way he does it. I like that scene. It's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and pr- pretty much any scene that's focused on Peter and Gwen, I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is that like sometimes those the the whole thing of him going to Gwen's house comes at a weird point where like he's still supposed to be in his like murderous rampage through the city um and that's that's a little odd and again like it that's why i think that's that dinner scene sits so weird to me that i'm like how does his uncle not come up in this conversation yeah it's like front of the mind entirely for peter so it's really weird and again like i cannot believe that gwen wouldn't tell her dad Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, by the way i'm inviting a boy over his uncle was recently shot by a carjacker like at least two weeks ago uh, not a carjacker in this one it's just, uh, just a thief. he's a convenience store thief yeah and then he drops his gun and ben smartly reaches for it yeah i'm like sorry i'm thinking of the, i'm thinking of the yep. car thief car thief my bad yeah um yeah, it's because it's all in that scene. It's the scene where he catches the car thief and he says, this could have gone a lot worse for you. And I'm like, okay, so like we are implying that he would murder this man. <laughs> He's um, thinking about it. Uh, I, I enjoy the train scene for Peter's powers kicking in. I like that it's all kind of accidental and haphazard the way he like beats people around with the pole and stuff and he doesn't intend to. Like I do yeah. think it's a little weird that we put him in like the, man, like we put him in such a weird position where like, the guys who fight him are fighting him because they think he's sexually harassing a woman. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's kind of weird that we went that way with it. Like, why do we do that? Why couldn't they have just been not great people or even just <laughs> casual people, but they're like people actually trying to defend a girl. <laughs> like, and we're like, no, Peter beat them up. <laughs> um, that's kind of weird. Uh, oh, I really like the idea of the spider dangling from the web after the bite. I mm-hmm. thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like he pulls it off. Uh, and, yeah. The the entire montage of Peter not being aware of his powers, where he breaks the alarm clock and he's breaking the bathroom, and he's just sitting there. He's like, <gasps> uh, <laughs> I think that's all really good. The way his yeah. powers come in. Um, one too many Bing Google searches in here. <laughs> Listen, uh, Sony like, Vio. If I look get up paid. pictures of spiders, I'll have a deeper understanding of what's happening to me. Listen, everyone's got a Sony phone, a Sony computer. That's just that's the universe, baby. It, I really, his, I really like the first person sequences. Yeah, like his like idea of doing. I agree. I, his idea of doing like research is to Google image search spiders, and I'm and I'm like get get out of here. Richard Parker <laughs> spiders connections. Yeah. Um, I do like the part where Peter decides to mess with Flash and humiliate him with basketball. Yeah, I think that's cute. Uh, the needle drops in this movie are not as good as the Raimi ones. I will say the same about the second one. The song choices are not great. Definitely. And I don't think they fit yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, I think the decision not to get uh, not to get Aunt May, the, the, the decision to have uh, Peter not having picked her up be the thing that triggers the conversation 
about being responsible was a pretty good choice. Yeah. Uh, rather than like, you know, the wrestling thing and all that. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good way to handle it of Peter being like absent-minded. Um, it, it, it's a decent change, I think, and set up for it. Um, mm-hmm. The, the falling into the wrestling building and seeing the mask uh, and it being like, I know your face. I seen your face. I'll find you. I'm like, this is a bit on the nose. <laughs> this, this is maybe a little much. I think we needed one of those things, not both of those things. Oh, that reminds me of something that I really like this movie. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did we lose Brandon? We lost him for a hot second. I'm going to guess a thing. Oh, well, you, we lost you. You're back. Lost now, you. now you're back. Please continue. go ahead. Try Interesting. Where, I lo- where did I lose you? Uh, before you started talking i thought of that i liked interesting okay well i really like the him designing the web shooters and seeing that montage of him designing the web shooters in the suit i think that's really cool sure yeah Yeah. i yeah yeah oz oscorp making almost all of it themselves is interesting i think i mean sure it's convenient but it, it i don't really need to need much more than like okay i'm just you know i'm taking a pair to watch i'm putting the canister i think that's all really really cool and clever stuff and what what he does that I what what this Peter Parker does that I like is that he, you can see all of his technologies repurposed from other things. It's why I also like Holland when we first met him in, in Civil War. Mm-hmm. That like the 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 dumpster diver scientist that's that's putting mm-hmm. together all sorts of different things to make something else that's useful for him. I think that's all really uh, and I like the montage there. I think that's all really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I. I do think it's very convenient that the Connors lizard subplot just kind of hits pause to focus on some Spider-Man stuff for a chunk of the movie. And then it's like, whoa, 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 we need to pick that back up. Let's go. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, I also agree, Brandon. I did like the him. I, anything he's doing when he's being science nerd, it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of Ben's voicemail. I like when he he brings it up and he can't listen to it and that's something he listens to at the end of the movie i thought that was really nice mm-hmm. that's a theme of this of these two movies are messages that you miss um i wish i wrote that. down more notes uh <laughs> i do like peter saving the kid i need to be specific about that i do like that moment i like him saving the kid i like him giving the mask to make him be brave mm-hmm. um I do, I do like all of that. I think that's really good, and and that being the moment where he's like, "I'm Spider-Man." I just think that as far as like being a cathartic, thematic conclusion to Peter having spent so much time chasing down the man who shot his uncle, I don't think that it serves the purpose of saying we can close the book on that now. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think I, it's, it, I, I do think it starts the shift in Peter into being Spider-Man, but it doesn't say we're done with that material. And then the movie just decided we were, and I guess that has to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like the scene and I like that. It's another thing that's like showing New York as character uh, and that dad coming back later with the crane stuff, which the crane, the crane shots, like one of my favorite things in the whole film. So. I really like that shot. Uh, the I, whole, I like whole it sequence. too. Yeah. I just want, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure. Always has been. Um, I, I like when he does the I like when he does the web searching through the sewers. I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, this that's movie, really smart. This you know movie is I, how I learned that that uh, New York has a really large lizard population. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Property of Peter Parker. That's the part that I think is real stupid about that scene is that he sets up a camera to take a picture of the lizard and it says big old property of Peter Parker on the back. And I'm like, are you shitting me, man? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's the lamest way for the lizard to have figured out who he is. P-O-P-P. Um, crappy, crappy, crappy. 
Uh, and it's not even a thing where it's like Doc Ock, where it's like, he's got to go find the photographer for Spider-Man. Like, oh, he just knows he's Spider-Man, I guess, then. Automatically. Like, that's, and I, like I guess that makes sense, because how else would you get a camera up there? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, how else would you web a camera up there in the sewer while yeah. Spider-Man's playing around on webs? Unless Spider-Man stole that guy's camera like he steals pizza. That's pizza! <laughs> uh, hey, that guy, Spider-Man stole that guy's pizza! I, I like that Gwen is smart enough that she can be part of the plan and create the antidote. I think yeah. that's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. Um, why does the lizard put a coat back on after the high school just to rip it off in the next scene? Who fan knows? Service. Who fan knows? Service. I noticed that too. I'm like, that's not... All right, whatever. I honestly should have kept <laughs> this coat on the whole time. Absolutely. We see yeah, the it... coat hanging in the, the, in the school, and then he the next time we see the lizard, he has his lab coat. He has the coat back on, yeah. Uh-huh. He has a lot of coats, guys. He He's a scientist. Coat. They only wear lab coats. Um... Uh, I I think that Connor's scene in the sewer where he's like making his p- final plan for what he's going to do probably would have been better without the voiceover. I think the voiceover actually hurts it. I think if it, I was just yep. watching him act through the moment, it would tell me more about him than and the voiceover. The voiceover is scene... just slamming exposition at me in a way that I, does doesn't connect. And that scene originally didn't have that voiceover, so that's a bummer. Uh. I do like the action of Peter fighting the cops uh, in the <laughs> scene when that that happens. I think the action is good. Um, is that where moment... he's like he's like unmasked? Yes, in yeah. the moment Stacy seeing him. I think that's really good action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hate the man with the black hat. The gentleman. I hate him. He comes from Halloween Six, and I hate him. Oh, you know the actor. No, I'm saying there is also a man, a man with a black hat, hat who breaks Michael Myers out of prison at the end of episode six of yeah. movie six. Uh, it's basically the same dude serving the same purpose. Yeah, I don't. I I, I like uh, Connor's uh, Connor's uh, end uh, going to prison and, and all, all that, but the the gentleman shows up. I'm like, mm, I forgot about this guy. Oh man, I was happier when I forgot about this guy. They wanted real a Nick bad. Fury. They wanted a Nick Fury so bad. All right. That was uh, painless. I I think that the darker and edgier tone that they were going for with the film did it less favors over time than they yes. wanted. Honestly, I I upon revisiting this, I feel a lot of the same way I do about Man of Steel. I think there's just choices that they made that were just bad choices for the character that you're trying to represent. Um I won't say it's as egregious. Well, no, for I would for Peter Parker, he, I, I might. Um, but like, there's definitely a trend of like make him make him darker, more make him more grim, and it was a mistake for Spider Man. I think it's a mistake for Spider Man. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to add. I like I said, I still really like this movie. I think it's a, a, a fun one. Um, should we get into the Amazing Spider Man two then? Let's whip it up because I gotta go to All bed. Right. So the Amazing Spider Man two. What do we think about this one, Ben? Funny enough, after rewatching this, I kind of like it a little bit more than I used to. Yes, Ben. Yes, Ben. Sparks. I have always liked this movie more than most. I enjoy it. Ryan? I did not like this movie when I saw it, and now I can confidently say I like this movie now. It's not perfect. It's got lots of bad stuff, but I will always pick a movie that has bigger swings and misses than a movie that's just there. Uh, and I think this movie 
is such a this is such a fun spider-man movie so much fun having spider-man in this movie back it was so great to see spider-man again so one of the things i would definitely put this hold on we gotta hear what brandon has to say sorry sorry no no ben if you want to go ben Emery, you go first. You you do your thoughts first. This is my least. This is my least favorite Spider-Man movie still. And that's fair. That's um, fair. That is. It is most people's. Like I'm not. I yeah. I will say, however, I agree that for 45 minutes, this is a pretty great Spider-Man movie. It's fun. It's breezy. Electro's a pretty cool looking villain. Honestly, I like his CGI. Mm-hmm. And then when Electro is defeated, there is no more Spider-Maning, and that's when I immediately lost interest. I mean that's 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 the, the end of the movie. No, that's the last half of the movie, and I clocked this because Electro is Electro is out forty five minutes into the movie, and then the rest of the movie is Peter oh, Parker dealing with his. You're talking, you're talking when he goes out and goes to, yeah, gotcha. Right, it's, it's, it's all the Roosevelt stuff. That's all the yeah, yeah. The, the the Harry Osborn stuff. I don't give a shit, and I was bored out of my mind. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's start with the beginning. Because the beginning well, well, ben, ben wanted to say something. Let me, yeah. So I watched these movies back to back very late in the morning or very early in the morning. And when I saw the runtime for Amazing Spider-Man, I was like, oh, great, that's right. Because one of the my problems with it is I felt like this movie dragged. Was shorter than the first one. No, the first this was longer than the first one. Well, the set, the first one's two twenty two, this one's two nineteen. I had to check. Either way, I was still looking at down the barrel of an almost two and a half hour movie. And I was like, all right, cool. But I was like, all right, whatever. But I have to watch this. As I was watching it, I didn't feel like it dragged. I mean, yeah, the Roosevelt stuff isn't the best part. But at the same time, I'm like, this is still a mystery for Peter about his parents. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm kind of a little intrigued about about the history, about Peter and his dad and why his dad was would do all these crazy I don't things. care about that. I mean, I was a little intrigued. I I'll was tell a you what. Bit. I'll tell you what. Um. The stuff that is like bad in this movie, I think it is it is objectively like worse than the first movie. But that first movie, like it, I don't think it was trying anything big. So like I found it mostly boring. Whereas like I'm watching the Roosevelt stuff and I'm watching a giant train rise from the ashes and I'm like, this is so stupid. Oh my god. I can't help but kind of like it. Uh like it's so dumb, but at least it's doing something. At least it's doing something. I understand, but it's also it's boring as shit. Like I don't, I don't give a shit about sure. any of that storyline. Um, sure. The the I but like I'll, I'll, but we have to have it because I set it up in the first movie. Right, and I say I hate it. I don't like it in the first movie either, so I don't like it here, and I like it even less here because I like this movie less. I I would like this movie a lot more of the Spider Man stuff that we see in the first before Electro is defeated the first time was more peppered out throughout because I I'm really like guys I was watching that beginning of the movie I was like oh. Yeah, I was completely wrong. This is a lot of fun. It's very funny. It's very charming. I'm loving what Andrew Garfield is doing. I'm loving the Spider-Man stuff. And the Electro CGI is great. Yeah, this is fun. And then just, no. The Electro Gone. stuff. All Sp- he does not suit up again before the final act, uh, 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 except to tell Harry Osborn to go F himself about his blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just uh, so bored. That's That's fascinating. Cause we, that's just yeah, that's just different different strokes for different folks. Because like I was never bored. I was bored in the first one. This one I was flabbergasted at how bad it was. But like I was still having fun in like that that so bad it's good kind of way. Because like so, something was always new. Something was always like oh my god they're introducing what now? Uh, like I I I had more fun being confused. Um, I I I agree. I I don't think any of it's like compelling. But like at least it's 
shoot that shot and like i i can grasp onto that instead of just like two teenagers going i don't know i know yeah you know i don't know i, I don't know you know like this movie's <laughs> going for it and like it definitely sucks but like <laughs> i kind of like how much it sucks Sparks, you look like you want to say something i uh i don't i like uh i don't uh, i would recut this movie and take all of the richard parker stuff bro out. we were talking about um, like there's a cut his dad yeah uh, doesn't need to be in the movie it does nothing like if you took every moment that's related to his dad out of the film inconsequential um, it would, plot. it's it's inconsequential to what's going on in the story and it would not matter and it does something that i agree with ryan is one of the dumbest things ever which it says that peter parker is the only person who could be spider-man because of richard's blood which mm-hmm. is stupid this is why i hate um, the parent stuff so much uh, well, you're I, absolutely, I, you're I, absolutely right. I would have also. I've thought that way as well. I, I was like, you know, honestly, the, like you take out the Richard Parker stuff because, like, his action scene in the beginning of the movie only makes sense narratively if you keep the scene at the end where he's alive, and they cut that. So they should have cut the other one too. Agree. Like that. That's that, like that, almost, that opening is terrible, and it's, it's almost ten minutes, minutes long, man. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's way too uh, long. No, bad opening is bad. It has awful shaky cam, and it means nothing, and it's absolutely stupid. And I 100% agree. And uh, and then we and, cut. And then we cut. And then Spider-Man's right. dropping into the city to catch the rhino, the rhino and I'm like, yo. Like, <laughs> Look, going, going back here's... to, again, I love the CGI and the swinging choreography in both these movies. Uh, this is my favorite live-action Spider-Man suit. Uh-huh. Um, some of my top live-action Spider-Man moments ever the are in this movie. Agreed. Uh, it, it has just some of my favorite things. I think Andrew Garfield is even better in this movie. I think he's all the more comfortable. I think he has nailed something that Tobey Maguire never got good at or comfortable with. And that Holland it has it, but I think Garfield has it better, um, which is that he knows how to be expressive when in the suit. Mm-hmm. Which Tobey Maguire, when he's in the suit, having really thought about it in comparison like he's so stiff oh yeah he's so stiff when he's talking as he's spider-man like and garfield gets like i need to be expressive i need to move my arms i need to like convey how i feel because you can't see my face and he gets that um and it works it works really well i a hundred percent agree with that Mm -hmm. uh i i don't disagree that the I don't think all of the Harry Osborn stuff is bad. I think some of it is fine. I think most of it that's him heading in towards being the goblin is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think him coming back and Peter coming to check on him after he hears on the news his dad is dead, fine. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. And playing that like they were old boyfriends. Uh, I think I think that idea of of Dane DeHaan getting to come in and be this Harry Osborn that knew Peter and that relationship be fleshed out for them is fine i would have been cool with exploring it i just think making him goblin in this movie was a mistake yeah it should have been it should have been set up yeah like i don't like i agree like i don't think all the harry stuff is great but also there's some stuff that i do like yeah but that's what i was that's what i was talking about like i like the stuff in the beginning because a lot of the stuff the good stuff i think with harry is before electro is taken down like i'm telling you like electro being taken down is like a is like a is like a a moment in the movie that fundamentally changes what movie you're watching Um, sure but then we don't get dr kafka and that guy rules and then we don't get the breakout and then we don't get the scene where harry goes to electro i do i I do like you and that's that's really good scene between them i do (laughs) like the dr kafka bullshit um with i am an evil nazi are you ready to be punished (laughs) and so like so going back to like the harry osborne stuff real quick before we move on it's just like I, I, I like the early stuff with Harry Osborne, him showing up and having that relationship with Peter and having them talk about it. 
um, into that stuff. And but the stuff where he's just like so desperate not to not to die in sixty years, mm-hmm. where he's just constantly trying like that stuff does not the the lead up to the goblin just doesn't work narratively in this movie. Yeah. Some something that bothered me about Amazing Spider-Man one and like it comes up in this movie. It does eventually get there, but I'm like th- because they were clearly pulling from Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. with these movies. Um, is that it bothered me that they didn't put two, someone didn't put two and two together much faster about Peter was clearly bit by a spider and became Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> clearly an Oscorp creation and like Norman Osborn wanting to, to chase that down and get that caught. Yeah. And like, I think it would have improved the first film to have had him put pressure on Connors and the team to make sure that they caught Spider-Man. So the lizard would be motivated just to catch Spider-Man. Um, and this one like that that wasn't a high priority already mm-hmm. um i th- i think would have moved things along a lot better but you know we do we do kind of get there it's it's not great but you know who i love i love paul giamatti <laughs> <laughs> because the man had milk toast dialogue and made choices it was his choice it was his choice to play the character this way because yes the script is not great and he's like well can i just do whatever i want can i be a crazy russian man Hell yeah! Scream! I am the Rhino. Do it. So yeah. good. Love it. I have, I, love... I have I have warmed up to that that performance. Yeah. Uh, like again, like Sp- Spider Man could be many different things, right? But like, I I just don't want a dark and grim Spider Man. So when you open your movie, like not the parent stuff. When you open your movie with a silly Russian supervillain and Spider Man comes swinging in, it's you know like, what ticks me off about that? Good. You know what ticks me off about that is is so st- it's so stupid that that parent stuff is still in that movie because the movie ends with the Spider-Man logo showing up on the screen. Yeah. And so it's meant to be like, hey, remember when the movie started with the Spider-Man logo and we zoomed and we went into the, like that's how the movie should Man, start. Brandon, Look, I I'm, guarantee I'm you, you right. that was the original thing and then they put that scene before it or reshot. I'm telling you, have. I'm telling you right now, I'm definitely making my own editor's cut that that takes out the Richard Parker Dude, stuff. Like, I'm sure it's a better movie. Mid mid movie, sure we were like, we were talking about making that edit, and I'm like, there's a good movie here. There's such a good movie. That's how I feel about all of. That's how I feel about all of Orsi and Kurtzman's scripts. There's a good movie here. It's just they're not good at doing it. Yeah, and they're not is... the only ones who were working on this script, but like, yeah, yeah they're 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 dirty fingerprints are definitely on it it's definitely um, this, this has all their trappings if you watch all their movies this is this has got all of them uh but uh, besides that like i do think this has some of the strongest stuff um like i i like max i think that the problem with max and it really stands out to me now um i think if max were white we would like it much better because he'd be a, an incel a white incel mm-hmm. and it yeah. doesn't work because it's jamie fox jamie yeah the J- not, jamie fox is not cool bringing, like jamie fox is bringing an a game but he's he doesn't have that white privilege to inform on the type of character that he's basically written to be a person who is creating the narrative of how everything bad is ha- is done to him and how he's very special if he were a white incel character perfect yeah make, frankly yeah. frankly perfect I, I really uh, I, I want to bounce off of that with something positive that I like about Electro. Um, I really like his lightning strikes. I think are really cool. Um, the CGI in these movies continue to be great. Some of the best uh, that we've seen. Uh, and when he shoots his lightning, like there's an after image that stays for mm-hmm. a second. And I think all that like connection to detail is really cool. That and also uh, the Times Square action sequence rules. Yeah. It's it's great. It's great. I love yeah. I love the dumb score. I love uh, the. Uh, 
Hans Zimmer having worked with um, the Magnificent uh, Six, Ken- Kendrick Lamar, and um, the Magnificent Six to create a rap narrative of his inner dialogue uh, that is running throughout that makes it feel like you're getting an insight into the voices of his own head <laughs> he without it actually being a I, I think it's so stupid, but I yeah, love yeah. it. I yeah, love it so much. It's it's absolutely a, a choice. It's definitely a choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I love that like the music incorporates Electro's powers into the music. That like part of the music is the sound of what his lightning does. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I I agree. Like I I I think Jamie Fox. I think that character would work in a different movie. Um. Like as much as I like. Like Spider Man No Way Home. Like Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm not gonna let you take this from me. Uh good segue, Brandon. Um Thank you. yeah, I think I think it is definitely more in line of the villain that I would want for a Spider-Man movie. Um it is so over the top. Like it's just the thing that I don't that I end up not liking about Electro. And actually, Sparks, you made a good point uh, uh to counter it. Um once once Electro becomes Dr. Manhattan, there should be no more problems against Spider-Man. That dude's a god. But yeah. the fact that he is a like a like, kind of like a simple-minded dude, like a regular guy, makes him like he doesn't know how to utilize that power. I still think like that dude can do whatever he wants, and Spider-Man is like beating his ass, and I'm like, man, he's, he's the he can do whatever he wants, and he's the only villain that spy, that this Spider-Man has killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. yeah, this is true. Interesting, yeah. right? Because he... uh, Tobey Maguire on, didn't only didn't kill Sandman, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, and Andrew Garfield has only killed Electro. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that. Well, technically, Toby didn't I mean, kill them. Yeah, right. No, they they killed themselves. Yeah. Don't tell Harry. Yeah, I think well, he... he killed Venom. Oh, he no, definitely he definitely, definitely killed he... Venom. But, but is Venom a person? Yes, it's a thing. It's not, a symbiote. Not Eddie. Is Venom the symbiote like a yes. person? Okay, stop. In Spider-Man Three, the movie, oh, as oh, you no, see no, it, no, no, is no, no. Venom a person? No, no, no. It is sentient, though. It search it searches for Peter and Eddie. It is a living thing. It's it's a living thing, but like it's a it's. it's I get I get what you're doing. I know what you're doing, but my moral. That's like killing a rabid animal. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't do that. And of course, Eddie ran into the explosion. So he just just wanted Peter just wanted to off Venom. He just he just wanted off the symbiote. He didn't want to off Eddie. Eddie was like, yeet. Uh, I love I love even though like I don't like the like making Doctor Manhattan Electro. Like I love the design for him. Um. I don't like the goblin design. Not at all. No, I also really like um the I don't want to talk about the goblin design yet. I also really like the the action scene at the end with Electro. Um and Accordo Digital did a thing about it that where they like this doesn't work. I was like, you're wrong. Like I don't I I think this actually I get like there there was a point where like the movie went back to the movie that I really liked, where it was mm-hmm. like Andrew Garfield fighting Electro. I was like, this is cool. I yeah, really yeah. like it. I really like the visuals in this action sequence. It is, uh, it, it is, it, is it obeys one of your favorite rules, Brandon. It is a night action scene where you can see everything. Absolutely. It's true. You can it see is... absolutely everything. That's how you do it, baby. Oh, looks yeah. so good. That suit looks so good, guys. Oh my uh, god. I really is... like the Spider-Man suit. Uh oh, a fun fact. So Brandon, you have Spider-Man for the PS5. They have added uh uh no way home suits but also that amazing spider-man suit is, is, is all up in there it's so good yeah i know i really want to play it again it's real good um yeah i love i i adore the suit in this movie yeah no the suit looks good also i love the scene in Times square where we yeah. see electro and even like we were talking about it earlier about how like sparks was saying about how they made that little rap is like they betrayed us and whatever i actually kind of <laughs> like that because the first few times i did see this movie in theaters I didn't. I couldn't understand what the heck they were saying. I don't know why, but I just couldn't understand what was going on. And 
I was going to make this point with, or I was going to talk about this in the, in the first one, whereas the first one where we hear like the, the creepy, the voices coming from uh, Kirk Connors, I felt like that, that didn't really make sense. Whereas in this one, um, this one, I feel it hit a lot more hit hits better because you see Max, like, I mean, yes, he's obsessing over Spider-Man, but then you see him in his brain, like that quick little second when he's talking to um, that one actor from the office where he like, Goes up in his face and like is like you don't there and then it's a cut that that just Alistair Smythe. Alistair Smythe, the Spider Slayer. Bj Novak, Bj Novak playing that guy. Yeah, Bj Novak. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that internal bit where he's like, "You don't know Spider Man. (laughs) He's the Libra. You're a Virgo." (laughs) Yeah, that that line destroyed me. Like, (laughs) he's a Libra. Give me a break. There's a there's a bit in the Times Square scene where. Uh, Jamie fought where like, Claire was like, you don't remember me? And he's like, oh, no, I know this. I know this. Is it Max? Yeah, of course I remember you, Max. You're my eyes, You're and, my ears. eyes like, and ears. Mm-hmm. I love Peter talking him down. I love that yeah. like it would work too, except the cops shoot him. Yeah, uh, of course. When like Peter, Peter trying to defuse the situation, I think is real solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I love this scene. And also I believe Max turning into Electro more and him embracing his villain side because yeah they shot him because to him Spider-Man is like the he puts him on a pedestal he puts Spider-Man on a pedestal and the fact that the cops still shoot him even though he's trying to like Spider-Man's like hey I'm trying to help my guy and he's like hey I told her hey guys this is my boy don't hurt him and then he gets betrayed by that and then of course it just it's a snowball and he becomes the villain he's unfortunately destined to be this, uh, I it's really his birthday knew. he's gonna light his candles <laughs> there's also a, a secret that sparks really enjoys the scene where he helps the little kid from being bullied uh okay i love his whole saving people montage i love uh i love the whole bit of him like being tired but he still goes out and do it he's sick at a convenience store I love all that, but yes, helping the kid in particular, being like, this is a wind turbine. You made this? God damn it. Like, this is such good Spider-Man. There's so much good Spider-Man in this movie. Also, uh, has one of my favorite, one of my favorite Stan Lee cameos that I totally forgot. Hey, I think I know that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yes, the scene, that's a great the scene, one. Um, when he's when he's putting out the the electricity with fire, or he puts out Electra with with a fire hose, and then there's like a so bunch of firemen, fire and he's on. like, "Big John, Little John, good working with you again." And like yeah, he's yeah. got a rapport with a fireman. Like that's yes. Spider Man, baby. I love that. Um, so I I like the the comedy scenes in this, like when he's doing trying to do the battery experiments, and then he has like the fire screen and just goes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I I'm it. always a sucker for for that gag. That gag happens yeah. a lot, and I'm always yeah, yeah. into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and also I, I love, I love... specifically because you brought that up, and I just love that you get this whole sequence of him trying to design webs that will work against Electro, and and the way he's trying to craft that, um, especially at all like capitalizing with uh, him having stayed up too late, and he tries to whip his phone, but he instead whips the wrench and hits himself right in the face. <laughs> also, another thing, I love how his ringtone is the, the original uh, Spider- Yeah, I love that. I love it when, um, I love it when, when films and TV shows, they do homages to classic tunes and classic little jingles like that. That's I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. That's that's also one of my favorite lines. It's just the Peter, where are you right now? Uh, first to Broadway, second to Broadway, third to Broadway. He's <laughs> on the road of the car. There's a there's 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 an, there's a line that I, I I almost died at 
where it's like, Peter, what, what's wrong? Why do you look so dirty? I was cleaning the chimney. You don't have a chimney. What? what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I, great. I, died. I love Sally Fields playing an Aunt May who definitely knows he's Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. just isn't make, telling him, is waiting for Peter to tell her. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love that that's the vibe. You can see the moment in the first one where she puts two and two together, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that they've just played that since then. Last time like, you put, so, makes last so time did... Last time we did laundry, you turned everything blue. All right, laundry. Shirt. I was watching. I was watching the flag. I was watching the flag. We want, what, nobody nobody watches the flag. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like this movie, it's so much fun. Movie had oh, yeah. so many good like lines and good and bits. Like, again, I love all the comedy, and the comedy just stops after Electro is gone. So one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the scene where Aunt May finds Peter's string theory thing about his dad and him hmm. like that whole board. And she's sitting there and she's breaking down because she's like, no, you're my boy. Mm-hmm. You're my boy. Because I like that scene, too. I, lo- I love that scene because when you're with because even though that she's I mean, they are blood related, but only to a certain degree. And, to, and since she raised Peter, this is definitely like a, it's um like nurture versus nature sort of thing. Like, yeah, his blood parent his like real parents left, but she took upon herself to raise this kid. And she's grew such she's so attached to him, and I always like I, I always feel for Sally Fields does an amazing job, especially when she says you're my. It's like no, your parents left. I was here. Yeah, I raised you. You're my boy. It's, that's a terrific scene for both those for both those uh, actors and characters. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. Peter retorts like I this isn't what this is about me. Like you are my mother. Like, but it's not about that. I just need to know for closure. Like you are my mom. Like, don't, don't, don't get it stressed. Like I'm not trying to replace you. Like that is such a real moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Even going back to the, to the first Raimi Spider-Man movie where, where Goblin's like, I've been like a father. It's like, I had a father. His name was Ben Parker. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's like, good God. Take me back. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that scene. Actually, Credit to every single actors, uh, actor who's played Aunt May. I always sure. they played such a really great Aunt May, be it um, Rosemary Harris, be it Sally Field, and even Marissa Tomei. I mean, Marissa yeah. Tomei hasn't had a lot of to shine as Aunt May in the MCU films, but I still feel that she cares. Like she, I love it how she wasn't on screen, but in, well, the, besides that, but when she packs Peter's uh, Spider-Man suit for his Europe trip and says, "It was a summer fling." <laughs> John Favreau being totally in love with Aunt May and Aunt May being like, no, it's just a summer fling. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh-huh. Or even, um, so rude. Yeah, or even when, uh, uh, what should we call it? Even in uh, Homecoming where it's like, hey, May, hope you're wearing something skippy. And then like, Peter's like, <laughs> Oh, Tony um, Stark. Um, all right. Um, yeah, um, Goblin. Let's talk about Goblin. Way, way too fast. Such a such a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, I, a terrible I, design. There's a there was a there's a point where they they set up like the goblin glider and the suit, but it's the ultimate universe, right? So like he's turning into a goblin and he takes the serum and he starts transforming. So I think that's he's gonna turn into the ultimate goblin, but he just goes into the suit and we just just another. Goblin well, at the end glider. it's like at the end it's like he he puts on the suit and then like he turns in, back into the Dane Dehan and he's just like oh it comes and goes, um oh, like this Jekyll and Hyde like thing. He's a, yeah, and, and, and like. The, the 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 hall of easter eggs uh is a, such a dumb idea 
Yeah, I don't like that. But going to because Grayson quite a while ago said uh, the Harry going Goblin stuff gave me Spider Man three Venom vibes, and I was not a huge fan. Yeah, 100%. very much the same issue. Very much the same issue. Um, yeah, it is. Like it's it's very shoehorned into the film, and it didn't need to be there, and it's bad. I do like the tension when he lands there and Peter and Gwen are on either side of him and you can feel like them both being like, Oh shit. And he's like, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. And then, and then he's like, Gwen run Gwen shit. Like, uh, I, I think that's really good. We did, uh, by jumping to this moment, um, one of my favorite shots and I think it worked effectively well. I do. I think that they did the Dennis Leary stuff pretty well in this movie. Uh, when he does see him, which is just the two times in the opening, which is pretty close to that graduation moment. And then he doesn't see him anymore. Mm -hmm. But then the moment when Gwen is going in to help with the electrical stuff and he turns back to face Electro and there's there's Captain Stacy staring oh, yeah. at him, just mm -hmm. like fucked up, Peter. You know uh, what that is? You know what that Electro reminds me comes, of? And then Electro comes through him and I'm like, what a shot. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. You know what that reminded me of? Um, because I said I said a lot of like Orsi and Christmas trappings are in this movie. Um, uh, historically, I do not like most of their movies, um, but there's one thing that we all agreed in Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen that ended up being pretty good, and it's the relationship between the dad and Sam in the last fight sequence when he's just when the dad all of a sudden can't let go mm -hmm. and is like, "No, you're my boy," and that's what that reminded me of that kind of like emotional resonant moment that like they have proven that they can sometimes just hit at the end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that, that was set up. That works. This is that, yeah. that was a good well, emotional moment. While, while I think it was too soon to kill Gwen, even though now this is the last movie, like it, I think it was a bad idea to kill Gwen in this movie. Me too. Um, I do think that that like that that foreboding moment of like fate is coming and him turning and seeing Captain Stacy like that is so artfully well done. Um, yeah. I really love it. Um, and I think outside of the web turning into a hand, I do think Gwen's no. death is filmed very well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a strong sequence. I just think it's in the wrong movie. Just, just yeah, I was going to say that's actually one of my... I, I don't like the part because obviously we know from the comics and we see once the second we see Goblin, Gwen says, like, oh, so she's dying. But I love when... Peter does the web and the web turns into the hand. And besides I that, hate that no, so much. I, I don't like it. I, like I hate it. that so much. I, I, like I just, it. I, I, ben, I, Gwen Stacy. I, I love that you like it. Gwen <laughs> Stacy's death scene disgusts me in this movie. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to use a really harsh word. Cause it, it, it feels like that. Like the, 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 the it's shot fine, but like the, the hand thing and the, like they're trying to do like the melodrama, the melodramatic thing. And then she, her the way she dies feels very similar to how um whoa Jonathan Kent dies in Man of Steel. Like it's something like it takes away the impact of the comic book death by trying to make it like something that but that's, that's the, not... exact, the exact no she, she doesn't she she breaks her neck when Spider Man catches her and this she slams her head on the ground well, and that's how she dies and I I so it, it's not Peter's fault anymore um and I I I don't care for the force of it the the look of it and then just the blood drip down the down the trying to like make this whole death sequence that's supposed to be like gruesome beautiful in a way and i just it doesn't work for me on any level i'll disagree Whew, wow you you like made the comparison to the jonathan Kent death scene and i just i don't feel the same i feel like that is a way more atrocious like uh mishandling than this is but um okay 
maybe not on the same level. Like, I don't mean to say like the, you know, very much in the same way that we compare the maze of Spider-Man one to a far worse movie. Um, you know, it, well, it doesn't I think, I think that the quality I think the context of it being in the comics of like, is this still Peter's fault is like, even if it's not Peter's fault in the sense of her actual physical death, it's Peter's fault because Peter didn't stay away. Like he said he would. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the larger uh, intent behind it. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, I don't mind that. That's fine. Like, I don't mean to like attack your interest in this movie. I just, that sequence, that sequence is just, it, it, it's, they're trying to be this beautiful death scene. And to me, it's, it's just morbidly gruesome in a way that I just don't think the movie wants it to be. Uh, and I just can't get over that. That's interesting. Uh, it's not the first time you brought that up around me. And I just, I don't see that gruesomeness that you're referring to. I, yeah, we don't have to dwell on it too much. I, I find it pretty tasteful for how how gruesome the death actually is. Um, it could have been far more severe with like her neck popping out or something, but I think it's tasteful that she's that he doesn't know if she's actually dead, and then the blood is signifying, no, she's gone. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's kind of tasteful. Ben, do you want to pull up Grayson's? Yeah, yeah. So Grayson said, um, I didn't understand why he shot the web there. He said up experienced as Spider-Man to know what could happen. This didn't make sense. Mm. Well, they set it up in the first film a, a little bit when she because he catches her in the same way in the first film that he's like, oh, this is okay. I can I can catch her this way and it, and and she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that first sequence like gave me a heart attack the first time I saw it in the first movie when she when he throws him at the school and she like catches her and like you see the neck slap back. I was like, oh no. Uh, it, I guess I don't understand what the alternative is supposed to be, like just not saving her. Just go, oh, there she goes. Uh, well, no, I think I think on Grayson's level, I think he's suggesting that he could have that he could have made it and to catch her without even shooting the web. Or, or at least I don't know if I agree with that. I'm just trying to to, de- no, to sure. decode what I, he says. No, I get that. Like I don't know. There was a lot of rubble and shit. Like I think no. Like, well, even yeah. past that, like she was falling so much further already by yeah, the time the web... that he was able to move. Like no, that's what I mean. You need the web. That's the only way he could possibly get her. I think. I think yeah. it's too far gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to dwell on this anymore. Yeah. Either, either Finish way. It. Finish it. Um. Either way. Um. Like when we find so, I was starting like oh yeah, here's the line down like him going constantly into Gwen's grave and hearing about a bunch of the crime take and like oh maybe we should have Spider Man and seeing the kid that he saved with a turbine go out to oh. fight the Rhino, it's like ballsy. And then when we say um, one of my favorites, one of my favorite moments, man. Yeah, and then when like when he even calls the guys like hey Spider Man, and I actually like the ending where he's fighting the where he's fighting the Rhino and Paul Giamatti and I like I how this movie ends. I, lo- I really dig that part. Yes, yes, Ryan, you are the... I, I am the Rhino! <laughs> I, I love that it's the ending, and I love that it's uh, the opening, because it's it's one of my things I've always wanted a Spider-Man movie to do, which is open with one of in the, the lesser, like C- CB-list villains uh, already in action with Spider-Man, and just take care of him in the beginning, like get us into that, like, good, yeah, Spider-Man action opening. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I'm glad that this movie finally did it. Yeah, uh, I also agree a, with that. A, a movie needed to. Um, I love when he's in the truck with the radioactive material and he's grabbing all the tubes with his feet and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and the one gets away, and he's like, "Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all that's so good. Uh, he's Garfield's just got such good energy as Spider Man in this one, as yeah. Peter as well, but like as Spider Man, like he's just he's just rocking it in every scene. Like you can feel how much he loves doing this as Spider Man. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, I love his energy with Max when he saves him. I think that his whole vibe with him is really good. I think it establishes that relationship really well, very quickly, and what Max extrapolates on later. Um, I think there there's a great reference to Uncle Ben uh, at the graduation when uh, uh, May tries to quote him, and he's like, that's Ralph Waldo Emerson. And she's like, Uncle Ben said that was him. He came up with that. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, good. oh, God damn it, man. <laughs> like, I thought that funny... was really good. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter's guilt over Gwen's dad is not the worst. I'm glad it's addressed in this movie, but um, forcing the relate relationship tension uh, of of stuff is like okay. That's, I guess that's one of those things that I don't really like about this movie. Like even in the stuff that of like the movie that I'm enjoying, um, the the Gwen state like they break up and it doesn't really matter to the plot of the movie because they're back together five minutes later not yeah we're exaggerating no you're right though yeah but they they don't um and and then like from then on it's not like the the tension should have always been i'm going to london for the summer not let's break up and they get back together and then the london thing sure i think like it's i think it is also at the same time very peter parker for him to just constantly keep breaking up and then being like but I wanna, I wanna be with her. <laughs> it is, like, it is oh, like I a very can't. like responsibility, like, like a very so like young her. teenage like angsty thing. So yeah, yeah, that's right. And I love that. I love that it's her being like, "You have done this to me so many times. Like I'm, I'm breaking up with you." I think the fact that like we catch it at that tail end makes me like it a little more, mm. rather than it being like a constant thing we're doing throughout this movie. Um, I think Gwen has a really great line of "I love Peter Parker more." Um, I also think that Gwen has a great line when she just yells out "Peter." When yes, I think that's, a bit. that's a great bit. Uh, when she shouts Peter, and then boom! Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, oh, I like uh, a, I like I like the when Gwen shows up uh, at the end fight, and Peter is like, "Are you serious? You actually came? You're gonna die? Are you crazy?" He's like, mm-hmm. "I can help you, you idiot!" And yes, she can help him, but also she's gonna die. So I, like, uh, I mean, there's a version of that script where she doesn't need to help him. Yeah, it's true. But it's but it's one of the things I like is is that Gwen is capable of doing those things. I like that in the first one, and I like the movie it here. Should have ended uh, with without the goblin to, showing up. It just didn't have to kill her. Yeah, yeah. I I th- I, I don't. <laughs> I think she proves that proves her useless. That's stupid. Um, I think she has more to do in the first film than she does in this film. This film, they give her a lot of uh stuff that's just kind of let's get her involved in action somehow. Whereas in the first film, there's a reason why she's involved in the action with like the creating of the antidote and whatnot. I mean, she's the whole person who finds out that Oscorp is burying Max Dillon and that makes the connection that that's the person because she knows he worked there and all that. And I don't think that's nothing. No, I won't. I won't disagree with that. Uh, as far, but like, I, I think that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, but you know, I, mean, I think like, for the most part, she's not really doing a whole lot of necessary things in the movie outside of that. I like that moment. You're right. It's a good moment. It's just before and after that. There's not really a reason why she should just, be involved in the action. But it's not just one moment. The... It's like a thing she's doing progressively throughout scenes in the film because she makes the connection with Peter. That's Max. I saw him at Oscorp. Does the research. Gets the copy of the file. Gets it out. Ends up she, getting it to Harry Osborne. She overloads That's the how thing. Harry Osborne finds yeah. out about it. Alright, well I'm wrong then. 
I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's just a single moment. I do think it's, like, a progressive thing she's doing throughout the film. And when she's not doing that, what she's you. doing is having a relationship with Peter. Okay, that's me shutting up then. I'll move on to another thing. Uh, I like the montage, uh, but I think one of the smarter script writing bits about it is when Max is included in the montage as part of the radio thing, talking about Spider-Man doing all that stuff. And then they get a call in and it's Max. And he's like, yeah, Spider-Man's, like, a really cool guy. I kind of know him. And I'm like, it's just background stuff, but it's like, it is filling in that character. And I think mm-hmm. that's nice, even if that character is goofy as shit. Um, mm, mm, mm. I agree with that. Mm, mm, we covered that's that. We covered that. Oh, let's man. talk about let's talk about Felicia. Mm. Oh right, she's in this movie. <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> well, I said there was another setup that another time. another character that doesn't need to be in this movie. Yeah. Just stupid. Could have been literally anybody, just a secretary lady. Well, they do. They also cut her part down significantly, just like they did with MJ. Although yeah, with MJ, sure. they cut her out of the movie altogether, and arguably they should have done the same for her. True. Yeah. 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 After definitely after watching this movie, I was like, you know, Felicia should not have been in this movie at all. It would have just been. It would have been fine without her. I have found yeah. those scenes with MJ don't actually exist on the like the physical media releases. I would have liked oh, to have yeah. seen them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like the idea of Shailene Woodley as MJ. I guess. I guess. All right, just um, to see him. No, sure. They put uh, the they put the alternate ending with Richard Parker on the on the on the Blu-ray. Like I, like I'd rather I, see I the think, MJ stuff. I think the reason they specifically didn't do that, Brandon, because I think she was going to be in the third one, and they didn't mm-hmm. want and they wanted to do a fresh like opening with her. Then opposed to, I'm sure that's why they did it. Yeah. Um, I just you know future home based home video releases would have benefited from that. I, no, sure. I, I would have liked to have seen that scene. Is what I'm saying. I get you. Yeah, yeah. just not in the context uh, of the movie. Yeah, I think Felicia Hardy is just out of place entirely. Um, Felicity Jones is fine. She has like what um, three lines in the movie? Yeah, she's. I forgot she was even in the movie. Uh, I think Dane DeHaan is exceptionally good at being the business side of Harry Osborn. Uh, I think that's where he shines the most is mm-hmm. being like the business guy. This is in the earlier part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-mm. Yeah. Peter mm-hmm. Peter checking in on Harry is pretty good. Returning the favor after Harry checked in on him after big his parents stone were gone. skipper that Peter Parker. I like they, big, big time. They definitely Peter Parker at this point Andrew Garfield really wanted uh, MJ to be played by a uh, guy because uh, he really wanted a bisexual Peter Parker, and I firmly believe uh, he played he and Dane DeHaan made the decision to play them as former uh, boyfriends. I guess. Because I feel that I feel like that that is it feels very similar to uh, Too Fast Too Furious with uh, Tyrese and Walker. I recently rewatched that movie and I would disagree, but I see what you're saying. I I'm 100 for it. I don't think there's enough there for me to transcribe to that substack. I mean, it's all subtext. Yeah, I would probably have to watch it again and look for it. Um, you don't have. I to. huh? You don't have to. Oh, no, I mean, like, I like watching this movie, so it's not a chore to me. Um, I like Max's reaction to seeing himself all over Times Square, uh, given his origin, where people finally see me. I think that's actually really good. I I like that they use Times Square for that. I think that's Mm -hmm. really great. Uh, This was the most expensive movie ever filmed in New York City, because it's obviously very expensive to film in big cities. That's why they don't do that anymore. Uh, It's also really hard to film in Times Square. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But but so worth it. It looks great in this movie. It's one of the best parts. Um, that's why it's that's why it's at night because they had to film at like two a.m. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when he saves the people on the stairs, that whole sequence I think is great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the um, the, the web the web going the back with the web trick. Yeah, uh-huh. I really like how they visualize his spidey sense. 
I agree. I think I, that worked really, really well. Uh, really bad needle drop with for you. And why is Peter doing all this board building stuff after fighting Electro? It makes no sense. Anyway. Um, yeah, man, that that for you. I will never forget that song for as long as I live. <laughs> I oh, could. Uh, I did. Peter... I forgot it until I saw this movie again. Uh, I I really like the part where Peter distracts the Oscorp guards so that Gwen can get right. away, mm-hmm. and he's just oh, whoa, the coffee, yeah, my bad, mm-hmm. and then he like does a little <laughs> skip on his way out. That was mostly uh, practical too, which I, I I learned in the BTS footage. It looks really cool. Uh, I love when Electro is in Ravenport and he says, "I can feel it in the walls." He's got that. I just thought that's a good line delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravenport isn't that where um Ravencroft. Ravencroft, yeah. And that is where Venom 2 takes place, yes. Okay. There you uh, go. There, Venom Venom in the, the Andrew garfield averse confirmed? I don't care. Nope. Um, <laughs> Peter interrupting Gwen on her way to the interview is really good. I love when he just, like, swings in, like, haphazardly hits the wall, and he's like, Gwen! <laughs> like, he's, like, <laughs> frazzled and freaked out, and he's, like, talking a mile a minute, and then he realizes where they are with the Oxford thing, and he's, like, looking around, he's like, where are we? <laughs> What's also- his him webbing the bridge yeah uh, I, I, I think that's a great bit um uh you need me i think is a great trigger phrase for max when harry comes to get him mm-hmm. um harry just goes unhinged way too fast uh yeah all bleh um i like i, I like the idea i'm of fine with murdering people way too quickly yeah i like I'm cool with, with like the goblin being like a disease. Like originally from Norman Osborn, this dude is in his sixties or seventies and he's dying of it, right? So we're introduced to Harry Osborne, who is eighteen at most, and he's immediately starts dying from it. Like mm-hmm. that's just plot making him sicker than he needs to be. Cause like I understand what you're doing, but like it sh- he should have been safe for the third movie. He can start dying like a year later. Don't introduce there's, him and he's immediately dying. There's no moment in the script where I should feel when Peter's like, I can't give you my blood. And I should I shouldn't be yelling at the screen, going like, "Why not? Why not you guys experiment on Peter Parker's blood to see if it will save him in sixty years?" Yeah. Well, you know, he's that's but why we, he's a special DNA boy. Only he can be special. But they but they can't because of a special DNA from his dad. Spider Man. Uh, some, some last notes. I like that Gwen is the person who solves the web shooter problem. I like the megaphone bit when they come running up on the cop guy and he Spider-Man. shoots Spider-Man at him and it mm-hmm. makes him go, whoa. <laughs> I, uh, real, real quick, Sparks, like, I, I do also love that moment because like Peter Parker is like a genius, but like sometimes he'll just not think of something easy like magnetizing. And, and yeah. she's like, so you magnetize, right? It's like, no. Damn it! Like, yeah. it's just really good, real good. He's got, a, he's got a creative mind. It's always frazzled. It's always everywhere else. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the moment. Uh, I love the shot when Electro's face appears in the building yes. as Spider-Man oh, yeah, cool. like, It's like ego, yeah. He's yeah. like, do you see me now, Spider-Man? Yeah, I love that. Um, all the plane stuff is just stupid and unnecessary and we didn't need it. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, the Was it a 40-second timer? Yeah, something like that. Amazing CGI night fight uh, where you can see everything is amazing and I love it. And uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider moment still works for me. Forget you, haters. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I that's the kind of dumb. That's the kind of dumb that I was like, yeah, okay, I'm into this. Yeah. That after, that that works for me. After Gwen dies and the seasons pass, and May reaches out to try and console him about grief again, like knowing that he's Spider-Man, um, 
and that that gets him to go back out there and of course the ending with the rhino i like all that part i think that part's very good i mm-hmm. oh, i love the end of the rhino i desperately wish it wasn't used in the marketing yeah oh yeah very. that whole scene's in the marketing the entire oh, I, end shot is the marketing trailer yeah 100 percent agree because that's awesome yeah yeah it's a great way to end the movie uh yeah. And then the gentleman shows up with uh, at Harry and's like, Let's, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? What do you think? We're thinking. I'm thinking six. So stupid. I 100 percent agree. 100 percent. It's real bad. Dumb, 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 de dumb, de dumb. You know what's funny? Um, like, I don't even mind. Like, like the Sinister Six setup stuff is dumb. But like, after the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man one, like the Amazing Spider-Man two has like you know like the row of like, oh, it's the Vulture and Doctor Ock. I'm like, all right, that's like that's silly setup. It's the man in the hat that really does overdoes it for me. Because it's like, I'm evil and I'm setting up a group. You know what they're called? They might be sinister. And I'm like, ah, oh, just murder me, please. I can't. And he works for Oscorp. It's like a shadow guy who works for Oscorp. Yeah. Because he's, he's because Harry's now his boss. Yeah. And like, it's ne- they've never said who it was. Like, we're never going to know. Like, just credited as the gentleman. Also, like, something fierce. Gustav Fears. That's his name. Oh, that's yeah. right. He is credited as a character name in the second film. But it's but it doesn't mean anything. It's not a real it's not one. Yeah. Yeah. He was clearly going to be the jackal because they were gonna do the clone saga in the third one. Yeah, they were gonna do the clone saga and Dennis Leary was coming back and Gwen was coming back, so like he c- it's just weird to make your main overall villain the jackal. That's really an odd an odd choice. Well would everybody there? He would have joined the Sinister Six movie directed by Drew Goddard. I would have seen that movie. That would. That and then the uh, the Aunt May spinoff film where she's a spy would have happened. <laughs> Young the, Aunt May. The period between the Sony leaks and the Amazing Spider-Man Two was wild. With Sony being like, "We're gonna do an Aunt May solo. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do a, a Venom movie." Though that one happened. Jackpot, but, Black Cat, Silver Sable, all that shit. Yeah, all those, all those guys. And you know, there's a there's a lot of things I enjoy in this movie. But I am grateful that like none of those things came to pass. True. Yeah, I think we live in the better timeline. And yeah. we're getting we're getting another movie, technically. So you know, we my my final note: I just don't think Amazing Spider-Man Two is the dumpster fire a lot of people have convinced themselves it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will also agree it is not the dumpster fire I once thought it was. I think all yes. of these Spider-Man movies are vindicated. Are I am be- selfish. I am wrong. <laughs> are better are better than than because you know like when you're in a moment like you know you're watching a sequel to a movie in the midst of it like you can get distracted by different thoughts but like time enough away there's good stuff in all of these movies in all five of these spider-man movies that we've watched um and i'm 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 super glad to be here where we are now with the hall and stuff and it's a time enough again where we're like we can revisit these characters and see where they've been and it's like that's really exciting i'm I'm really happy that we'll have almost certainly Tobey Maguire in No Way Home, but I'm even more happy for Andrew Garfield because Andrew Garfield was so passionate about Spider-Man. Yes. And no matter what way you slice it, there is an amount of like just feeling like he got done dirty. He did. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I really like the... um... I really, I really like. There's, there's an element of this movie that I really like. And I totally forgot what it was. I'm so sorry. Whatever. Okay. Guess we'll just move on. Uh, I think this. I think the score, while it is much more over the place, like I think it, I think it is still pretty good. Like I like the electro score. I do like like the reincorporating of the Horner theme. Um, I think the music's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think I think the movie works better in the. I, I like the I like the music in the first one more, but this is not. This is a pretty good Hans Zimmer score. I I visually like the Spider Man stuff so much. It really 
it it like it puts pops. the movie on, it makes the movie a whole grade higher than it would be otherwise because mm. all of the Spider-Man visuals, everything with him when he's in the suit, whether it's day, whether it's night, whatever he's doing, whether it's a small bit, whether it's a big bit, it all looks so good, mm-hmm. like so good. Uh, and I wish we had a movie where it was just like more of that, just all that, all the time. Um, I, I, I remember what I was going to say. Um, I don't think uh, any of these Spider-Man movies that we've watched, all the five, I don't think any of them are bad. With time enough away, I don't think any of them are bad. I like The, the stuff I don't like in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 does bring that movie down to my bottom list, only mm-hmm. because I really like the, the first half. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like that first half of that movie. Um, and the thing that the reason why it's under Spider-Man three for me is because Spider-Man three still has enough of Raimi's voice where I yes. don't think this one has enough of Webb's voice because Webb was almost drowned out completely by the studio while trying to make this movie. Um, I don't think it, it's as egregious as a once thought, but it, it, I do think it's still prominent how much studio interference was in this movie. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show that like we have, we have five, we have seven Spider-Man movies, right? And like, if Amazing Spider-Man Two is the worst of it, there's still a lot of good Spider-Man stuff in this movie. Yeah. Like, like that, the Spider-Man movies have had a really decent track record, all things considered. Like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree with Sparks. I'm really, I'm mostly happy that we we are going to get Andrew Garfield back because I always felt bad for him not getting that third movie. Yeah, and even I was definitely like younger. Like, I'm still like not like the biggest fan of, of like the. I prefer like the other two sets of movies to this movie, but like that dude rocks, and like he deserves as much like acclaim and fame and love that the other guys have and like mm-hmm. just because his movies might have not be as good doesn't mean he doesn't deserve the, the, the love and stuff and again right. the cgi in this movie is why i don't like the cgi in the holland movie so there's definitely yeah if you watch that corridor crew uh special on the spider-man movies definitely like the homogenization of the mcu i uh, uh special effects stuff takes away the spider-man stuff because yeah the, that's the, the... that suit the, <laughs> it's, the suit makes all the difference for me because the way the, the holland suit is done is a completely computer generated moment but there is still a physical suit that he wears they just put put like this this cgi like mat over it and just yeah, yeah. It, the texture just feels off but with the 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 garfield suit even when it's completely cgi you can still feel like you can feel that latex texture mm-hmm. yeah 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 um, and and then when you do actually see, you because once again you can tell where it's the CGI suit or it's real suit, and because it, it shines, it shimmers, you can definitely see that that's a real suit. I and can't tell which is CGI in this movie, honestly. It, the suit looks so good in this movie, and I I can't wait to see him in No Way Home in that suit. Like I I love the suit. Like this is my favorite. It's the best. It's it is, suit for sure. It's so crazy. The dress again. Like his eyes grow like three times. From Amazing Spider-Man one to two, like it's crazy how big those eyes and how white they get. It's just like, man, they went from like they really did the ice looks so good. Yeah, it's it is the best live action suit. It is like straight up that is that it is so good. It is so good. I like the eyes that Tom Holland has in uh, in the Civil War one and in uh, Homecoming because you know because yeah because they move because they're more like the comic books. But this suit, as a practical suit, looks so gorgeous. It looks so good. And also, I just love how the, the giant spider logo on this yeah. one. Even the in the Tim McGuire films, there's a huge spider lo- or there's a big spider logo. And this one's huge. I love it. And poor Tom Holland, he has a tiny little spider. It's like this big. It's, 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 it's a little it's drone that pops up. That is kind of cool. I do like that. I mean, not. I do. I do like. It's the not look. the size that counts, Ben. I know. I know. But I, I do like this suit a whole lot. The Amazing Spider-Man Two suit is gorgeous. I'm so glad 
that's potentially the suit that he is gonna be wearing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited. I have such nostalgia for the Raimi suit, so I'm excited to see all of them. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very Brandon Grayson just said the exact same thing you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ben did make the innuendo. So. I'm I'm really glad y'all y'all feel more good about this movie because I I love I love what's good in this movie. I would There's watch. I would good, watch good stuff. I would honestly watch from the beginning to the first Electro fight again. Let's, we will, Sparks I will, and I will make an edit. I'm going to make you a new cut, baby. <laughs> that will cut out all the bad stuff. It'll be just a Spider-Man movie. It'll open the way the last movie ended, as it should be. It's going to be beautiful. All right. Shall we get into a book club, then? Do we have nah, to? let's just call it a night. Oh, all I right. mean, yes, absolutely. Sparkles, take it away. Hey, it's me. I picked a book that came out very recently, within the last year, called Hawkeye Freefall. Two years. Uh, from, that's what I mean. Because I, I can't. Started in 2019. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg uh, and Otto Schmidt. And it's called Hawkeye Freefall. And I liked it. And I was picking it up. And I thought it was real cool. And I was like, you know, we do not have time to do all of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye while Hawkeye show is going. That's too many issues. We're not doing it right now. But we could do a six-issue little series called Hawkeye Freefall. So we did it. What did you guys think? Really liked this one. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Matthew Rosenberg, Matthew Rosenberg, right? Yep. Uh, He wrote a grifter comic for Futures, for Futures and, Future State and uh, uh, Batman uh, Urban Legends. And I fell in love with his writing there. I love that grifter comic. Uh, same thing here. Really, I thought this was really funny. I thought this was really charming. I really like his version of uh, Hawkeye. Uh, really into this one. Yeah, I, I, uh, you asked me if this was a good choice, and I was like, I read half of it, so I think half of it's a good choice. Uh, and then I finished it, and like, yeah, I think this is a real, real good, fun read. Um, it is. This is the Hawkeye that I love to see. Um, you know, sure. fu- funny, out there, personable, not forty-five. Um, but that's, you know, I'm just joking. Um, I love that this takes place in 2019. So this is back when Falcon and Winter Soldier have their own miniseries out. So they show up uh, because like that, that show's coming up in the next year or so. Um, I, one of my favorite villains, one of my favorite obscure villains is Parker Robbins, the hood, because he's just a dude with a robe on, but that robe is a demon. So he's like, he's like half gangster, half magic man. Um, he shows up in a lot of like obscure, like, like Iron Fist and like, like Bendis Avengers shit. Uh, the fact that he showed up here made perfect sense. Uh, I think this is a great, fun miniseries. I also had a good time with this. Um, I definitely, um, I definitely like this version of Hawkeye a whole lot. Like the second he was like, "Oh, hey, it's me," I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna enjoy this Hawkeye." Like he's funny, he's quippy. Um, to me, the biggest standout of this book is the art. I absolutely love the art of this book. Um, sure, I forgot the name of the artist, but Otto, Otto Schmidt. Schmidt. Thank you. Otto Schmidt did such an amazing, amazing job with this. I was like, damn, this is gorgeous. And it wasn't hard. I, I love the design of the hood when he goes all demony. <laughs> and the whole time, I kind of like how Hawkeye is just trying his best. And he's also scheming. He's also a bit of a schemer. And this is a because I, the only version of Hawkeye I know is Avengers Hawkeye. MC, excuse me, MCU, MCU. Hawkeye. It's the yeah. only version of Hawkeye I know. Right, and he kind of feels like a dude who like tried to start a rock band and it really fell apart on him or something like that. 
<laughs> uh, the twist of this book uh, had me guessing, even after it was revealed that Hawkeye, that Clint Barton was Ronan. I was like, um, hmm. That, that's the issue. Yeah, that's the last issue I read uh, uh, before I stopped reading the book. And I was really mad because I'm like, this is a really, really good cliffhanger. And I was glad yeah. I got the got to come back to it. Oh my God. Like, you're like the... there's no way that they're the same person. What's when, happening? When he gets really deep in the shit and he's got the scroll there pretending to be him. And then the life model decoy life model shows decoy? up too. And it's like, oh God, what a mess. <laughs> Or when, uh, or when he's trying to talk to Linda. I love the stuff with Linda. It kills like, the, like the life model decoy. And then, of course, you hear the the LMD go, I love you too. And it's like, <laughs> she runs in. It's like so close, Clint. You're something close. something that, that you don't get to see very often. Uh, as a Tony Stark fan, um, when he's written in other books, he's often just like, he's just Iron Man. But sometimes, like, I really like to see Tony Stark be the asshole that he actually is. Because, like, in, in an issue of um, the Hellfire Gala, Tony Stark shows up and he's a straight-up asshole. This one, Tony Stark is, like, gross and he's trying to pick up on Linda. And I'm like, that's Tony Stark that people think he is from the outside. And I like seeing this because he even has kind of, like, a shit-eating grin on his face. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love I love that. Big fan. I love, also, I love the scene where Aunt May goes, like, oh, and the one who donated the most money is Clem Barton. Both Linda and Tony go, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love how many characters they got. They managed to have cameo throughout this this book. Uh, it's it's so many. Um, <laughs> Luke Cage shows up and he's just getting shot to hell. As that's he's my a favorite. Bro, he's like, dude, so can funny. you can you get down here? Because it's it's pretty emasculating. Man. <laughs> What's this guy's name? A human bomb. He's using guns. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like it was like you went to the human bomb. Was, who you went to his wedding? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Guy in a metal suit with a bomb on his chest. Oh, hot wife. Get number. Oh, yeah um luke cage is like so you went to like a charity night thing last night that was a class movie he's like i mostly did it to impress my girlfriend she wasn't impressed yeah. <laughs> that's that's like straight up from like the fraction hawkeye like a uh, take but um yeah this book is so fun like i think it's i think it's like whip fast like uh like again like all the different cameos that show up like um there's the there's like the um the hacker that he becomes friends with Bryce. That that bull, Bryce that Bullseye ends up killing, which yeah. broke my heart. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was going to become a real comic. Oopsies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. I was to say any negative, it would be the fact that Bryce died because I really liked him. That makes I was it worse. Like, I because he was well, so, clear, so clarify. It's not a negative. You're not talking about it as a criticism of the comic. It is. It is just something in the story that that you had an emotional reaction to, right? Yeah, I just that I means it's like, good, not that yeah. it's bad. Ben, ben felt Ben felt a sad. <laughs> Wait, this book sucks. It's like <laughs> no, I, I wasn't saying this book sucks. I was like, I'm kidding, oh, I'm kidding. Nice. and no, then of course when it comes in, and I'm like, "Wait, is he?" I was kind of holding out hope that Bryce wasn't actually dead, but yeah, he did. I really like the the bit where Linda saves him, quote unquote, from Captain America. Yes, uh, I think that's a really good moment where 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 she's just like, "He is your friend." Like, really, like, talks down to Captain America. Yeah, like, how many times have you done things you guys aren't necessarily proud of or can't explain easily, and you can't trust him? Yeah. <laughs> no, that really like, worked. Oh. And then both, oh, and then, of course, she looks at Clint and she's like, I just lied to you in front of Captain America. We're done. I was like, ooh, Oh, man. and apparently, apparently Bullseye puts Captain America in the hospital. Hell, dude, yeah. Bullseye's, Bullseye has an adamantium skeleton, so, like, he could definitely F people up. Um, There's a great moment. There's a West Coast Avengers reunion, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, uh You get U.S. Agent, again, who is showing up before that the, the TV show comes out. Um, mm -hmm. U.S. Agent has a line where he's like, I sometimes almost miss working with you. And then Clint's like, funny, I never miss anything. And then shoots him in the back of the head to knock him out? Yeah. Good shit. I love it. Uh, D-Man is in this? D-Man. He best friends with Lockjaw. Um, 
like maybe the most obscure Marvel character who keeps showing up and stuff. I love it. Uh, he's the guy who looked like uh, Ben. He's the guy Arnold who looked Wolverine. like Wolverine and Daredevil. When Daredevil's there and and he's pretty sure he's completely busted. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Wait, can he not see? see oh, yeah. that's that's back when Daredevil was in his black suit again, uh, which is a sick sick outfit. God, I love that yeah. outfit. During the the I. I, I this 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 issue like dated itself. Well, not dated itself. Uh, that's that's poor choice of words. Um, like it put into context what was happening because I was I had read Charles Soule's Daredevil. Yep. Um, so it's like, oh, Mayor Fisk. Oh, right. I know where I'm. I know yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. All that Mayor Fisk stuff is all culminating into Devil's Reign that just happened. So like, yeah. you know, awesome you know stuff, and they said Mayor Fisk. I'm like, wait, Mayor Fisk. Oh, that's right. Kingpin becomes the mayor of New York City. Oh shit, oh, there yeah. he is. Let's see. Kingpin has been the mayor. J. Jonah Jameson has been the mayor. Has Norman Osborn been the mayor? Jameson's been the mayor? no, but he was the leader of of Shield during Dark Dark Reign. So like, right. he's basically leader of the free world. Uh, when he walks into the hospital and he says, "No, it's cool. I'm a superhero." Yeah, well, I don't know who the hell you are. I'm Cyclops from the X Men. <laughs> yeah, I got that page up right here. Yeah, yeah. A lot of like, or... this is a really funny book, and like, there's just a lot of lines that like we're gonna miss, but like, truly, like, this is a really great book. Why what does Shield know what you're? Why does Shield know what your junk looks like? Nick Fury was real creepy. <laughs> when yeah. Hawkeye goes to rob the bank and he's like, "I'm good." Uh, I've chosen you guys to be to get robbed, but uh, not no. not you. Just just one dude's money is in here. Just give me one dude's money. <laughs> I oh. love how specific he is. Like, hey, I'm here just here to take one dude's money, not yours, not yours. Everyone else in this fine, just one dude who's got money in here. That's what I'm taking. And then uh, he... Talking about the human bomb again. Uh, he's like, you're the worst Avenger. They sent the worst Avenger after me. And he's like, Who, nobody sends anybody after you. You started robbing a bank, you dumb-dumb. Like, <laughs> I, I was, getting, you tacos I was getting taco across yeah. the street. Yeah. And then oh, he, they... also said, he also says, you're the worst Avenger. He's like, hey, I still didn't think. Am I still the worst? No, Ronan was an Avenger. Is he, is, is, am I still so... the worst? Yes. Top five worst Avengers. Gilgamesh, Stingray, oh, and Star Fox, his powers are being a super creep. All of them are getting introduced or being introduced already, so that's really funny. Uh, man, Hawkeye's great. I, I, I'm I, enjoying this Hawkeye show, y'all, but I, there's just a part of me that's like, at least we have Kate Bishop, because that's that's the Hawkeye that I love. I love I love Hawkeye when he's silly, and he's getting into shenanigans, when he's just all bruised up, cut up all the time because he's a normal guy. Linda's there. I love it. It's great. I, fun fact, I was reading this on Marvel Unlimited, the L and the I made it look like a U, so I thought her name was Unda for the first for the, for the first chapter I read. Like, what kind of name is Unda? Unda where? Unda where? Oh God. Um. Yeah. I. I Boba, again, like, Boba the, Fett. <laughs> I. I. I think the uh, the the hood is a really cool like B level villain that, you, that that someone's to fight against. I think he'd be a great villain to show up in like a street level like um like a Netflix show or a Disney Plus show kind of thing. Um, sure. Yeah, this is this is good good Hawkeye representation. Yeah, uh, I I do like how he gets uh, one over on Bullseye, and he's like, you know what's you know what's better than this trick arrows, <laughs> dumb shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, uh, yeah. I thought that I think that the culmination with him fighting Bullseye is really good. I like that he does finally get one over on Parker Robbins, but uh, you know how much it costs him. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 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 moment like Linda breaks up with Clint. That's actually that's awesome because like she yeah. thinks he's like she's helping him, uh, and he's like, uh, 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 like listen, you didn't have to do that. You saved me and my sexy ass. He's like, I just like a Captain America for you, Clint. Captain America. 
It's like, this is goodbye, my guy. Like, I just disrespected the flag, sir. Like, good, good, great character. Not stuff. U.S. agent, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, the real one, not the fakey fake. Or who's who said who said? Oh, it was the scroll? Is like, you, did you just shoot Captain America in the back of the head? <laughs> not the real one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the scroll. You, you ratted me out, Spry- Spider Man. I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add, or? I um. <laughs> No, yeah, this is a great, uh, if you want Hawkeye and you don't want to commit to a full, like, 22-issue thing, this is a great, perfect cancellation of, like, yo, this is what this character is. I think so, too. Uh, I think that there's a lot of great interior monologuing, and uh, it, it gives you a really wide swath of his uh, relationship with people in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, I really like it. Oh, uh, real quick again, Otto Schmidt, uh, terrific artist. Uh, he's currently doing uh, Vampires versus, DC versus Vampires with Matthew Rosenberg. <laughs> funny enough uh but he also worked with benjamin percy on green arrow rebirth uh he was the artist mm. of green arrow excellent it's funny he's worked on two archer books and they both look terrific yeah it's very Hell kinetic yeah. his artwork works very well for archery oh yeah yeah 100 um all right so that'll do it hell yeah ben it's yeah. your book club next week you're the last book club of the year sir Woo! you know what it is last um, book club of the year ben make it good Actually, it's a question because I can't remember if we did or did not do this one. Immortal. Yeah, there's a list only... for that. Hmm? There's a list for that. But, but, ask anyway. but the, the book in question is Superman Peace on Earth. I don't think we've done that one. I don't think I've heard of that one. I don't think no reason. It. It's not Mega Man. You... <laughs> we, have not, we have not done Peace on Earth. No, it's not. I'm it's going to say not. Superman Peace on Earth, which I'm pretty sure that's the title. I had to double check, but yes, Superman Peace on Earth. That's why I pick. All right, then. It's not even a Christmas book. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? It is a Christmas book. Oh, well, what are you doing, man? What are you, Mr. Because I knew Christmas. Mr. Christmas. I mean, I know we did Spider Man Blue already because otherwise I have not read this comic. It came out in 1998. It's written by Paul Dini, and the artist is Alex Ross. It's not very long either. It's one of the the. It's a sixty-four page graphic novel. It's one of the big like treasury yeah. ones right, that they did. Right, right, got it. Okay, Easy there you money. go. Um, stay tuned for that next week. As well, as I said, next week will be our last last fake nerd podcast show of the year. Uh, we are going to be reviewing, finishing off our Spider Man <clears throat> trilogy of episodes, a Spider Man No Way Home, that comes out in just five days. And we're making bingo cards. Make your bingo cards, folks. Share them yeah. with us anywhere you want because we are bingo carding it up. Share your bingo card. For Bye, Spider-Man Mag. No Way Home. Thanks, Mag, Mag is in the chat saying, take care, gang. Be safe and catch you later. You too, bud. Be safe. Good Grace night, Mag. Be safe. I know Grace is um, All right. So, guys, though, you know, there's still going to be plenty of stuff from us. Uh, there's still plenty of, you know, we just needed to break from the news. Um, there's going to be plenty of. Oh, uh, we report the news. We reported the news, actually. Reported the news. Ah, I'm not a Sorkin fan. Um, all right, so that'll do it. Um, so Spider-Man No Way Home. Watch that movie. Check out our review. Um, like this video. Subscribe to this channel. You can get access to tons of cool stuff. Um, well, you have access, but we want you to subscribe to, to, to get it. Uh, honor system, people. Uh, you can check out Fake Nerds Watch. Which is our uh, which is our, which is our show where we do like after shows of different shows, uh, Star Trek Discovery and Hawkeye are episodes that are out right now. Um, we're gonna do Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> I want. Yeah, I want to say yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, let's stay tuned for Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, Basement Arcade. Um, new episode of Basement Arcade coming eventually. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Are you okay. talking about no. Plasmid or the regular no. Basement Arcade? No, regular. No. Bench. Nobody's talking about. We you have shit. like we have like fights and geese and so oh, much no. shit. That one, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. But Basement Arcade Pause Menu Ben um, has another has an episode out right now, and we'll have another episode this week um, potentially. Uh, I don't want to promise anything because you know anything can happen between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, the latest episode is with Ron the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Figner Book Club and Animation Station are also shows you can find on this channel. Um, check out all those. Uh, like this video, subscribe to this channel. You can check out our masks. Uh, hey, what perfect Christmas gift! Then to then to, to give them a fake their podcast mask, huh? Eh? Eh? How'd that work out? Um, you know, but a perfect Christmas gift actually is probably a shirt on our tea public, or maybe a mug, or maybe a sticker, or maybe a magnet. You can check out all sorts of all sorts of things on our tea public. A ben magnet. Fr- yeah, there's a Ben magnet shirt on the tea public. You can get that as a magnet. Get the Ben magnet shirt as a magnet. <laughs> It's the one with me saying, don't be a dick, right? Yes, get that as a magnet. Oh, no. I was going to say, get that as a cutting bug and throw it to your boss. But you're a magnet. Yeah, I am Get a that magnet. joke, Ben. Yep, yep, I am a magnet. All right, and a, a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Guys, look, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's been a hard year. Uh, or hard six months. I, you know, if you want to support us financially, we wouldn't say no. Um. You can check out our website where you can find all these links um, uh, as well as down below. Our website is fakenerpodcast.com. Uh, everything is there. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who watched the live stream. We had a couple people in the live stream tonight. That was great. Uh, thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. Um, we appreciate all your support. Um, check out Jeremy Vellucci, who did all of our theme songs that you heard tonight and all of our theme songs for every single one of our shows. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards as well as his podcast. You can find at at facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. Also on iTunes. That has a shirt. Uh, Mike Patola. You can find Mike Patola who does our who does our logos and has collaborated with us many times. Um, you can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and TikTok. He doesn't have a shirt yet. Um you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me saying all checks and magic at Hexide High. That's an Owl House reference for all you all those guys who don't know. At BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also I write for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. Probably a new article should be going up before the holiday or before the year ends. I just it's just been busy and I've been taking care of myself mentally. So yeah, but new article coming out eventually. Self-care is important. I definitely thought you had a stroke for a second. Ryan. You can find me going like this on Thursday. <laughs> at DJ Tony Snark. That is both Spider-Man screaming and excitement <laughs> about being Spider-Man. <laughs> Sparks. Uh, you can find me thwipping my way to the theater this week to see Ryan do that at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z-Witty. Woo! We're seeing that on Thursday. Yeah. Ooh. You guys are. I have to see it on Saturday. You ben, I need you to do me a favor. Either what? delete Twitter for two Delete days. your Twitter account. No, I'm serious. Or, like, mute every single word relating to Spider-Man, because you will be spoiled Friday, I promise you. Because oh, people no, suck on to. the internet. Oh, no, I plan to. Good. I don't want that to goes for everyone. That goes for everyone watching too. Yeah. 
for real this people are awful like the day after endgame things are being ruined like people are out to get you avoid the spoilers enjoy the movies no i have to i have to see this movie on saturday i don't know when fanny's gonna be able to see it so i have so it's gonna be a long so ben yeah, she's on her um, own for this one buddy <laughs> <laughs> you kick her out of the car she is on her. you are on your own madam yeah 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 well thankfully she doesn't have a twitter account so she's safe from that yeah yeah, yeah. That way she doesn't follow us. That's son of a bitch. Hey, it's a handful. It's just a handful of days away. No. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. Until next time, we see us. Stay fake, nerds. <laughs>